Hey, Aaron's here. Right, let me start sending out the invites. Hey, Slayman, how are you? Yeah, good, bro. How you doing? Good, thanks. Aaron, how are you as well? Good I'm good, Mario. Yeah. Yesterday was a was a good discussion. Yesterday, I wanted to go back and forth with you, but it was a bit it was a bit late. Yeah, no, I agree. That was um, that was a great space. It was, it was fun. a great space. All right, let me send out the um, the invites, and we got Liza. Liza, how are you? It's been a while. I am well. I'm fine. Thanks very much. How are you? Thank you. Good. So we haven't had you for a while. We started missing you. It's been a it's been a bit. I was on a space what? I was listening on space two two or three nights ago. Um, which space was that? Do you remember? That was the one you had originally asked us to come talk on the news. Um, oh yes, yeah. round table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we we've been we've had we, we we've been wanting to cover. Uh, the news on like I don't know if Denish is on stage. Hopefully not because he's not he's not happy with me because like he sent me some news that's really interesting, and we've been planning to cover it for days. It's like every time we want to cover it, we just go down different rabbit holes. Oh, there's Denish. Yeah. We go down rabbit holes. He's like waiting for me and not not going to bed. Like Mario, I need to sleep. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do it now in ten minutes, and then we just keep going deeper and deeper into those rabbit holes. So um, yeah, I do apologize for that, Liza. No, but at least, but at least now I've, I'm not mispronouncing your name anymore. So there's some <laughs> progress in some ways. There you go. Mario's still mispronouncing mine, but I'm not going to say much. <laughs> no way, your name is. I'm saying Danish. Is it Danish? No way. It's Danish. Oh, okay. Danish. All right. It's it's actually a nice name, Danish. Like really nice, really cool. Thank Danish. Oh, it's actually... Much better than Danish. It sounds more like Denise than Denise. No, Denise yeah. is fine, I think. I think Danish is a problem, but <laughs> Denise is fine. Yeah. And Danish is, is 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 pretty nice. Uh, Danish is All very right. nice. Appreciate And we have... Well, at least he doesn't call you Dr. Dan like I do, because I can only see the first half of your name and then it gets cut <laughs> off. Which I didn't want to say anything, Aaron. I was like, oh, I guess uh, I guess we're, we're changing my name. But no, it's, it's fine. You're, you're Danish, Denise, Danish, and Dan. Um, why why do you only see half the name by the way, Aaron? Is it what, what phone do you use? An iPhone or a Samsung? I use an iPhone, and so what I see is Doctor Dan dot dot dot, and then oh, if oh, I click weird. on it, I can see the whole name. Oh, weird! Yeah, uh, it shouldn't it, it's weird. Yeah. And uh, do you see Steve's full name, or do you see Doctor Doctor Saint, Doctor St, Doctor Street St? Do you see all of Steve, Aaron? I just see Steve. Oh, okay. da, da, da. Right, at least you see a full name. Yeah. Steve, good to have you. How are you? But I know Steve. I know his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Good, good. Good to have you back. At least I got my name pronounced right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, if I, if I don't know how to pronounce your name, I should not be hosting those spaces, Steve. I've got I've got bigger problems than uh, than Twitter spaces. Um, all right, audience, we're just waiting for... Um, uh, give it a bit of time for everyone else to join. Uh, but today's uh, going to be mainly covering one story that came out uh, not long ago, I think uh, about 24 hours ago. Is that right, Slayman? Yeah, it's an email that was sent from the um, 
Let me find it one second. Uh, so it was an email sent from the select sub, uh, subcommittee on the coronavirus pand- pandemic. And it was sent out. Um, so most of us got hold of this today. And yeah, we're going to go through that. Some of the, I guess some of the information we already knew, but the way it's been basically constructed together for us and some of the information that's been relayed uh, does give us a, good, a number of talking points for the clip. Cool. Uh, I'm just going to mute Aaron. It's a bit of feedback sound. Um, yeah, we've got we've got a few more speakers that will be joining us throughout the space, and there's some speakers that we'll be bringing as the space progresses. Um, we've got have a pretty pretty epic panel. We also have Alex Berenson joining us, who's uh, been instrumental in the Twitter files, the COVID related Twitter files, on a few occasions. So he'll be joining us in a bit. And then there's there's other news as well, Sam. And if we if we need to cover more stories, we do have more stories to cover. No. Yeah, and they're linked. They're all linked. So I, it would if we do get time, it'd be good. So the other story is what uh, Dr. Danish has sent you um, for the last few days, which is the long COVID. And the third story is in the United Kingdom. It's major news, and it's about the lockdown files. So that would that was actually going to be our main one today till the Farsi thing came out. The, did you say the lockdown files? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what's happened is Matt, Matt Hancock, a significant portion of his text messages have been given to the public by somebody who signed an NDA to say that she wouldn't. So yeah, there's a lot of avenues we were going to cover in that regard because there's a lot of implications to that. Cool. Essentially, we get Kyla. Uh, yeah, this was a story, Mario, that was published in The Telegraph, I think over the weekend. And uh, the the text messages are... So Matt, Matt Hancock is the minister, former minister of health in the UK. And uh, it's, I think it's quite a story, the lockdown files. Hmm. Yeah, I agree, Aaron. It's massive. It's massive because it just gives you, it gives you a window into a lot of the decision making and it gives you a window into a lot of things that happen. But then more than that as well, maybe from a more holistic point of view, like why were these released as well? So that's another question. Hey Mario, uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, your mic is pretty bad. I think you're you're in a in a car. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll switch in just a second. I was just going to give you a little house cleaning. Um, in your thread on Fauci, before you guys get things going, you might want to just clean up the Ferrar part. Um, Ferrar was serving on the Welcome Trust from 2013 to 2023, so it wasn't being pushed by the WHO per se through him. He didn't get onto the WHO until just recently. So oh, welcome cool. trust, yeah. just as important, but slight difference there. Do you want to make me, Kyle, do you want me to embarrass, want me to embarrass myself? I didn't, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll fix that now, actually. I'm not going to embarrass myself. Uh, I'll, uh, Slyman, do you want to, if you can send a quick message to the team just to add like a correction to the thread, that would be great. I think it's an important correction. So one, uh, one second, uh, Kyle, when did you say Farah joined the uh, who? Um, so he was just appointed in 2023. So his there, there's like just a, a little bit of an overlap between the WHO and his um, time at the Welcome Trust. But it's an important distinction. It's, it's for... a very important distinction because the who is, is a big part of the thread. So it's a yeah. very yeah. – it's more than just a correction. Yeah, I'm just going to check it yeah. up first before I get someone to change it. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you could – if you could. So, so what's the um... – how, how is the World Health Organization implicated, uh, Slayman, in that thread just before we officially kick off the space? 
Is that yeah, just because was, of Farrar? It was the fact that Farrar and is and basically mass, the source of that information was this release from the uh, select subcommittee, and what they said in that was um, that uh, basically Dr. Jeremy Farrar, he was a and it says here the evidence available to the select subcommittee suggests that Dr. Farrar, the former director of the Wellcome Trust and the current chief scientist at the WHO, are was was more involved in the drafting and publication of this of this uh, paper than previously known. So basically, it's talking. He basically managed the whole thing. So what um, Kyle is saying uh, is that at that specific point, he had zero connection to the who. Is that right, Kyle? Yeah, I guess it's, it's a yes because he just. I, w- I wouldn't go. I w- I wouldn't go that far and say he had zero connection because. As you will, as you will see, as you get into these things, the Welcome Trust, Eco Health Alliance, a lot of these NGOs, nonprofits that were dealing in this space. Obviously, there's a lot of overlap, and so the different funding mechanisms and how research is conducted. It's a very narrow field, and the players all know each other. So I wouldn't say there's no relationship because that, that wouldn't be quite right. But it isn't as if he was pushing that from the WHO because he didn't have the authority to do that yet. He, he wasn't, uh, he had no official position with them, but he did have an official position with the Wellcome Trust, which is which funded, very, very influential. Which, which also was, they weren't there part of the funding of the Wuhan lab. The funding of the, the Welcome Wuhan Trust Lab went through the Eco Health Alliance, which is a nonprofit based in the United States. The Welcome Trust is uh, based in Britain, and it it's it's a major funder of medical research in the UK and public health initiatives in the UK. And it's actually traditionally has been a really great organization from my perspective. I've worked closely with many, many of the people who were supported through their grants to do great work. And I myself, a few years ago, thought I would probably be, you know, petitioning for a grant for for related work. So it's all very important just how this unraveling caught so many different people from so many different areas, spheres, funding mechanisms in a, in a snare. Okay, so we'll, we'll add the extra tweet just to clarify that. That's uh, So okay. basically what happened was... Jer- Dr. Maybe, Jer- maybe we can kick it, maybe we yeah. can get, kick it off, Slayman. What's the thread? You can go through it. You can play a few clips that you've put into... that we, we've got on the thread as well. We can play a few clips. Just explain what we know to the audience... Um, what conclusions we came to, and then obviously get into the discussion and what it means. So basically, the thread highlights three main issues that we're going to cover on the space. The first is that the emails that published showed that Dr. Farshi prompted Dr. Anderson to write, and, and his crew, to write the paper to disprove the lab leak theory. So... You know, ordinarily, you'd expect scientists to follow the science as opposed to writing papers to specifically disprove a certain... The other points that... And I've... is that, before before you continue, so yeah. isn't that similar to the leaks? So when I was in, in Davos, 
And we did a space then covering leaks, email leaks uh, between Fauci and his and his team. Is that similar to those leaks or is that additional to the leaks? And how does it differ? Do you know which leaks I'm referring to? I can answer that, Mario. The, Please the do. leaks we talked about on that space, that was an email sent uh, from Fauci to Francis Collins and then Collins' response to that. So Francis Collins is the director of the NIH. There was at the time, supposedly Fauci's boss, but one can argue who actually had more power at the NIH. Uh, and that was early on when uh, the three epidemiologists published a document called the Great Barrington Declaration, which argued for focused protection rather than lockdowns. That was Jay Bhattacharya of Stanford, Martin Koldorf of Harvard, and Sinetra Gupta of uh, Oxford. And, you know, whatever you think of their proposal, uh, I think it was a sound proposal, but you might disagree. Uh, they're credible and uh, definitely qualified epidemiologists. But this email exchange basically said, characterized these three individuals from Harvard, Stanford and Oxford as, quote unquote, fringe epidemiologists and uh, said that Fauci wanted a, quote, swift and devastating takedown of the premises of the Great Barrington Declaration. And then he asked, is anyone working on this? And basically the response was, yeah, we'll get on it right away. So it was a sort of behind the scenes orchestrating of a government sponsored takedown of the, the arguments made in that document about how we should approach COVID. And uh, again, it was sort of, it was analogous to, I think, what we're seeing here in terms of behind the scenes manipulation to try to uh, shut down scientific debate or try to characterize um, but from, one side of scientific <laughs> Aaron, debate as unacceptable. Also, I know that Jim, who, who's uh, just joined, I think Jim was co-hosting that space with uh, Ian because I was on and off because I had just meetings. Um, and I remember from that space, there was also emails in which um, Fauci and anyone in the audience that was there for that space, maybe you could just tell us in the comments if you remember. But I remember Fauci was – they were talking about the possibility that's plausible um, the lab could be a, a, one of the sources of COVID. But they yeah. were suppressing it or just saying let's not share it. Um, I can't remember the exact semantics. I'm not sure if you or Jim or anyone else would remember. So you can refresh the uh, the audience on what we had in the previous leaks. Do you remember? Yeah. Aaron or Jim? It would be good. It would be good to pull up the reference, but you know, when I saw this story and I saw your thread today, Mario, um, it didn't feel like. I mean, it was it was new emails, but it didn't feel like news to me because there was there was some buzz. It was several months after this Nature paper was published, where there was some buzz about. First of all, somebody published basically the fact that I think all ten authors had some some ties or some interest in gain of function research, right? So there was there were some questions about motivation there, but there was also an indication at that time that Fauci had helped to coordinate this, um, this letter that was sent to nature. So I think these emails maybe confirm more about his role in coordinating this paper, but it's not the first time that it's been publicly suggested that even though he's not listed as an author on the paper, that he had some hand in, you know, making sure like basically getting the authors together kind of pushing them in the direction of writing the paper and then seeing to it that it got published in a, in a major journal. I think one thing I wanted to clarify is that these emails confirm that Anderson said that 
Fauci prompted this work. I, I just want to be a little bit more clear around what was actually claimed here. And, and you know, um, one of the things that was really interesting about this is that Anderson's opinion evolved over the course uh, of his uh, research into this. And that was mentioned in, in one of the tweets. Um, I, I will say that I, I hate to break it to people outside of the academic sphere, but anyone that has spent any time in academia knows that a lot of times when we're doing experiments, people have pretty good understanding of what they expect the solution to be and often will discuss it pretty openly. I understand that that is very much against the scientific method and very much against the way that we think about this. But uh, but I don't I, I don't want people to have this false belief of like, there's like a scientist sitting there. I have a null hypothesis and I have the hypothesis that nothing. I mean, that's not how actually it gets done behind closed doors. And so I'm not surprised that they had a hypothesis being pointed in one direction or the other before the research was even done. So I'm a little bit confused about like the, the real news here. So let's so let, let let's me, start going through let it. Me just respond, if, let me just respond to oh, yeah, that real, real quick, maybe just to frame the issue. Um, so I, I think what we're seeing here and what we saw in the, you know, we needed a swift and devastating takedown of the premises of, you know, the, the Great Barrington proposal, for example, is not scientists, you know, getting together and putting forward a hypothesis, which actually is, you're right, is part of the scientific method. People, people have, have an idea before they begin an experiment of what they think the experiment is going to show, or they begin an investigation, they, they have an idea of what they think they will find, sometimes what they hope they will find. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually the starting point for scientific inquiry. Um, but I think what's concerning about what we're seeing here is that rather than, you know, sort of publicly proposing a hypothesis, and then publicly proposing a method to test that hypothesis, you begin with an a priori conclusion and then you try to orchestrate the scientific community to basically endorse that conclusion in advance and characterize anyone who proposes a different hypothesis as sort of outside the pale. And the, the actual effect of this paper being published in Nature was that no journalist would touch the lab leak hypothesis. And the possibility that it leaked from a lab was not investigated in any meaningful way, either by government agencies or by investigative journalists, for the better part of six to eight months before that dam started breaking again. And if you want to lay it at the, at the feet of sort of one thing that created that chilling effect, uh, it was probably this paper, it was arguably this paper. Um, the, the initial the initial proposal, as far as I remember, the initial proposal about the lab leak hypothesis was an investigative journalist in the Washington Post who wrote, I, I thought, a very compelling piece that was certainly not definitive or conclusive, but, you know, pointed to a, the evidence that we had at hand at that point to suggest this was a plausible, maybe more than plausible hypothesis. Uh, and then the Washington Post uh, wouldn't touch the story for six to eight months. Again, even though they were the ones who had sort of okay, introduced so, it because so, it was seen so, so, as scientifically, you know, 
I've got I've got a question. I've got a question. I've got a question. So so just so Kyle, I've muted you because you just got a bit of feedback sound when you unmute. So just uh, just so you know, um, I've got the thread from January about the Fauci uh, email leaks, and I've invited the author as well. So Ian was nice enough to invite him. Jim is still on stage. Jim, you were there moderating that space with Nick. Is that correct? Yeah, I was. Sorry, I'm getting my uh, yeah. All good. Wind of all good. All right. And do you do you remember those email leaks well? Yeah, well, well enough. I mean, I think what uh, I'm going to give up on this and just walk away from it. What what um what I think is uh, the the best way to characterize that is uh, is to say that that his his whole goal was to preempt a conclusion. You know. Um, it, it, the reality is that uh, even though Dr. Danish uh, is talking about how science works, you're typically coming from a place where, in, in, in general science, where, okay, we've had experience in various things related to, if it's medical research, some disease or, or some symptom of some sort. And uh, you hypothesize from experience that there's something maybe related to this that we need to look for. Mm. And so you do come up with a with a method of where you want to go. But here's what's interesting. You get into political matters. And this is where uh, Fauci, I think, and others went. Uh, Peter Daszak, you know, he in his uh, stuff into the Lancet, you've got a political situation or issue and you want to come to a place where that gets dealt with, and maybe there are good or bad reasons for, for dealing with the political thing. And and that can look a whole lot like a typical hypothesis. And I think that that's a whole lot of what was going on um, here. That's what I felt okay, about so, you. So I want to um, – okay, so before you read oh, – before Slayman reads out the new thread, I just want to kind of put everything into context. And then we'll kick off the new revelations that we have today that we tweeted about. Um, I'm I'm trying to make sense of everything, and and for anyone that wasn't there in yesterday's space, what I'm going to start doing more of is whenever needed, I'll play devil's advocate. I probably won't need much today because the panel is pretty balanced, but I'll play devil's advocate, even if it's extreme. I'll try to ask questions and question everything, including Fauci's intentions, one of the most hated people right now, um, by many. So in this case, I'm going to do that with the leaks and even with the censorship and with the intention with the censorship. And I'm going to do that with Slayman and go back and forth and with our panel. But the only thing that really fascinates me, and that one goes to to Aaron and and, uh, Danish and and Liza and anyone else. But just the fact that it's possible that a virus was engineered in a lab and leaked from that lab and killed millions and millions of people – and we saw the report by the energy department come out a few days ago, the FBI a few weeks ago, that this is a, a, the, the most likely, even though it's still they haven't confirmed it, they don't know, but it's the most plausible explanation according to them. Even that being possible, I expected a massive outcry, massive media attention, um, and significant repercussions. Yet we're not seeing any of this. I'm just curious. Do people not care anymore? Are people just sick of the COVID story? Is, was that the intention from the beginning? Is that why they delayed the story 
um, you know, the, instead of coming out during COVID, where the reaction would have been a lot more extreme, they've um, they, they've kind of let it. They knew this will happen. They knew eventually it would leak, but they let it leak at a later date when COVID was less of a less of a of an extreme issue, less of a concern for people yeah. when they get sick of the story. Yeah. Uh, would love, and and we've got Tom on stage as well. Um, so would love your thoughts. Um, maybe Aaron, you yeah. want to kick it off, or, or whoever, and then I'm, yeah, I've got a few questions for Tom. Real quick. You mind if I let me throw something in there real quick, Aaron? I want to I want to back up and uh, kind of lay out, kind of reimagine for people what was going on at the time. Because see, you've got a combination of we're not entirely clear what's going on, and then in the back end, as we're learning more of now, you had on Fauci's end whether he knew for sure that this related to it or not, this concern about the type of research that he was funding in the Wuhan lab. I mean, if they, if he, and, and Grand Paul has uh, kind of smoked out that it, he thinks it is gain of function research. If Fauci knew he was doing even something like it, if not precisely that immediately and, and knowing that it had been funded in Wuhan immediately, he's going to have a concern and going to, going to be a mover uh, based upon his knowledge that not everyone knew at the time. And so whatever else that, that that is related to his specific knowledge of it is within the backdrop of the entire medical community and scientific community trying to figure out, okay, let's get our bearings here and figure out what the real situation is. Uh, and it's very easy for an actor like okay. him to take actions under his authority when he knows it might be much worse than what it was. I mean, that's kind of the political yeah. backdrop. I would say the the other issue at work, first of all, most scientific hypotheses do not have enormous global uh, political implications, right? So just having a hypothesis floating around out there like that, at the time, from the political point of view, it had political implications for our relationship and really the rest of the world's relationship to China, right? So if there are political interests that are wanting to you know, minimize potential implications or conflict there, they're going to be biased in favor of let's not entertain this hypothesis or if it's difficult to prove or we don't have enough evidence for it yet, let's let's press it down and get it out of public sight. The scientific community also had an interest in suppressing this hypothesis, even aside from gain-of-function research, because the scientific community relies on the public's general trust and goodwill and generosity in the form of taxpayer dollars to fund all of their work, right? And there is this, um, there is this dystopian thread that runs through 20th century history and the history of science and the public's kind of mythological image of science that, yeah, science and technology and progress are generally good things, but occasionally they can do bad things. Mm. Like you can you can create a Frankenstein. You can create, a, you know, a, a, something monstrous. You can blow up an entire city with an atomic bomb. So this this powerful thing that is very central to our culture. It's absolutely. Central I will to go, our Aaron, Aaron. I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump in briefly because I I asked Tom to kind of hop in, and I know Slaman is just pinging me in the background to kick off the thread. Before we kick off the thread, the new revelations, Tom, I've just got, and, and Slaman, maybe you can pin it above. Uh, Tom, do you remember the space, and that's why I invited you, because you were very instrumental in, in that discussion. 
Um, do you remember the space we did when I was in, in, in Davos and we talked about the leaks of uh, Fauci and his network um, regarding suppressing the lab leak theory? Do you remember that? Yes. Um, so can you give an overview to the audience of what we found out back then and what we know? Just kind of summarize it because you were there for the, for hours throughout the space. Um, so we'd love for you to give us an overview because I want to link that to what we know today. Well, generally speaking, the the process or the issue popped like this. COVID emerged. Fauci and his colleagues immediately were concerned and sought information about gain-of-function research that was funded by the agency at Wuhan. And uh, they quickly had it affirmed, because we have the documents showing that gain-of-function research indeed was funded at Wuhan. And, uh, and you see from the earlier, from emails around that time, and it's disclosed in these documents again, which I think is a repeat of documents that have already been produced to Judicial Watch and at the Intercept and the Nation, and et cetera, uh, that there was, um, uh, concern, uh, significant evidence of, uh, of an unnatural origin of the, of the virus, a lab leak. And, there was this brief period of time that took place a few weeks later. All of a sudden, everyone changed their mind on it. And we saw this paper that emerged that we uh, have information uh, was prompted in part by Fauci. And, and then a, a then a massive censorship campaign originating um, out of WHO and uh, the federal agencies uh, to suppress anyone who uh, raised questions about the origin of COVID. And to kind of, is it fair to summarize the following and then Slaman, you can go through the thread. Tom, is it fair to say this? We don't know for sure that COVID originated from a lab. We don't know it originated from a pangolin. We don't know where it came from, but it's a very plausible theory that it or, that could have originated from a lab. It's just that it was censored. It was not part of the discourse. And anyone that talked about it was labeled as a conspiracy theory. So the, our main concern is, number one, the censorship. And number two, of course, gain-of-function research and the potential that it leaked from there. And there's a lot of... Um, I've seen discussions about the lack of security in within uh, Chinese labs, and there was people expressing, there were scientists expressing that concern uh, about the Wuhan lab um, years before COVID. So it's just a, it's just a lot of um, a lot of dots aligned. But just for the audience, we don't know right. for sure. The issue is censorship, and today we're going to see more emails. Right, right, right. We don't, we don't have confirmation. Ah, it was leaked, but the FBI thinks it was leaked. Um, or, or that it was the result of a lab leak. Uh, the Department of Energy thinks that it was the result of a lab leak. And let me put, put but it they said directly. they said it's low probability. Yeah. But it's again, they think this well, is the well, most well, likely well, low probability. probability. Is according to a senator who uh, seemingly was briefed on it is more of a um, an issue of the number of sources, but there is new intelligence. And I don't think anyone I mean, seriously fair, disputes the department's no, 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 conclusions. All right, go ahead. Sorry, Steve. No, no, protocol. Oh, protocol, on, protocol. We'll go Tom, then Steve, and protocol. Please stop pinning tweets. <laughs> go ahead, Tom. Uh, and just quickly, there's as much circumstantial evidence that this was a lab leak as there is that Murdoch murdered his wife and son. 
Tom, I've got a question and, for you. And people have gone to jail for a lot less. Tom, I've got a question for you. Or going okay. to jail for a lot less in terms of evidence than what we have on the lab leak. Tom, because um, I, I, I know you're dealing with this from a, a holistic point of view. One question from before we go into the uh, my, uh, micro aspects of this is this. We are now seeing a number of leaks, whether it's through Foshi's emails in the United States or in the UK in terms of lockdown leaks. Now, why is all of this coming out? Is it A, because now the deep state have decided to basically attack Forshi and other ideas in terms of anti-corporate, yeah. or is it that finally people have got to the truth? It's because of a legal process begun by Judicial Watch and by inquiries by Congress. They're not leaks. What they are, they're disclosures required under law, and they've been slow rolling the release of the information. Uh, they told us they could only review a certain amount of documents per month because Fauci had to per- Fauci and his team had to personally analyze them. Uh, so uh, this is a slow rolling of documents, and there's probably more documents they currently have. They just haven't sought. You know, there's no urgency in releasing because they don't think anyone's going to hold them. Tom, is, for is, another, is, Tom another, another question for you, just because you obviously you're more uh, involved in in, uh, in in finding the truth than any of us. Um, is it fair to say that facts always take time to come out? So whenever there's something being hidden, you know, it's very hard to keep a secret, and it's just a matter of time before either someone leaks it or we get to the truth through legal process. Is that a fair statement? Because I've, I've said this in previous spaces, that it's really hard for, for, for Western governments to keep secrets for too long. Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to overstate it, but I always kind of go back to my quote on my office um, from George Washington. The truth will, will prevail where there is pains taken to bring it to light. And uh, I think I'm getting the quote right. But the point is that uh, these this information is rarely voluntarily disclosed, and if you've got folks pushing for answers, uh, you, you usually can get substantial amounts of truth out of the government, uh, and uh, we're seeing that here. And it's really outrageous that it's taking years to get information, and they're still withholding information for no good reason other than saying we're too busy to release it. Uh, so I'm hoping Congress gets on the ball here because uh, you know they've already been in power a few months they've they've known they're coming into power six months ago and uh you know now they're releasing documents that they've probably been sitting on for a few months as it is cool um i'll just get steve to quickly comment on it and then i do want to kick off the thread uh the emails that we have now and that slayman will read for us steve did you want to add something earlier um sure the uh you, you talked about a confidence uh, versus uh it's really a low confidence. They actually, uh, I don't remember the, whether, what the probability was, but probability and confidence in that assessment are two different things. And the assessments from the other agencies were with respect to their confidence and not the probability. And it would be interesting to poll the, the speakers on stage to find out if any speaker actually believes that this thing came out of natural origin because i would i would guess that nobody on the stage thinks uh that the natural origin theory has any legs i'd be pretty surprised if anybody does and i so it would be interesting just to see if there's unanimity here in terms of the uh the lab 
leak. Also, any committee member, any, uh, sorry, any, uh, uh, chairman of a committee could have asked the NIH for Fauci's unredacted emails. Nobody did that. Nobody in the Democratic Party, no committee chairman in the, the, the Democratic Party went and asked the NIH for Fauci's unredacted emails. Because we had his redacted emails, and Chris Martinson did a beautiful takedown uh, video of his redacted emails, and he said, you know, we're missing some pieces where people went from believing the lab leak theory, uh, in, including uh, Christian Anderson, and he basically said, hey, I've talked to all my experts, and he said uh, that this thing uh, definitely came out of a lab. And then a few days later, uh, we have them working on this uh, paper where they said, no, it didn't come out of the lab at all. And there was no new evidence that prompted that, leading us to speculate at the time that there was a fix in. And so with this latest revelation, we're just getting more and more and more confirmation that this thing was engineered, this natural leak theory was engineered because it's all consistent w with the original theory. And, and the very fact that none of these people that, you know, Biden wanted to find out, hey, what's the origin of this and, and so forth. And how is it that even with the power of the presidency, that nobody asked for Fauci's unredacted emails at the time. No yeah, committee chairman asked for it. Yeah, it's a good point. Before Slimani kick it off, I just want to give the mic to Liza, Dr. Danish, or uh, Dr. Danish, or Joanna, just to uh, anything else that they want to add to the discussion before we go through the new, the new leaks. I you know, just because, just because there is a, thanks, Mario. You know, one of the things I will caution is that we have to be very careful of letting our feelings about Fauci drive a narrative here. We don't have enough information yet. And I think that's incredibly important. We don't know intent here. It could just be as simple as he didn't believe in the lab leak theory. And so he wanted people to look into it. People looked into it and initially thought that it may be a lab leak, but then their Anderson's opinion evolved. I mean, it is. Protocol. Protocol. I, I got to head out. Yeah, oh, we can head out, man. So they can head out. Not every time you say, I got to head out and then take over. And go ahead, Dr. Danish. Danish. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, the, no, no, it's all good. Uh, so, you know, the, the thing that is important here is that what this warrants is further, is further evaluation. That's what this warrants. I think it means we, we've got X marks the spot and we start digging deeper. Yeah. This the CIA is implicated in this, right? Yet, yet, uh, Eco Health Alliance. Um, all right, so I do want to kick off the thread. Anything else, Dr. Danish, just to kind of respond to Steve's points, and then we can kick off the thread? Well, which agencies actually employ oh, microbiologists uh, and immunologists? Uh, all right, so, so Slamin, I think, right. I think it's time to, to kick off the thread. Uh, but actually, la one last point. I have a question for you, Dr. Danish. Um, uh, the, 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 Steve did mention that no one believes um, that it, it could, okay, so there's two points I'm gonna make. Slaiman, you said that is it the establishment now, they're happy to start, you know, uh, in, talking about the lab leak theory or saying that it's, it's, it's the most likely, um, scenario. But I do want to point out that different agencies have come to different conclusions. We've got the, the energy department came to the conclusion that it's most likely the lab leak theory. We've got the, um, the FBI did the same, but then you've got another three or four agencies. So the majority of the agencies, and still the majority of scientists, are still with the 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 theory that this came from 
um, from natural causes. Uh, Dr. Danish, maybe you can add on to this just to kind of, I want to keep that within the discussion because a lot of us, including myself, you know, the lab leak theory just makes more sense. But I do want to point out that there's still uh, a lot of people are in the well, majority. I, I, of I don't know if that's true, Mario. I think these other agencies don't have enough information to draw a conclusion one way or another. I agree with that. I agree with Tom's point here, which is that they don't have an opinion because they don't have the intelligence. No, but they, they have – hold on. So, Dr. Danish, they have an opinion, and their opinion is most likely from natural causes. Cause I, I think their opinion is stuck – so the way it works – It takes time for them to, with, to come up to, – to kind of change their mind, correct? Yeah. So the way – you know, unless there's interagency sharing of information, you know, which there usually isn't when it comes to classified intelligence, I would assume that they're working with old information. But, you know, again, just as a reminder, the DOE put low confidence on the lab leak theory. So, yes, they had additional intelligence, but they still don't have enough intelligence to corroborate definitively. Now, people can are free to believe whatever they want. But Dr. To Danish, hold on. You're, you're saying, and Dr. Liza, I want to ask you that same question, and Joanna, just to kind of wrap it up. Are you saying that now within your circle, the the, 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 the most doctors are starting to – to 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 kind of side with the lab leak theory over natural causes is is it is the sentiment shifting to that extent? Because obviously I'm 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 not a doctor I'm not within your circles. Yeah. To be completely fair, a lot of doctors aren't talking about the origins of the virus as much as people think they are. Uh, but do people just right. do people not care anymore, Doctor Liza, Doctor Dunn, and then Joanna? I no, think I think I think that what's really interesting is that that I think that most people most doctors think the horse is out of the barn. And um, it, we can spend all sorts of time, uh, you know, thinking about the origins of this, but the horse is out of the barn. And so they're really focused on treating um, patients and trying to figure out, you know, best protocols and things like that. Um, so th that's that's my my gestalt, I think. Um, and, you know, I think that there is, you know, a lot of circumstantial evidence to suggest that maybe it was a lab leak. Um, but I most doctors, I think, are probably... That's crazy. That's you got a virus. Yeah, well, I, I will say, Mario, Mario to, to, say, to uh, clarify sorry. the issue about who believes what, you know, this is the intelligence report that was released uh, by the Biden administration. Uh, and four IC elements, intelligence community elements, and the National Intelligence Council assessed with low confidence that the infection was most likely caused by natural exposure to an animal infected with it or close progenitor virus. One IC element assesses with moderate conference. The first human interaction most likely was the result of a lab-associated incident, probably involving experimental animal handling or sampling by the Wuhan Institute. Analysts at three IC elements remain unable to coalesce around either explanation without additional information, with some analysts favoring natural origin, others a laboratory origin, or others seeing the hypothesis as equally likely. So um, there are a few elements in the intelligence community who evidently still buy into a natural origin. Um, the rest are either on the other side or agnostic. Yeah. So you know, on that note, just quickly, Dr. You know, Danish, and then we'll, we'll go to Dr. Aiken, and then I want to kick it off with the thread. Go ahead, yeah. Dr. Danish. Yeah, and I would love to hear Joanna's thoughts on this. I was going to say that, you know, one of the most important things, though, that I've heard consistently is that 
all of this information is telling us that one, we need to reevaluate how we review papers, how the entire infrastructure works. We have heard that over and over and over again from doctors. You'll see doctors in the audience continually say, yes, we have a problem. All data needs to now become public. There's been a huge movement towards that. In fact, there's an entire area of DSI, which is coming out of this, which is saying, hey, look, if you're going to publish in a, pa a paper, the highest impact factor should be the most open paper where you can actually evaluate the data directly. And then in my, you know, and I think, and again, this is, again, I'm speaking anecdotally from my group of friends, which again is self-selecting. There has been this underlying concern that we don't have independent organizations that are not connected to any political party, that are not connected to any agenda, so that are not... Back to the systematic because, issues. Because of the, where they get the money from. Yeah. D Dr. Dan, the problem with that is it's not just the connection to the political sphere. In academia, it's heavily politicized. And I don't mean in this perspective of being affiliated to a political party, but it's more about... Conflicts of interest. No, no, you spot, you following a specific narrative. So if you want to get published, it's very easy to get published if you go with a normative narrative, whether it's in science, philosophy. 100%, but that's part of the problem. The problem that's, is, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. I, I agree with you. So I'm uh, saying that is a huge uh, problem. Guys, let me, let me just get Dr. Aiken. Sorry, Simon, I just want to get Dr. Aiken's thoughts on this because I do, I think the audience is waiting for the, for the new leaks to start going through them. Uh, Dr. Aiken would love your thoughts on what was yeah. just discussed and then we can, uh, Simon can yeah. take off the new leaks. No, thank you for having me. So, you know, I think um, just underscoring how political all of this has been throughout, I think that one um, consideration that I'd want to bring up is that perhaps there is political motivation behind what we're seeing now with these recent developments um, coming out in the last, you know, week or two. Um, and I think geopolitically, there are considerations as well. And that's just something that hasn't been hit on yet, but the relationships between, um, you know, the United States and Ukraine um, and Russia and China and now Belarus, I think as well. Um, I think that that's just another kind of um, consideration in the mix that, that how, may... Sorry, hey, doctor, how, how, does, how does Ukraine, I understand China, because obviously the, the source is China, but how does, so relationship with China, it makes a lot of sense, it's political reasons for potentially so, delaying the truth. But uh, Ukraine, Russia? I think, I think, well, I think that early on, you know, as far as kind of supporting CCP propaganda, you know, we were, we were, you know, against this idea of the lab leak theory, you know, in our, um, when we turned to Dr. Fauci, you know, this was something that was shut down, which we will discuss, you know, in this space here. Um, but I think with some of the events that have happened over the course of the last month with, for instance, you know, the balloons that have been passing over and just the escalations that have happened internationally, I wonder, um, you know, if there's something belying um, this sudden uh, interest in... in uh, Joanna, in, I think you made an mm -hmm. interesting point because we discussed this at the beginning. Basically, you've got a scenario in the United Kingdom, and we are going to come on to this towards the end, where the lockdown files have been released... Now, what they do is provide a very good indication into decision making when it comes to the government. And what this shows is how the government was significantly pressured in it into making certain decisions that they were made. That's the first point. And the second point is what it also shows, and hence why I was talking about the deep state, 
that what it also shows is why, you know, in terms of the UK, the lockdown files were released, but they were released by somebody who one could may argue has significant, and she, the reason she did it was because she wanted her partner to get a position with the United States government. So that's just the, the just something to think about as we discuss this. But let's go into right, let's kick up the thread. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you're talking about the 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 what do you call it the London lockdown leaks? Is that what you called it? Lock, lockdown files. Lockdown. Did you the make up that name? Wrong, Did you make up that title? No, no, that's, no, 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 no. It, it, that's what it's called. All right, let's see. Cool. All right, let's kick off the Fauci leaks first. What we have, uh, and I'm glad we have we have Tom here who's. Uh, uh, there for the previous leak, and he can tell us what new, um, you know, what what new information we have from the recent leaks. Okay, so the first bit I'm just going to read off because I think it's all important. So on the first on February the 1st, and just for the just for the audience, just quickly on the audience, um, it's pinned above, so you can see it's on my account, the thread, um, and it's pinned above as well, so you can read it as Slayman goes through it. Thank you. So on February the 1st, 2020, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins and at least 11 other scientists convened at a conference call to discuss COVID-19. It was on this conference call that Dr. Fauci and Collins were first warned that COVID-19 may have leaked from the lab in Wuhan, China, and further may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. Only three days later, on February the 4th, Four participants of the conference call authored a paper titled The Proximal Origin and sent a draft to Dr. Fauci and Collins. So there's a few points from that. So let's go to um, Dr. Sorry. Uh, so we'll go to Aaron first. Uh, oh, no, let's go to Dr. Danish because uh, you, 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 you've been working on this. Doesn't this show that even genetic manipulation was actually something that was considered considered very early on? And so, why did that not give? The, why was that not given any legs? So, I think partially it was because the early information was contradictory. I mean, I think that's kind of the main point here is that early information. No, but- so, think about what happened at that time. The WHO sent a group into Wuhan to look at the leak. Right. We had early information that was provided to us by China, who now, if there is a leak that they could be implicated in, they would have a an interest in in uh, in suppressing that information. And the team that WHO actually sent in included the guy that may be implicated in, in engineering this actual leak or engineering this actual virus. I mean, can we just be honest about the fact that the entire thing was broken from the beginning and we have to have a real honest conversation around our institutions. I think it's really easy to blame a person, but really the, in, the person, in my opinion, was acting on the information. Has Fauci done things incorrectly? Sure. But, you know, specifically when it came to masking in the beginning, I mean, what a big blunder. But, you know, when it comes to specifically this decision, he was working off of crappy data and we have to have a conversation around WHO being the true liable organization. I have a question, Dr. Danish. Dr. Danish, before Slaiman, I know you want to continue reading the thread. Just one thing, Dr. Danish. Uh, back when, and Bernard uh, put a thumb down, so I'd love Bernard to jump in after that, and then we'll go to Slaiman. But um, do you remember how, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but because I, I, I wasn't following it closely, but uh, there was some hate crime um, uh, against uh, people, you know, people that even looked Asian. 
uh, in various Western countries. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot yeah. of hate towards China. And that's back when the lab league theory didn't have any legs and it was heavily censored. And everyone just kind of, you know, everyone thought it was, most people thought it was just the natural causes. some island people just you remember those days uh, if you add the lively theory to the discussion um in hindsight how do you think the world would have reacted i think they would have reacted similar to what we saw after 9 11 there was definitely racist uh things that occurred actually occurred to my my own family right and, and it's just how that time was there was you know uh people uh tried to blow up mosques there there, there would have been a negative reaction, but it does not condone, as you mentioned, it does not condone any sub- active suppression. But we actually don't, in, in any of this, have, I mean, there's other uh, files that have come out that show more of an active suppressive effect. But this that was released today, in my opinion, does not show that they were actively trying to suppress anything. I mean, he believed a hypothesis. He prompted people to go and study whether that hypothesis was correct. They went and they studied it, initially thought that that hypo- hypothesis was incorrect, then perhaps changed their mind, or, or, or thought it, the, the hypothesis was incorrect and then changed their mind to say, no, no, we do believe this came from an animal origin. And yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, uh, ultimately, it sounds, you know, it sounds kind no, of Danish, callous. Danish, let me ask you a question. I, I, know, I know, obviously, everyone understands what you're saying, but I think general people, I've got the question, I look, very early on, on February the 1st, possibility of all three all three possibilities were there you know natural causes genetic modification and um you know just accidental leak why weren't all theories given equal way or not even equal way because that doesn't happen but just each theory actually researched to its full extent why was the other two theories completely discarded and and which benefited Farshi and many um, a number of others and this one theory was held onto and a paper was published merely days later. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there was a prevailing narrative that was followed. And they can, there was a one paper that came out that proved, that disproved the lab, quote unquote, disproved the lab leak theory. And people just followed it. And at that time, to be completely honest, once that came out, it, it became very political. People thought that people were being xenophobic. And that narrative became very popular. And I think that that's, again, an ex- a really good example of how in the middle of election season, in the middle of COVID, where there is the fog of war, people are able to manipulate populations into moving in the direction that they want them to. I mean, I think it's, it's again, looking back, should they have more deeply evaluated the lab leak theory? 100%. We should have also not sent Peter Daszak down to... As part of the WHO, that's uh, just crazy. Yeah, the, conf- the conflict of interest is you know insane. Why, why we're spending all this time defending Fauci? 
I mean, he I'm not tried to suppress Tati. this. I'm it's not one person. I mean, problem. you know, there was Our no good faith basis. Dennis, Dennis, let Tom talk because you, you, you. There was no good faith basis for Fauci to dismiss arguments about the lab leak. He was concerned enough that he was personally and directly involved in this. And uh, they didn't find any information. Frankly, they you found more information. That they were even more involved. And let me read you an April an April email that uh, Colin sent to Fauci, wondering if there is. Uh, this is April of 2020, wondering if there's something NIH can do to help da- put down this very destructive conspiracy with what seems to be growing momentum. I hope that the Nature Medicine article in this genomic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 would settle this, but probably didn't get much visibility. Anything more we can do? Ask the National Academy of Sciences to weigh in. And Fauci goes, I would not do anything about this right now. It is a shiny object that will go away in times. So we know they did try to, that the goal was to suppress this. The email suggests that Fauci was in on it and was happy with the current efforts to suppress it. Tom, that's a leap. That's a legitimate leap. Francis Collins and clearly in that in that conversation, Francis Collins and and Fauci are saying, hey, there's this absolute, you know, in that that time, the belief was that it was a conspiracy theory, that this was engineered. They had early information stating that it didn't. It wasn't engineered. And they were like, hey, this is getting out of control. Should we do something about it? And the answer from Fauci was, hey, we shouldn't do anything about it. I don't understand how that implicates that Fauci was funding gain-of-function research, which is well, why he was trying Dr. to... Dinesh, That's I what think, I'm saying. There's just like a bunch I, of additional stuff. Yes, Z, I, sorry. I just think we need to back Dinesh. it up a day to I, January 31st um, because, you know, we, we started this with the conference call, right? But why was that conference call called in the first place? The conference call was called because Christian... Your Anderson, mic, uh, Zeke, Zeke, your mic is a bit far, but... Oh, that's Kyle. Kyle, you got background noise. Go ahead. Sorry, Zeke. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, so... Yeah, I think we need to back it up to January 31st because that's when Christian Anderson sent the email to, to Tony Fauci basically say, stating that to him, and this is, again, one of the leading um, you know, virologists in, in the world, one of the leading funded NIH virologists in the world, um, stating that the virus did look engineered. And so that was January 31st. February 1st is when they um, called this conference call. So I think it's important to sort of add that context. And once Fauci received that email from Christian Anderson saying this, the first thing he did was forward, um, Dr. Barrick and Dr. Shi and uh, Dasik and um, Eco Health Alliance's paper from 2015 on coronavirus bat gain of function research. So, you know, to sort of say that he didn't have an inkling of, you know, what the what the chances of a lab leak versus zoonosis were prior to that conference call, and you know, his mind was, you know, totally uh, his mindset was framed just by that conference call. I think is a little bit, um, you know, it's just not putting everything in full context. And the following day, he called in the FBI and MI5. So I can read from Jeremy Farah at UCL in London, in the UK, replying to Tony Fauci on February the 2nd. And I will say none of these emails are new or leaked. They all came out about a month ago. It says, on a spectrum, if naught is nature and 100 is lab release, I am honestly at 50 my guess is that this will remain grey unless there is access to the Wuhan lab, and I suspect that is unlikely. In this email, Fauci then responds by saying, we need to call in, in the US and the UK, the UK, I suspect, is MI5, the US is the FBI. 
and he he cc's so he blind copies in his nih colleagues onto that message and that is the 1st and 2nd of february 2020 so i don't the understand the other what point mario hold on the point the point they're making is this if you can answer the, uh, if you can answer the point they're making is they've just demonstrated that very early on, because you said early on, no one even believed, no, no one thought it was, this was a possibility, but very early that's on... That's not what I said, Suleiman, I want to clarify that. Oh, that's how so, I came across, if you want to clarify, that'd be good. Yeah, so the, the point that I was making was that at that time, they believed that... What time? Second... What time? Because you need to clarify, because no one's... We want to be precise. Yeah, so at in the beginning, like, uh, you know, uh, Money Penny just mentioned, the, the so, point so that even... I'm sorry, no, the ahead, point Dunge. that they were actually mentioned yeah. So can you guys hear me? Just want to make sure. Yeah. 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 So the point that I was making was that ultimately there was a narrative that had already been built. There was, they had been told by this delegation that, Hey, this was likely from a natural source. So therefore that became the prevailing hypothesis upon which every further decision was made. As more information came up, they didn't have an option like Money Penny just said. I don't know how it implicates that the, that, that the FBI was involved. He said that it probably should involve the FBI. Do you have any emails saying where he emailed the FBI directly? That you have? No, he asked somebody to do it in an email. Um, I've got the 2nd of February where Jeremy Farah, who is this British UCL scientist who actually was looking at it on behalf of the SAGE committee, I believe, in the UK, um, he takes the email, circulates it amongst various experts, reports back to Fauci on what the experts say, some of which, quote, um, this is a plausible natural scenario. Others say this is implausible. And on the back of that, Fauci goes back by email and says, I think we need to call in the FBI. Now, the way it's written, it's as though he asks Jeremy Farah to do the MI5 and I think Collins to do the FBI, but it's not specific. It just implies that they need to be called in. No, I, uh, we have, we have I wanted to respond to something that Tom said earlier. I actually don't care about people hating Fauci. It does not matter. You can hate whoever you want. The point that I was making is that by, by actually just saying it's all Fauci, we're actually missing the bigger point, which is our institutions are completely corrupt. That's and the that's point that I, I think going. matters more. Well, I mean, that doesn't get us anywhere. I mean, you know, I can say, you know, the sun is making it too hot here. I mean, that's it's it's so broad as to be meaningless in terms of being able to affect anything. The Tom. fact is that we're individuals institutionally who knew the gain of function was going on in Wuhan. They were worried about it going back five, 2016, at least. Uh, they didn't care uh, in the end about it happening until after, uh, because they continued to fund it till, uh, or you know, well after COVID emerged, and then they suppress any concerns about it. And these weren't the entire NIAID; these were the leadership. So it, you know, we talk about condemning the institutions; it doesn't get us anywhere. There were specific emails spe- sent among the leadership that showed knowledge pre-knowledge about gain-of-function, and then post-knowledge about gain-of-function. I don't know what Fauci knew and what he knew, but other than we do know post-COVID he knew about it. And 
uh, you know, there's really no good excuse for suppressing debate about it. And just to add to the FBI discussion, you know, Judicial Watch uncovered emails showing the FBI was initiated or had conducted an inquiry in May of 2020 into the gain of function research issue, while at the same time we're being told not to worry about it. I mean, this this shows you the dishonesty of Fauci and the leadership here. This was Collins and Fauci and their top people suppressing information about uh, this this debate by suggesting anyone who raised these issues was outside the polite company and, and should be ignored. And, and importantly, Redfield, if you actually have read his interviews, was not even involved in any of this. And he's the head of the CDC at the time. But if you look at his history and fallout with Fauci over gain-of-function work in Europe about seven to eight years previous, you can figure out why Redfield was not even invited to the meeting. And he's the head of the CDC. That itself in, in is... In the documents is, from 2016, exchanged between Fauci on behalf of the NIH and EcoHealth Alliance's Peter Dazak, I have these documents, I will share them. It specifically says... The requirement of the strategy was to create a precursor virus and a vaccine. It then goes into extreme detail, scientific detail, how to do that. There are also emails exchanged on behalf of EcoHealth Alliance, Peter Dazak, saying how they would create and test different bat coronaviruses using human testing. I'm quoting this air quotes on volunteers in China close to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, near the seafood market, who had come okay, forward so, so and explained Mani, so these had are, contact Mani, with Mani, these are, Can you, uh, Kyle, I'd love you to respond to this, but Mani, so what, what, this is obviously uh, uh, something we've never discussed. What leaks are you talking about exactly? Where are those emails from? To who? These are the documents exchanged between EcoHealth Alliance and the NIA. ID and NIH. Do you mind and the uh, full document drop? Yeah. Do you mind pinning those documents above? And what's the source of those documents? Who yeah. dropped them? Well, there's cetera. about fifty of them, and maybe more. Um, I can give you one link to all of them, which has been publicly shared by Dr. Andrew G. Huff, the former vice president of EcoHealth Alliance. Okay, Kyle. Does anyone know about these documents? Uh, if you can pin them above in the in the nest um, on the top. Uh, money penny the way you do it is you just click Thank on you. it yeah Thank click you. on share and click on pin above but uh kyle i'd love you to respond to this particular point because obviously it's a it's a bit of a yeah so there's there's at least two points and i was going to support Dinesh in saying he's right there's a fundamental problem here institutionally and and someone else beat me to the punch i apologize if the mic sounds terrible i i'm almost off the road but the fact that if you if you go back in history just a few years to when the Ebola outbreak was occurring, almost every single day you saw Thomas Frieden's face on the news. He was on CNN. He was on every major outlet talking about what was going to happen because a citizen from another country who had Ebola came to the U.S. and then was able to forward transmit it to people working on him. So there was quite a scare, if you guys remember that. The reason I bring it up is because it's it's very unprecedented that you would just leap beyond the head of the centers for disease control and prevention. So that... Yeah, yeah but actually, what, Redfield what, found out about these meetings through FOIA requests. 
Right. If you look he, at his interview. Even a, that's right. And he said things that practically could have changed the course of the pandemic. Whether or not you agree with him, he had to pen open letters to huh, – to, uh, he had to do opinion pieces. He couldn't even speak from the podium. They didn't get him enough attention to, to say the things that, that he needed to say as the person most in charge of this issue. So why you even had the NIH stepping in and sort of stepping over what you would consider the, the, the hierarchy here is already confusing. And, and I think... Well, I think if you read uh, Redfield's interview, it traces back to their uh, disagreement over H1N1 gain-of-function research in the early 2010s. Um, he actually states that in his interview. He says, look... You know, he's a military guy. He has a history of understanding that some of these things can turn into weapons, and he does not agree with publishing the stuff that came out of Europe in that time period. And Fauci totally disagreed, and he said the science wins. And I think that is where their uh, skirmish started, and I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, there's a reason that he didn't want to invite the guy that disagreed with him to the meeting. It's worth pointing so, out that Fauci has been the institution since the 1980s. So when you say the institution has problems, you were talking about Fauci. You're not talking about anybody else. Well, he's a well I was talking about the WHO, system. actually, specifically. The, the other thing I would say is just, Mario, to help frame it for people that aren't, that don't deal with this every day. If you go back a few years ago when Barbara Streisand was in the news because her very expensive home was was shown um, on it was published in a in a publication and she goes on CNN decrying the fact that people showed where her house was meanwhile while she's talking a picture of her house where it is is being broadcast on cable news it became known as the Streisand effect and so what you had happen whenever the proximal origins paper comes out further down in your your um your tweet thread there, it'll be pointed out that because that document wasn't getting enough traction, the NIH administrators then began pointing to it as if it were the source that it, it just goes against science because in science you have a null hypothesis. That's where you start from. You start from a place of we don't have a particular view. Our particular view is it's null. And then you have a research hypothesis that you try to falsify. So the whole thing was just bananas from the get. But uh, my question is why, if you're going to have a meeting of the supposedly top scientists, do you not invite the head of the CDC to that meeting? Uh, other than that, there's uh, it would be a dissenting opinion that you don't want to have any part of, which is the exact opposite of science. This is one of the key points Mario and I encourage everyone to keep digging on this issue which is why why was Redfield completely put off to the to the wayside he was not in almost any of the public facing media I mean I I can I can point to some reasons for that the media was attacking Redfield because he was Trump's guy Trump selected him to lead the CDC and so they tried to paint him as this uh, political appointee who was inept at his job. And so they ran a kind of campaign on behalf of Fauci. Maybe not on behalf necessarily. Well, on Red, Fauci, Redfield Fauci. is an actual virologist, by the way. Yeah, I know. I know he's an actual virologist. Okay, so he yeah, actually has more to... standing than Fauci ever did. 
That's right. And yeah, he actually he should have went had against the warp speed. He goes against warp speed by publishing a, an op-ed saying, I know what was said early on about masking, and you guys can debate this whether you want or not, but what Redfield said is what we could do right now to stop transmission is wear respirators. We could we could shut the pandemic down in six weeks if we wanted to without even the need for a vaccine. And that was not also considered popular. So, uh, Liza, just to try and balance it out a bit, um, what's your thoughts on what's been said in terms of is Fauci to blame? Is it Did he do wrong by not um, looking into these other positions or is that just where the science took him? I don't know. Like for me, Liza, I'd love your thoughts. But for me, whenever people blame a person, I always look at it as a system instead. Uh, I try to find the conflicts of interest. I try to find the the, the biases and how the system itself could be improved. Uh, that's the way I try to look at it. Uh, but Liza, I'm not sure if you have a different take. I'm sorry, the dog just started barking like crazy, so okay. I didn't hear the very first part of your question. So, so Slana is asking, like, it, it's mainly the amount of blame going against Fauci. Like, my instincts is whenever someone's being attacked too much, I start trying to find a way to defend them. If someone's being treated like a god, I try to find a way to attack them. It's kind of my instinct. I always try to, you know, uh, play devil's advocate and balance it out. In this case, with, uh, and let me get da- Danish back a, An idol, you know, I mean, people make, make, make a, figurines out of yeah i heard i heard heard, i've heard this but i haven't seen uh, where are these idols i've not seen it in this this space for sure but in the media he was he was i think i think but now now these is is that ongoing i just don't see that happening it's still ongoing it's still ongoing there's people still defending him defending him defending but defending him is fine there were a lot of employees at the nih that wore t-shirts to work that said in fauci we trust Mm -hmm. so Ian's right. There was a kind of cult of, cult of personality around him. The media framed him as sort of the antidote to Trump. You know, we don't trust Trump with managing the pandemic in the early months. And so we can look to Fauci as the steady hand who's going to be reasonable and scientific. Uh, Fauci is a consummate D.C. politician. He's been he's been playing D.C. politics for 35 years. He hasn't treated a patient since residency decades ago. He hasn't done an actual laboratory experiment uh, probably since his shortly after his postdoc work uh, also, uh, you know, decades ago. He's 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 a politician and his job at the NIH is to increase the funding of the NIH to convince Congress to increase his budget. That's how people rise in those federal three letter agencies into positions of leadership. The NIH and its leadership never should have been involved in any pandemic-related policies. So people Aaron, are right Aaron, when they say... In what, terms of what, Aaron, just in terms of what you said now, isn't it Donald Trump who basically put this guy in the position he's in? So No, he's always had it. He inherited the position. Reagan put sorry, him in the, sorry uh, I meant in terms of Reagan. making him the head of the fight yes. against COVID. Yeah. I, I, Trump is responsible for basically empowering Fauci and Burks to head up the White House Coronavirus Task Force. I think that was a big mistake and a conflict of interest. The reason I say it's a conflict of interest... Just to add to that, sorry, Aaron, I'm going to let you finish. Mm -hmm. And then do you think it was a mistake by Trump to not remove him? Because there was a number of times where he kind of, you know, degraded Trump a number of times. Oh, yeah, he should have removed him in a heartbeat. I I do. I I think that mistake... um, caused a lot of damage during the pandemic, set the stage 
for lockdowns and school closures that continued on into the next year following the election. Uh, President Trump uh, bears a lot of blame. I think the the worst aspects of his presidency were the pandemic uh, management in the last months of his um, of his presidency. And, you know, argue. Aaron, I've got to. Aaron, Aaron, I've got I've got. Hold on, Aaron, Aaron, I've got a couple of, uh, Aaron, can you hear me? Never should have been no, he can't hear me. Position yeah. of leadership me, no, he can't, he uh, can't, it's, a, it's an issue that happens sometimes, he can't hear me, I'll fix it now. But Liza, go ahead, because I've got a couple of questions for Aaron afterwards, but go ahead, Liza, and I've just re-invited Aaron. Yeah, I think that, that this, the, the, the people, Trump really was stuck with people Monday morning quarterbacking him all the time, and I think that he uh, was, uh, that was really unfortunate, and I think that that led to some policy making that was maybe not the best. Um, I, I do think that Dr. Dunish is correct that that our institutions have embedded bureaucrats that have no sort of term limits or no accountability. And I think that that is something that we need to look at quite closely to make sure that we, we don't repeat these things again. Um, but, you know, I think that Fauci is sort of emblematic of the problem, an entrenched bureaucrat. Um, but I also don't entirely blame the in, the whole thing on him. I think that there were, you know, lots of people involved uh, in this. And um, I think a lot of mistakes were made that really, really should make us look um, at our institutions and, and try to address how we're going to change things going forward so this kind of thing isn't repeated there's multiple layers i agree like from 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 chinese censorship and we've had li meng on the on the show a few times to the world health organization uh, potential corruption to censorship in in europe and we're going to see the the files in the uk the lockdown files to censorship with fauci and his network but i do want to go to aaron a couple of questions quickly and i see tom i'm muting so i'll probably go to tom and jordan afterwards but aaron a couple of questions and we'll try to keep it brief um very very briefly let's let's just summarize it what would you say is the main reason again let's keep it brief and in dot points like let's say one two and three uh, that fauci is getting so much hate what would you say are his the main reasons number one is what uh, well, people like to have an identifiable enemy or bad guy. Number two, he had enormous power, uh, as well as Dr. Burks. I don't know why people are paying less attention to Dr. Burks, um, who really set the framework for lockdowns and school closures in the president's uh, task force. But probably the reason is that the media framed Fauci as the guy who's who's calling the shots and making the decisions. And there's yeah. some truth to that, but there's also truth to the systemic issues and there's truth to the fact that there were other very powerful actors at work. Uh, Dr. Burks is, is only you one kinda, among you kinda, several. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of made my point out of the hoping you'd say like the first one is lockdowns, but then again, my answer would be like, yes, but lockdowns were, uh, across the world, not just the U.S. So it's, again, it means that it's, there's, it's not just Fauci. Fauci didn't lock down the U.K. Fauci didn't lock down India, didn't lock down all these other countries, and um, didn't lock down China. You know, in terms of what you said, um, why uh, his role is so important is this. First of all, forget UK. UK just follows what US does uh, on a number of issues, especially, and this is another example of it. In terms of what you're saying specifically, the problem with Fauci is this. Um, essentially, the media and society gave him, and to a small extent, Trump gave him unlimited power to the extent where any positive decision that was made 
was attributed to him. Don't change anything, anything, that, anything that went slightly wrong went to well, Trump was blamed well, for. He, he so, also so for that the reason, he had ex- he, he had a responsibility to use his role and ensure that he he covers all avenues and and holds his responsibility very well. And he failed in that, in my opinion. But going back, just Simon, what I want to understand is before, Jordan, I'll, I'll give you the mic just in a bit. Sorry, Jordan, but just quickly, Simon. So number one, so if I ask people, if you ask someone on the street that doesn't like Fauci, I'm like, why do you hate, if you ask them, why do you hate Fauci? What would they say? He locked down the country. Perfect. That's number one. And I answered that one. Number two, and I'm not protecting Fauci here. I'm just saying that I just don't want the blame all to be on one person. I just want it to be looked at systematically if it is systematic I could be wrong so locking down the country obviously it happened around the world including countries other than the UK uh, unrelated to following the US Uh, China locked it down before anyone else number two uh, but even hold on the US locked it down after multiple countries that did it beforehand from Turkey to to Spain to the list goes on number two even Russia that's incorrect Mario the sequence was China, Clifford Lane, who's Fauci's deputy, came back from China. He was the U.S. delegate to the WHO group that went over there to investigate the origins. Lane came back, convinced that lockdowns were the way to go. He convinced Fauci of that. I don't think Fauci needed much convincing of that. Um, And then Italy locked down. Italy also, their health minister, had connections to the Chinese Communist Party. So there's, there's a story. There's a story there as well. So... Italy locks down, United States locks down, and then the rest of the world follows. Hold on. The like U.S. locked Aaron, down. Italy sorry, Aaron. Aaron lock- Mario, one second. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't like fail to mention that Italy at that time was going through a very severe COVID wave. I mean, it was very obvious that Italy was struggling. You remember uh, the people, for people that may have forgotten, there were people yeah, sinking from the balconies. Uh, it was, it was that, that was the moment. That we were like, holy crap, this is coming. And so, right. to, you know, so, so it wasn't, I mean, what wasn't mentioned at that time is that those hospitals in nor- northern Italy, in that region, is routinely decimated every year by waves of influenza. There was it an is, infrastructure yeah, problem there to begin with. Yeah, so, yes. so just quickly, it, Aaron, just going, the, just going back to the, just going back to the, Aaron, going back. So two things. So Aaron, you're saying the U.S. lockdown before Spain? It's also worth noting. Sorry, it's also worth noting that they were doing the ventilator thing. To lock down China, Italy, U.S., and then Uh, in the following weeks, everyone else followed. So Aaron, just uh, okay. So lockdown is one. I know Ian wants to add something along with Jordan and Tom, but just to kind of finish this train of thought, lockdown is number one. Uh, Number two is the now that we know the censorship which we've discussed in depth, and it's hard to really defend this one, but it's important to point out that multiple people were censoring. It's not just Fauci. So that would be number two. What would you say is number three, Aaron? Like from from Uh, things we know, from facts we know, uh, without going to extremes like Fauci's Uh, trying to kill everyone in the world. Yeah, the ignoring of natural immunity uh, when it came to the vaccine question and the pushing of uh, vaccine mandates as part of the mass vaccination campaign. Mm -hmm. I would include... Which, which, Which... which these two these these two positions again were taken by multiple people, um, uh, not in around the world, and not just right, Mario. Not but, in most countries. Most countries, the only countries that followed the vaccine yeah, mandates to true. the uh, yeah to the to the level of the United States or countries like Australia and the United Kingdom, and even in 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 the places like this, you know, people didn't lose their jobs necessarily. You know, 
just yeah, so, so, America mandated so, it for everybody who worked in the government. If you worked in schools, if you worked in the military, you Australia, lost but Australia, Australia, New Zealand exactly. was stricter than the US, was, for example. Mario, you said exactly what I was about to say. What about Australia? They were stricter than it? the US on a on on a lot of things. Yeah. That is true. Well, yeah, um, but you know, you but, know, the the locked the lockdowns were state orient you know the the states were responsible ultimately for the lockdown okay so yeah so talking the so the, the states the dishonesty yes, no. of fauci and burks was ignoring the best practices put out by cdc you know it wasn't like we hadn't planned for a pandemic before all of that was thrown out the window lockdowns these non-pharmacological interventions Tom, Tom, all of that question, was Tom. made up after the fact and at odds with CDC recommendations at the time. Tom, I've, I've got yeah, a question for you, Tom. Tom sorry, yeah. just a question for you about the lockdown because you said an important point. Lockdowns were a state decision. So, and, and if you look at other Western economies like Sweden, for example, wasn't Sweden the country that did not lock down um, and they faced a lot of uh, criticism for it? Um, so you got other countries. Countries could have not followed the U.S.'s uh, um, uh, footsteps of Fauci's recommendations. That's true. States didn't right. have to and follow the, Fauci's recommendations. The, the thing is, the, so states had an out, the states had an out with the lockdowns because they were following alleged guidelines from Fauci true. and Burks and company. And those guidelines were not meritorious. They were made up and they were at odds with the accepted so-called science on, uh, uh, on the public response to a pandemic. But, the but, idea that we would lock down an economy was so at odds with sense at the time and prior handling of prior pandemics, it, it, it's, it takes one's breath away uh, to see the was... panic response endorsed by Fauci and Burks that had nothing but... to do with science, but everything to do with politics. Question, Burks Tom, just a quick question. Uh, briefly, uh, before we... Meeting with the uh, governors. Just, th this is how the yeah, lockdowns happened. If you want, if you want the origin story... Burks was running around meeting with state governors, you know, basically with the with the endorsement of the president. So, I mean, this is on Trump that he didn't have this thing on a on a leash. But she was running around basically saying, if you don't do this, there will be blood on your hands. And so it became this kind of arms race among governors of who is going to who's going to yep. lock down harder. There were some states uh, so where the legislatures went against the uh, went against the governor. For instance, in uh, South Dakota, Kristi Noem infamously wanted to lock things down, but her legislature said, "No, you will not do this," and she had to obviously listen to them. Well, but to, to that's be why fair, you have the time, files in the UK. The time, that's the headlines. Sorry, you know, at the time, just to kind of keep this, the, the, give the other side, we were experiencing something drastic in New York. We, at that time, did not know what to do with this virus. At that time, across the world, the percentage lethality was being quoted at 3%. I think, we I think have people obviously under... learned a lot since then. But yeah, yeah exactly. That, 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 was that, it was a treatment. It, it was about flattening the curve. It, right? it was I the ventilators that were killing people. Dr. Dinesh, we knew that the infection fatality rate uh, by the time Bhattacharya and Ioannidis did the Santa Clara study, which has been replicated uh, many, many times over, we knew by April that the IFR 
0.2%. We knew that the WHO's estimation of 3.4% was grossly Aaron, Aaron, exaggerated. Aaron, me, so for the last one how, paper Aaron, versus our global institutions is no, no, no. not a fair comparison. Aaron, I lower infection a fatality rate as well initially. Say again, Tom? Didn't Fauci in a paper when the virus first emerged suggest the fatality rate would be in line with the high, a high flu year? Yeah, I'm he had an IFR of two, and we had a rate in the UK that if it got above one, that that was the lockdown criteria. So that was used as a limit, really, whereby there was a lot of argument in the lockdown files, the ones that have been released in the Telegraph, as to whether or not that was practicable to use this one, i.e. one person transfers the virus to one other person, as the reason for lockdown. And in fact, that is what most of the lockdown files are about. The headlines of our papers yesterday are headlines that Matt Hancock, our current health, uh, our, our health secretary at the time, um, literally was exchanging emails that said, let's drive the fear into them. That right. was the and type look, of thing so, going on. Let me, let me just quickly just add that one, one of the reasons Fauci... Just everyone, sorry, so, so, yeah. so just sorry, Aaron and Tom. Um, uh, Liza, I'll let you quickly jump in. I want to go back yeah. to Tom. Uh, uh, Liza, the question I have for you and Tom is, how much of it is just blindly following one person and how much of it just not – like I've seen a lot of people, including people on this panel and people on previous panel and people within the audience, change – and kind of uh, Aaron, you know, Danish, you, you kind of hinted on this. People are changing their mind as we find out more and more information, and that is very, very common. How much, how much of it is just people Mario. acting out of fear in the unknown, just Mario. not knowing enough? We've Let never me... had a pandemic before. And that, uh, do you mind, Aaron? I was going to get Liza kind of give us her thoughts, and then we'll go to you. Okay, I'm going to blow a gasket so... if you don't let me. Okay, you will. I'll let you. Don't blow the. Okay, okay. I'll let you. <laughs> all right, I'll let you blow the gasket. Just let, I'd love Liza's thoughts on this, and then we can destroy the gasket. Um, but just quickly, uh, uh, Aaron, before you, when you also speak as well, um, and Liza. And Tom, I really want. I know we all want to point, point, you know, paint one person as like the evil villain responsible Mario, for all this. Speak. Let them speak, Mario. Mario, let I've speak. never painted Fauci as the one evil villain. I think getting rid of Fauci would do virtually nothing to solve the problems that were created during. Def the okay, okay. I, I, but that, that's what that's what I'd like. But that's what I'd like to do. Aaron, guys, guys, I just want nobody knew what but was Aaron, going guys, on. Guys, guys, Aaron, 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 I don't know if you can hear me, but I just really want Liza's been had with Anna for a long time, so I just want I, I want to give her the well, chance he, to speak as well. He's gasket. You got to let him speak. You know. Yeah. I know he, I just said he could speak right after Liza and Tom. I was pretty clear about this, and I think he had a, a lot of time to speak. I've been pretty respectful too. Um, but I think people that have their hand up and waiting should also be able to speak. Um, but Liza, I'd love you to give us your thoughts on this particular point. So I think and then we'll go to Aaron and Tom. Can you hear me? Yes, yep. Okay. Um, I, I think hindsight's twenty twenty, um, And when doctors were taking care of a multitude of very sick patients in New York City. Um, it, it, they, they were terrified. And I think that they uh, were following along with recommendations as they were going along. We learned more and more about this disease as it developed. And I think Joanne could probably comment on what it's like to take care of an ICU patient um, with COVID and learn 
over time that maybe intubation was a problem. This is this was this is standard of care for people who uh, were are, are in respiratory failure to start out with. So as, as the disease progressed and as we learned about the disease, we realized that that maybe this particular way disease was was problematic so so the claim that you know um we knew all along that ventilators were causing a problem that's not true um and midazolam which people are really going after now is a critical medication for for sedation and i think joanne can probably weigh on that in 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 on that too and and it's very easy in retrospect to say um what we should have done I think that doctors were very concerned about the welfare of patients. And I agree that we originally started out with two weeks into, to flatten the curve, and that got taken out, out way too long. Um, but I think, and I think there is a herd mentality often. The problem was that things got politicized, and then everybody backed into their corners and weren't willing to come back to the middle and and think about uh, reevaluating some of um, the the things that we were doing. Well, there's nothing retrospective about asking public health officials to follow the guidance that they put in place for Before decades prior. I mean, yeah. we weren't asking no, for true. we weren't that's asking we, we're we're just asking for a professional approach to pandemic and we didn't get that we had schools shut down across the country for no good reason the economy's destroyed imposition of non-pharmacological interventions uh for which there was no scientific basis and the risks of which were never analyzed we were put in a massive public health experiment without our consent and the damage of which continues to reverberate both with our children and with our health yeah, and so it, this is not a retrospective. There were folks arguing against this at the time for cooler heads to prevail. And Fauci and Burke specifically, Fauci, for instance, knowingly and admittedly lied. He had lied about the mask. So yeah. when you lie and say, yeah, I lied because I didn't want you to take the mask from people who needed them, which did was admit, a lie about the lie. They knew the mask wasn't going to work. He, he admitted the lie or no? He admitted, he yeah, lie. we told people yeah, not admitted. to buy the masks so we could have them for, for first responders or whatever. And, and that, even it. that he was said, a lie. Said, the reason they said they didn't want people to have the masks was because they know they didn't work. And then they changed their mind uh-huh. and they told us that, you know, we were crazy for objecting to their politicalization and they're changing their policies based on politics. Tom, right. just yeah. about so Fauci deserves a lot of personal Tom, blame here. Tom. Yes. No, Tom. Let, let me let me ask you a question about that. It wasn't just question. him. It was. Sorry, I just want to ask Tom a question about that. Uh, just to balance the discussion out of it. Tom, you said Fauci's mainly to blame, but is that right? Because in reality, isn't it the case that the mainstream media and Do- Donald Trump will put him in this position, but more so the mainstream media is to blame because. Let's be clear, they're the ones who propagated this whole idea. They're the ones who did the scaremongering. And if Fauci did not agree to their demands, they would have just d- destroyed Fauci and put someone else in place. I don't so think really... so. Jerome well, Adams I mean, you know, is also who... promoting mask use. Like, at first, when Fauci said they don't work, Jerome Adams also said they don't work. I nailed him on this, right? I've literally spoken to the guy. 
called him out on it, and he said, well, the science changes. I mean, that this is the kind of response you can expect from a political hack. And, and Fauci is exactly the same kind of person as Jerome Adams. They don't want to take responsibility for the things that they do. They want to be absolved. And when we start blaming institutions or the media or whatever, you know, we're, we're saying, oh, you know, like they were forced into a position. It's hard for them. It's like, no, we've got to hold them accountable. But, but Ian, don't you think? No, and I and I mildly criticized Fauci. I said, "Oh, look at this email out there where he was like pr- talking about how they love Hillary." And I said, "Well, isn't that interesting?" Well, that tweet was a subject. I've talked about this before of two news stories in the Washington Post and the New York Times because I criticized him, or I didn't even criticize him. I said, "Isn't it interesting? He's praising Hillary here." So this this is the Fauci that I knew that, oh, you can't even say one word south about him and you get attacked by his proxies in the media. This guy was a political thug who went after his critics. And there's a reason the so-called institution failed because they were all afraid of the dictator running it. Danish, maybe you want to add, maybe you want to respond. I feel like no, one, no, I, Mario, I feel like no one's answered my question. Oh, yeah, Aaron, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, Aaron blowing up the gas Yeah, 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 go ahead, Aaron. Aaron, if you, can, if you can talk, but then answer my question, because I feel like no one's answered it. What, what is it again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, of So everyone's blaming Fauci, but in reality, it was the mainstream media that scared everybody, that caused everyone to so shut down, my that to caused that. the lockdown. Yeah, but, but that, that was a, that, 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 that they were out, they were echoing Fauci's. All right, they guys, were... guys, guys. So let's go. Uh, Aaron, I know, I know you're dying to blow the gasket. Mike is yours. No, I'd, I'd also like to answer that question without being interrupted, since the question was directed at me. Um, I think if you don't realize by now that the media has been acting at the behest and under pressure from the government, uh, and that it's the government that is it's the tail that's wagging the dog there uh, i'm not sure what to tell you i'm not sure how much more evidence you need of that reality now the media has some degree of responsibility for becoming a lapdog and giving into that pressure and not standing up for the right of the freedom of the press so sure uh, we can blame them for that but the messaging came from the government from beginning to end um and it was coordinated at a so very sophisticated level of propaganda. So sorry, you can continue on, but it was that so that message was given to the media from Trump's government? Oh, absolutely. From from the public health officials that were running the show. So is Fauci the only bad actor to blame? No, of course not. There's many, many bad actors to blame uh, in the scientific and public health world and in the political world. But the the, the one thing that makes me want to blow a gasket is this nobody knew what was going on at the beginning claim, because that's just not true. Now, I was in a hospital. I was consulting on COVID patients in the ICU. I had to sit down with family members and tell them their loved one was irretrievably dying of this illness. So I know the atmosphere there. I was working on devising ventilator triage policies, thinking we might have to use those policies. I get it. I don't blame frontline doctors who are 99.99% of them, yes, they were doing the best they could with the information they were given. But they were given bad information. For example, the ventilate early, that whole thing was put together by people who made the, the political decision to protect hospitals rather than protecting patients. So the reason for ventilating early, early on in COVID, was not because you get better patient outcomes, but to protect the staff from getting COVID because it was easier to control the spread of the virus if somebody was on a ventilator. 
that was instrumentalizing patients for another aim. And what we decided to do early on in the pandemic, which was never part of public health planning prior to the pandemic, was to protect institutions rather than people, to protect hospitals rather than protecting the people in the hospitals, to to protect the healthcare infrastructure rather than using the healthcare infrastructure to do the most good possible. So those those were mistakes made by specific people who need to take responsibility for them. Most frontline doctors were not part of those conversations. They were not part of the the, the payment structure from Medicare that incentivized the overcounting of COVID cases and COVID deaths. Um, so th- these systemic issues were created by specific political decisions. And there were people who have the receipts. You can look at our tweets. You can look at our communications. You can look at the articles we published all the way back in 2020 saying, this is not right. This is harming people. This is creating another mental health crisis. This but is Aaron, creating... Aaron, just, just from what you said, I just want to ask Dr. Danish a question. Dr. Danish, we can bring the know... receipts. There were yeah, people yeah, but... who knew. There were people who criticized. And we got censored. We got slandered. We got fired. We got smeared. We got accused of being wanting to c- kill grandma. And now we know that the government was behind a lot of that censorship. Uh, so I, I just don't have any patience for nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, no, there was a projection that... of a false scientific consensus because half of the debate was suppressed. Period. Aaron, Aaron, I just want to give a timeline. One second. I just want to give a timeline of events and then maybe Dr. Danish can answer this. So it says January the 20th, COVID was found first in Washington state. And then January the 29th is when Fauci was appointed. And then we have the emails on that day, which we talked about in the previous space. And then the email on this one, which is February the 1st, where they realize that the other possibilities are there. So they realize that within days or on the same day that Fauci is appointed. So I'm just trying to understand your point about when when did this early theory and Fauci come along? I think so. One of the things that people are forgetting is that China did not share any information along the way. Can we all agree that China did not share any information along the way? Aaron, can we agree on that? China were paid. Have a look at the files that I've linked to Money. that are now in the net. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, they, I'm just asking other people to make sure. They shared some information. Regarding the virus itself, did China share any information so. with the U.S. government about the virus itself that now we know to be true at that time? Yes. Oh, I don't know what we know they shared. I mean, that's a broad statement. They well, were told the the information. They had suppressed. I've looked at the documents. There's information they shared. Information about its uh, about its uh, its uh, virality. They did not share information about its virulence. They did not share information about like or transmissibility uh, and and virulence. They did not give us any information. We were. Uh, this is why I'm so confused by Aaron's point because. Just because one group of people did one study, we're saying that we would not go with the abundance of caution? No, 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 EcoHealth Alliance hired the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They paid Ralph Barrick and Xi Jinping Li to do this. I'm sorry. I want to, we're having money. Just give us a second. Just wanted to go back and forth. I want to make sure that I understand Aaron's point here. So, my point is that prior to the pandemic, we had pandemic plans in place. We had 
uh, papers from all the way back in 2016 from the very best epidemiologists and virologists and infectious specialists in the world saying lockdowns, masks, school closures, all these things are a bad idea for a respiratory virus, uh, whether influenza or something analogous to influenza. We threw out all of that decades of experience and learning and decided to reinvent the wheel and claiming that lockdowns and school closures were an abundance of caution. They weren't. They were an abundance of reckless. Uh, you're, you're jumping ahead, Aaron. Harms. I'm talking about your commentary around people knew exactly what to do. Suleiman just gave us a timeline. Are you telling me that when we first started seeing cases in New York, we knew exactly what to do? Uh, I still ask we, why the timeline leaves out the CDC, the very institution that we have spent a num in numerous amounts of money to prepare all this crap. Why did we just throw that out the window? Well, well because the pandemic, the team was gutted. But yeah, we did know what to do in terms of, of we knew exactly what to do. We, we did not know. How, so, for example, we, we're, we're acting like we knew exactly how this virus no, was transmitted. We no, we knew what the pandemic response would be. But we had literally gotten rid of our pandemic response funding That's and team. No, I mean, you know, this is just is this is just hackery we're hearing now. Billions baby. of dollars in funding. I mean, that's just hackery. So, Aaron, you had event two hundred one, event two hundred one in November two thousand and nineteen. Actually, October the nineteenth, two thousand and nineteen. You all met up. Bill Gates met up with the CDC, with the FDA, with everybody else in two thousand and nineteen, and did an epidemic preparedness event based on a bat coronavirus in which the takeaway was a cuddly coronavirus toy. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all are we on record. Being that Bill Gates made the virus? Jesus. Uh, can, we, can we just well, get back? No, that's not what she's saying. That's not what she's saying. I know pandemic she's, plan gets she, thrown she, she down every the deep end a little bit. Yeah, but the point the she's other making frustrating is thing about pandemic preparedness. Hold on, hold on. Everyone, just two secs. Sorry. Ian, Ian, go first. And then Jordan, just to respond. You were responding to Money Penny's point. Ian, do you want to go ahead? And then Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to I just want to briefly say that I know Money Penny has a tendency to go off sometimes on, you know, somewhat conspiratorial stuff. But what she's referring to is the fact that they have done pandemic preparedness. And this was one of those instances. So they knew what to do. There is a plan in place. Otherwise, they wouldn't be conducting these exercises. She's not saying that Bill Gates released a virus or anything like that happened, right? That's not what she's saying at all. She's saying that they are simply prepared to do it and they know what to do, you know, like how to deal with it. We Like, this is stuff that's been done for years and years and years. There's, you know, there's plans going back to like 2000, Operation Dark Winter, right? That's one example where they talk about a biological attack. Obviously, it's never happened in history, but there is a plan in place based on the uh, outcomes of these exercises. It's like war games every single year with the military, right? It's it's no different than that. So the idea that, you know, the U.S. government wasn't prepared, there was, this was a completely new scenario. No, that's not true at all. Anyway, I want to, I, I think we should go to Tom. Uh, He's got a lot to say here. Yeah, I'll get, just, if, Tom, do you mind if I get Jordan as well, just to kind of comment on Money Penny's point? Then we'll go to uh, Bernard as well has been waiting. And then, of course, we'll go back to Tom and Aaron. Yeah, uh, go not, ahead, Jordan. It's, it's not like a pandemic plan. It's something that's sitting in the White House desk that gets thrown in the trash can. These are entities, not, not only in your county, but in your state, all the way up to the CDC, that literally spend their time mapping out what's right or what's wrong, what's doable and what's not doable, and actually have it codified legally. And then they just threw that out the window. And Fauci is the one that threw it out. I don't know that he was appointed, but he was willing to accept the role 
of the institution that isn't his institution. It's like asking uh, a, 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 a orthopedist to take over for a neurosurgery case. I mean, these are totally different entities, and he's the one that put his hand up, and he shouldn't have ever put his hand up. Bernard? Yeah, thanks, Mario. I don't know where to start. There's so much here. Um, I would like to go back to some of the finger pointing that, that was happening, and just to make it quite clear, um, we spent a lot of time pointing the finger at China, and rightfully so. Uh, but what I think is getting missed here is that uh, then and now, uh, the NIH and the U.S. government entities that were involved in the uh, research that was going on in the Wuhan lab have not have been anything but transparent, and have actually been obstructionists. When it comes to getting this, this information and at the time when the pandemic first happened, you would have thought that all information would have been very helpful in trying to figure out what exactly was going on, particularly as it pertained to research that was going on there looking at uh, chimeric viruses. And so the fact that we still are getting stonewalled on that data today indicates that there is a coordinated plan to obstruct anyone who wants to get further information on this, on on the origins of the, of the pandemic and the and also the fact that the information that we've had thus far has only been released on four-year requests and, and and inquiries done by government and private entities indicates that they are not operating in, in the on the best interest of the public because again this is very important information it would have been more important back then but now it's still relevant and you know, in, in terms of everyone saying that we need to kind of get over it and and figure out how do we prevent the next pandemic, I agree. But there was no recourse that that was done, and in fact, uh, uh, Eco Health Alliance has gotten multiple more millions of dollars from the U.S. government, and and there's been no no actual reckoning of what happened there. And we're totally susceptible to the next pandemic, and the NIH and the U.S. government is not doing it doing us a service by de delving into this and coming up with a, a plan to prevent this in the future. Mario, can I briefly interrupt? I'm going to just go through the... <laughs> can, I, can I briefly, uh, briefly, yeah, yeah. briefly interrupt? This oh, is a breaking story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, breaking shit. Yeah, okay. so Tucker Carlson just released footage of uh, January uh, 6th showing the QAnon shaman, you know, the guy in the, uh, the barbarian suit, being escorted by police throughout the U.S. Capitol. So this completely throws the whole narrative that he invaded the Capitol, that he charged into the, uh, uh, you know, the, what was it, the Senate or the House, right? Like the, he walked into one of the rooms and then he started, you know, like being a, a, a menace. No, the, the footage shows police escorting him to the entire building into that room. Guys, this is huge. I, I urge you to uh, retreat the police, it. It's the in police the, actually uh, took him into the room again. What's that? Sorry, Simon. The police actually took him into the room. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Are you sure? Yeah, look at the footage. It's in the top there. Yeah, I, I'm watching it right now again, like for the second time. And like, I but maybe, uh, maybe they, maybe he, like, they took him out and then put him back. I don't know. I don't know the no. story at all. So I'm just talking out, just guessing here. No, watch the footage, man. Like, all this right, well, let's. Really uh... Blows the whole narrative out of proportion. I mean, not out of proportion. Like, blows it out of the water. Sorry. Yeah. It's okay. not so, like we believe, I mean, not we, but, you know, most people 
believing, you know, the official narrative was that this man was, you know, an insurrectionist, that he was out of control, you know, the whole thing was out of control. Now it's looking more and more like it was staged. Staged? Uh, or over-exaggerated? I think staged is pretty extreme as a term. I think exaggerated would be a good way to word it, but like this in particular, you know, he being the face of the insurrection, so to speak, this was staged. Yeah, he's probably. What, CIA. what do you think this guy's fake, and they actually put him in there? Yeah. I don't think he's, he's fake. I think he's a useful he's idiot. Like I actually know CIA. people who know him. I know him. I know people who know him. They say he's a that he's essentially a good person, but he's a troubled person. And so I think they used him. They used him. Um, Aaron, did you want to add anything to that before we we go back to the discussion? No, that's I, it. I, don't wanna, I don't want to speculate on things. Uh, yeah, that, uh, you know, I, I haven't watched the video. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't honestly. I don't care that much about January sixth. Uh, everyone gets all worked up about it, but um, yeah, I think we should let those poor people out of jail that are sitting there without a trial because there's this thing called due process and there's this thing called the writ of habeas corpus that our constitution guarantees certain rights. And then you know we need to move on as a country. But yeah. Anyway, let's well, get back. I mean, to we, we've been we've been suing in federal court for almost two years now, trying to get access to these videos and these emails. And the Pelosi Congress had said that they weren't, uh, they had sovereign immunity. We couldn't sue. And if we could, even if we could, they weren't public records. And, you know, if they're public records weren't important enough to release. And this shows that was a big lie and, and that Pelosi was covering up and they were selectively releasing videos to advance a narrative and to try to get their political opponents thrown in jail. And, um, uh, the idea that they haven't been held accountable for that yet is is beyond me. Right. So I'm just going to read from this because, again, it just implicates uh, Dr. Foshi a bit, a little bit. So it says, evidence released by the select subcommittee suggests Dr. Foshi prompted the publication that would disprove the lab leak theory. The authors of the paper skewed evidence to achieve that goal. This indicates um, Dr. Foshi pressured scientists to disregard <laughs> the lab leak theory. Although supporters of Dr. Foshi argue, although supporters of Dr. Foshi argue that scientists did their duty and followed the evidence. In August 2021, Scripps Research said Dr. Anderson's views evolved consistent with the evidence at his disposal. This indicates Dr. Fauci was doing his job as a scientist. But then we had the email from Dr. Anderson that explicitly stated their intentions. Our main work over the last couple of weeks has been focused on trying to disprove any type of lab leak theory. Is this following the science or making the science follow you? Um, In February 2020, just to balance it out a bit, Dr. Anderson wrote to Nature and said that the research was prompted by Dr. Fauci, but in the same email, he said that they were told to provide agnostic and scientifically informed hypotheses around the origins of the virus. In July 2021, Dr. Anderson told the New York Times that they found COVID was engineered, but he, at that time, he claimed Sorry, but he claimed they then looked at COVID in bats and pangolins to dispel this idea. But then the problem with that was when Dr. Anderson, 
But the question is, why did Dr. Anderson make this claim? In 2020, so before this, when he was going through the peer-reviewed process to publish in Nature, he said the following, there is no evidence on present data that pangolin coughs are directly related to COVID-19. So, uh, Dr. Danish, what's your thoughts on this? Because what it seems to indicate is, one, that Dr. Farchi was completely complicit in ensuring that this paper happened. Number two, that this narrative was forced and they said that this is their objective to do so. And the third thing was that basically uh, when it came to the natural uh, release of the virus, that was debunked a lot earlier. So I don't think that any of the stuff that you just read said that. I mean, uh, so again, step by step, there's, yes, uh, they that Anderson said, hey, my job was to disprove the lab leak theory. There's an email from Fauci saying very clearly, we want you to stay, uh, you know, agnostic here. And so this is one person saying that they understood their role to be something which Fauci clearly didn't tell them. I mean, this is, it, it feels like we're making a lot out of nothing. I mean, I'm just being honest right now. It's a, I, I feel like there's a narrative that has been clearly established. It's easy to, to, Again, Fauci has made tons of mistakes. I think most doctors will say Fauci has made tons of mistakes. I, I just don't think this is it. So you don't what, think knowing, knowingly pushing a false, no, knowingly pushing false information that you knew had good faith uh, opponents and, and suggesting they shouldn't be able to speak? Well, you know, uh, again, even I think the suppression being... of information is 100%. Tom, you're right. Uh, uh, let me be very clear. Suppressing other voices was definitely incorrect. How about that? Well, but I, mean, this specific I mean, how is that not deplorable? I mean, you're suggesting it's not a big deal. No, I'm saying this part of the, there's two parts of things that happen. One part is the suppression of other voices. What Aaron was referring to earlier, which I actually do agree is completely uh, unreasonable. And the other is him telling people to go and find out whether the lab leak theory was 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 there or not in an email literally saying the words that was read by Suleiman about being agnostic and then being and this part of it to me is not the issue fauci act and burks and the rest of the institution actively suppressing any other narrative deplorable i'm just saying this part of it this specific part of it to me uh, is dr anderson stated our main work over the last couple of weeks this is in february of 2020 yeah i've been focused on quote trying to disprove yes any type of lab theory the, this, was the not an honest, uh, this was not an honest analysis. This was a political response to the negative news that it had merged out of Wuhan, possibly from the lab. And if that were the case, it was likely through U.S. It's funding the to gain a function. And so to suggest anything other than that, to me, yeah. I think it bel is belied by the circumstantial evidence and these documents. In the same email... Uh, Dr. Anderson said that he that they were told to provide agnostic and scientifically informed hypotheses around the origins of the virus. I mean, dude. Like, yeah, but but Dr. Dinesh, what, what but, else but that doesn't tell you there? anything. Because that just we, says, we know... I mean, what should would he have been told to, to pr provide obviously fake scientific analysis? Well, of course, you're going to try to. Agnostic is dishonest in this context. Books, too. 
you know, he had meetings with these guys off the books, like like Dr. Barrick. I mean, I think Prodigal threw it in the nest earlier. You know, he, he stated in front of Congress, you know, he had this loose relationship with Barrick, didn't even really know him. And then we find out that in, that in February, you know, they spent two hours in an off the records meeting that was only dug up in, in um, you know, FOIA requests. And so, you know, we know that they were sitting there literally talking about chimeric viruses. That's, you know, according to, to Barrick himself and you know, the uh, I think it was even like Slack chats that were released in this in this FOIA. So, you know, to say that that Anderson is stating that, yes, it was agnostic. We don't know what the conversations he had behind the scenes with Dr. Fauci were. But we don't. We, the, the we other do thing know to is add that to this that. email ain't it. I mean, like, I'm just not I'm sorry. There's a lot of other much worse things that have happened. You know uh, uh, what Aaron is discussing around ventilators. I have heard that I've not seen the actual evidence, but that's way worse. The, the fact that Fauci said not to wear masks in the beginning, that was a huge mistake that honestly, on its own, is enough to, to say, hey, look, he should have been fired on that decision. I, I, just, don't Dennis, think I just want to fact decision. check. I just want to fact check what you said. That email wasn't the same email. So the email where he says our job is to try and disprove any lab leak theory was on the February the 8th. And Anderson sent that email to a professor in uh, Germany for infection research. So that was a separate one. The letter, the email where he sends to Nature, because he wants to get published, he's not going to say, I'm biased when he's going to get published. That was four days later, and that was to Nature saying that we're being agnostic. You yes, again, other the point is to no different finish. to me. Yeah, well, there is there is one, one major point here, is that you and I have, have both been involved in research, how often do you go to the table saying, okay, here's what the data looks like? Because one of the first things we have for, from Anderson is him saying, based on the data, and you have to look at the genetics. That's what he's saying. If you look at the genetics, there is a problem. It doesn't look like it follows from anything we know about evolution. Okay, so to go from that position to the position he, he moved to in four days... As you've already stated, no new information was coming out of China. So what part changed in his assessment over the ensuing short days? I mean, this is not a long time to analyze it. And the other thing to add to this is the conflict of interest here. Just to put all the cards on the table is that when you for anyone else on the call, I don't know everyone else's history here, but being a recipient of a federal grant from the government. There are many hoops you have to jump through and you know who your funding agencies are and you know what they want from you. And so the fact that Anderson did turn in something that was more um, compliant, it redounded to his benefit because he captured double the grant money, which is no small thing when that's your career, that's your life. Now it's not enough yeah, I was going to say, say, you're implicating know, a lot right, of no, things no, no, about someone's no, character. No, 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 I'm not. No, that's right. Let me finish and say, that's not enough to impugn and say we, we can, you know, s sort of get inside his head and know what his motives are. But what I, I, it is worth mentioning that there are conflicts of interest in everyone who is involved in pinning the letter of proximal origins. And you can't, you're the one who already stated, and I agree with you. And so does the State Department. But Kyle, they, they Kyle, based in. on what you said, isn't that isn't that arguing that basically all people in academia have a conflict of interest? Because most of them are getting grants, aren't they, for their work research? 
No, no, I don't, I don't think it's okay. So, uh, no, because again, a lot of the the grant proposals would be based on a particular set of criteria. Like, here's our here's the state of the art research in this area. Here's our proposed hypothesis. Here's here's our research hypothesis. Here's the null hypothesis, which is usually that there isn't a phenomenon. And your research hypothesis is that, okay, we think there's a phenomenon. So the, the whole thing is, is backwards. And I'm saying our own State Department is agreeing. Our, our spokesperson for the State Department came out a couple days ago in light of the Department of Energy's assessment and said, hey, you know what? The main reason why we can't offer more input from all of our three-letter agencies is because we're continuously being stonewalled by China. Dr. Danish, just because just to balance this out, I'm still not getting the timeline because on February the 1st, they have this information that the where this could have come from is a variety of different methods, whether it's lab league, genetically modified or natural. And then February the 4th, they go for their publication. And then February the 8th, he's saying here, we've been told to disprove the lab league theory. So one week after they already know other things are possible. So, I mean, if you so, can explain so, that to me. Can I slow him on? You just said it in a certain way. I'm going to say it in a completely different way. It'll be helpful because I think that it's a leading question and I don't think it's a fair question. So I'm going to say it in a different way. So in that way, we can get to the same point. The point is that there was an implication and a hypothesis was, was uh, mentioned, which was, hey, maybe this is a lab leak. And maybe the week later, they said, hey, maybe we should look into this. Hey, somebody go figure out whether there's a lab leak. It's probably not, but just make sure that it's not. And like, couldn't that also be what happened here? No, but isn't that last, at all possible? Last, no, no. So your last bit, where was that in the emails? Because I'm not getting that. So cause on the first, It is an email of the February the 2nd one, the one that I read out earlier. It actually, that's why he calls in the FBI and MI5, that point that they say, we're not sure. And two of the experts that uh, uh, put them in touch with, disputed it, said this can't be natural because we can see the furin cleavage and the nucleotide sequence. It's in the email of the 2nd of February. Yeah, yeah. So you're just adding to my point, Moneypenny, because I'm saying on the 1st and the 2nd now, based on what you said, they're not sure. It could be either three. And then on the 8th, he says, we've been told to dispel the lab theory. So your answer didn't answer that question. So if you can There's a maybe... transaction that takes place between the 2nd and the 8th that I can't prove. That's why I'm not talking about it. But it's been reported by several different sources. A three million transaction to Anderson and the other scientists okay. took right. place as a grant from the NIH, NIAID. I cannot prove it. That's why I haven't mentioned it. No, and that's fair. Can I, I move again, the direction? You know, we're implicating a lot of things about these people. Again, the point is that could it not be possible that this came across the desk they said, hey, look, again, there was a prevailing narrative at that time. And they were just saying, hey, look, this is probably nothing. Let's look into it. Anderson, go. It could be. Uh, before you go, can I just face. say that there's another new video that shows Officer Brian Sicknick walking around the U.S. Capitol after the media claimed he was killed outside of the building Jeez. from being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. So he was not killed outside at all. That was a lie that was put out by the media. Uh, the new footage actually shows him walking around and he, um, yeah, he's just walking around. He died later that day and it appeared to be unrelated to anything that happened in the Capitol. So, so Ian, he just happened to die? Uh, yeah, he died the next day of natural causes. Yeah, yeah. 
of that natural he had, cause. Yeah, he had like asthma. Jesus. If we could, uh, uh-huh. if we could, Tom, but Tom, Tom, Tom he was a question, victim of being interrupted. Tom, so can, can, is it possible, based on what Dr. Danish said, you have a scenario where 1st of February, 2nd of February, they think all these things are possible, but we don't have emails for the next few days, and they decide, you know what, lab leak theory is incorrect. It has very yeah. low possibility, well, so let's disprove well, it. There's no, but there's no science that kind of emerges from that time period or even afterwards to to suggest they had a good faith reason to veer as quickly as they did. And certainly in April, they were still collecting information, and desperately so, about their activities with Wuhan. So they they even haven't dismissed it, even despite that that article that they pushed out or helped push out. So, I mean, it, it, this gain of function was a front and center for them for the first part of the year, and you know, and it never dissipated. And it's because they knew. I mean, you know, the conclusion is the circumstantial evidence is powerful and can't be dismissed uh, that they had a personal interest here because they had approved these grants for the potential origin of the virus. And, you know, if there's a lab leak, the, the, what follows from that is that, you know, it's not a, a one for one, ex, um, you know, it's not for certain, but it's it, much more likely that it was the result of engineering. And if and that engineering wouldn't have taken place without U.S. funding. I can evidence the editor of The Lancet was pulled into the British Parliament and asked to talk on record. ...investigative body to study the most important biological event of the last 100 years. You don't send the person holding the contract to investigate his own subcontractee. This is just the idea that, okay, in fact... Um, I can give you a good example. When I'm playing hide-and-go-seek with my toddler, you know what? It's very easy for me not to find her. And you know why that is? It's because I know exactly where not to look. She's so clumsy at hiding, I can see her feet sticking out from under the table, so to speak. So I know in order to play the game, don't look under the table because the game would immediately be over. So what you do in a situation like this, this is not a conspiracy. It's just if this is my subcontractor and I know I'm about to get all kinds of heat for malfeasance, biosecurity, biosafety issues, I go and I look where it isn't. And that's precisely what happened here, which is why even in the follow up, when Dr. Sachs comes forward and says he didn't even know when he was putting together the investigation that Peter Daszak had this many conflicts of interest. It's just like well, the least likely person. Do you would you get OJ to go investigate the scene of the crime? It's well, I mean, it's even, it's even worse than that. I mean, that the program was done under the or under the rules set by China. We have a WHO briefing package sent on February 13, twenty twenty, to NIH officials traveling to China as part of this big, uh, you know, task force. Important. Please treat this as sensitive and not for public communications till we have agreed communications with China. Um, they have emails including a conversation about confidentiality forms between Lane and uh, the WHO technical officer. These forms this time are tailored to China's terms, so we cannot use the ones before. Uh, so these confidentiality issues are... Um, set by China. 
So they agreed to keeping China's confidences before they traveled there. And we still don't know what they're writing based Tom, on those agreements. Tom, that, see, see, this is what, this is what angers me. I mean, everyone's viewing this through their ideological lens. Okay. The U.S. has just as much blame as China. And, and, and if I'm a country, especially if, if I'm a, a global South country looking at China and looking at the U.S., I'm like, fuck both of y'all. Because both both China and both the U.S. Uh, were were involved in gain of function research, and both of them were covering their ass. And so to simply sit here and point the finger at China when when the U.S. just ha- has just as much culpability and is not investigating their own shit that that is insane. So so uh, I, I, yes, China w- w- was 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 uh, implicated in this, but the U.S. has done no better, and and we're we're three plus years away from the pandemic and we're still fighting to get information from our own government so so before we even talk about china let's clean up our own shit first please well Amen, i mean it's brother. a it's a con you know you can't get one place without getting through the other too so uh, it's uh, a, yes you can we have more, more control over our government than we have over china's government well and the, and the that, point that, is that, 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 that we're not holding our government officials uh, accountable and getting that information out so that we could get to the bottom of this would be helpful. Then the fact well, that the accountability would be a lot more easy. It would be more easy. Would be easier if the Chinese have been more forthcoming. Generally, I, I, I mean, actually, every, actually, it would be easier to find out what the fuck we were doing in that lab. The the, the fact that that we found out about the 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 research on the MERS virus, that the chimer the chimer the chimer that they were doing because yeah. we had to do for for uh, uh, independent uh, uh, lab had to do forensic evidence on on rice. Um, uh, the rice genome to get that information to, to then backtrack and figure out that's what was going on over there is ridiculous. And, and, but we and so subcontracted change, the Chinese to do the, the work. Of the we subcontracted them. We paid them. The American government subcontracted the Chinese because they were experts in doing back coronavirus work. That's the yeah. whole point. It's all in the documents that are in the link above. EcoHealth Alliance paid directly the Wuhan Institute, Xi Li, and several other Chinese institutions, universities, scientists, going back years and years because they were the experts. And as Andrew Huff said, it wasn't because you had a financial transaction issue with the Chinese. It was because you wanted to see what they were doing and learn from their expertise in this type of research. Well, that's a charitable interpretation in some respects because I think they knew they were up to no good and they saw this as an opportunity to get an insight by funding the actual activity they were nervous about, uh, yeah. which well, is the no, no, function that, that activity. That's not the case because China learned uh, how, how to do reverse engineering from us. Okay. They, well, the they, point, they did the not point have is the we knew, we knew what they were up to uh, when we were we nervous about that. it, yet we. We were funding them while spying on them at the same time. That's what the documents show. And okay. if I could just change the direction of the, 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 the point is the, the point is that, that that we were at the at front and center with with all of this going on in Wuhan. I, I agree. And, I mean, and, 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 and then, and then our, our government officials this. did not act in good faith, and they're still not acting in good faith. So, so you're still here, sitting here, pointing the finger at China. Well, when, when, when you're, I, you're I, I, look, I'm, I'm pointing my, I'm, I'm highlighting the documents. Don't lecture yeah, well, me well, about what we're the, doing. The I mean, we're, we're, we're in, co- what, are you that, in that, court that, trying that, to get that, records about what went on, what the U.S. government's doing? Have you been spending resources to get, pursue multiple cases of lawsuits and reviewing hundreds of thousands of documents about the U.S. involvement in this issue? No, no, and then no, no, educating I people but, but, but about it? Don't lecture me about it. 
I'm pointing my fingers where they deserve to be pointed. The Chinese are bad actors, and we have almost separately, without Judicial Watch, we wouldn't know about our activities in China that you're yelling about. So don't lecture me about it. Much appreciated, Tom. Let's move on quickly to, uh, you know, one of the other issues, Mario, we have with Fauci, I would add to the list, is his contempt and and crazed objection to finding treatments in the midst of the ep- ep- epidemic. And we just got documents showing these um, British experts had desperately tried to reach out to them, recommending iver- uh, ivermectin. And, I, you know, we can argue the debate there. But what's interesting is, so they reach out with the recommendation, is sent to top FDA people. They send it along to Collins and Fauci. And you know what they did? They blacked out all their responses. So there was this good faith recommendation. And rather than respond, or at least allow Americans to see how they responded, they blacked it all out. So Absolutely. that's another reason that that's Fauci is treated with such The European prosecutor is taking the Pfizer-Moderna guys to court because of the amount of redaction on a lot of the documents that changed hands. You've probably seen it. It's been widely televised. And the other thing to note is that on the DARPA documents that are also in the link above – they already knew the vaccines would be pretty much worthless other than for very high risk and elderly individuals. It states that in the actual paperwork from DARPA, from the DOD, when they knew of the virus, that they knew the vaccines would have very little effect at an early stage before 29th of January, before the world was even aware of it. So, Tom, I just want to understand a little bit, uh, kind of going kind of going back to your point around Fauci and his contempt for other treatments. Are you, are you suggesting similar to money penny that this had to do with the EUA application? Um, Well, that has come up in other documents. It's very interesting. I don't know if I've released, we've released those yet. Um, No, I mean, I, I just see this as it's hard to tell what the basis of it is other than this kind of, general approach that there was this contempt for trump's efforts to figure out treatments and um you know their view was that treatments got in the way with the the panicked approach they were suggesting to the covid shutdown aaron what do you think tom it was is that 2020 was geared toward 2021 and what i mean by that is Early treatments, the possibility that early treatments might work. And again, I don't want to get into that debate because I don't know that research well enough. But the possibility that it might work was shut down because the solution had to be vaccines. And there's a very clear as day, crystalline clear conflict of interest there. And that's that the NAID co-owns the patent on the Moderna vaccine. But but Aaron, they they use steroids. They use four. Well, Steroids were not a threat to. Why weren't they a threat? If, if any treatment, the vaccines, right? Then why because, is there? Because steroids are given to people in the ICU, and the vaccines were meant to be given to every individual on the planet. Oh, so the concern was that the early treatment was not was was a preventative treatment. I'm a little bit confused because I, I, I is there yeah. a, a line no, at the, which? If, if you it, look at the data on early treatment, ivermectin and uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine. As far as I can tell, the studies, studies that were negative on those generally 
dose them later in the course of the illness. They don't seem to work very well once you're hospitalized. The studies that were positive seem to be you dose them either literally prophylactically, like take ivermectin once a week, or you take it at the earliest onset of symptoms or a positive test. And those studies, by and large, tend to be tend to be positive. So if you have if you have an early treatment that actually treats uh, treats the illness uh, sufficiently that you don't really get sick or you certainly you don't get sick enough to be hospitalized, um, that that removes the legal justification for an emergency use authorization for vaccines. But, you know, beyond that, just just favoring one particular treatment over another because you happen to co-own the patent on it um, is a clear conflict of interest. And Fauci did the same thing. It's the same playbook he had back in the HIV AIDS days. Uh, the, The early AIDS advocates, the LGBT community, the gay community back in the early 1980s, they all hated Fauci. Why? Because he pushed toxic AZT uh, and other drugs that were still on patent. Vaccines. Information and, and uh, attempted for decades to make an AIDS vaccine. That, that project is still failed, but he's dumped who knows how much money into that failed project. But early treatments like repurposed drugs like Bactrim, which we now know are actually effective at treating AIDS and not toxic like AZT, he suppressed that. And the, the people on the people on the ground who were doing the same thing, tried just try to help people with AIDS in, in the early days when, you know, when things were a mess and people were desperate for something. Uh, you know, he he did the exact same thing back then. And the people who went through that, you know, it's not political, both sides of the political spectrum. In fact, you know, that's going to be mostly people on the left who were dealing with um you know, with the gay community that was disproportionately impacted by that illness. They hate Fauci because he did the exact same thing back then that he did to early treatment with COVID. It's the same playbook. Um, so yeah. Just before you respond, uh, Dan- uh, Danish, um, I do want to say to everyone that the, the, what um, uh, Ian told us earlier about the – Ian will be back with us shortly just watching the videos about the January 6th tapes – um, we're in a few minutes. We'll be covering them here. We've got a few speakers coming in, and the team is putting out a thread. So you'll see it tweeted on my account in a few seconds. It'll be a live thread. I think it's currently ongoing on Fox. So we'll be updating the highlights here. Um, but it seems to be pretty major. It's like video after video. I, I don't know much about the oh, January six uh, really? riots. Um, well, the videos yeah, seemingly tend to undermine Mario. The, I mean, there were. You have to think of the the disturbance at the Capitol as multiple incidents happening, right? There was that severe violence and confrontation on what is called the West Front in that tunnel. You had the kind of the police get out of control by lobbing tear grenades and gas grenades for no good reason, agitating the crowd. And then you had the violence associated with that in the tunnel, which was horrible. But then you had... a bit of a, a little bit of violence on the east end but a lot of those who had entered were entered in a nonviolent manner and then acted in a nonviolent manner in the capital so there was a political interest in highlighting the violence and those incidents but not highlighting the other incidents where people were seemingly exercising their first amendment protest rights in an innocent fashion yet were targeted and so there was a political interest and a legal interest in hiding that information from the courts and the public as they are pursuing, in many ways, the most egregious political campaign against political opponents by federal law enforcement 
uh, in modern history. Uh, so I want to get Ian and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Matthias. You guys have been watching this carefully, Matthias. You broke it to us uh, along with Ian. Um, so maybe, guys, you can summarize exactly what we've seen and and try to give us the the facts of what we know and what we just saw and what it could mean. Uh, that would be great. Sure. I think uh, to quickly summarize what we've seen so far in uh, Tucker's show, and I think he makes the argument very well, is that January 6th, the so-called insurrection, was dramatized for the American public. This was uh, done using uh, manipulated footage. A lot of the audio was dubbed in. Right? The surveillance footage does not have audio. They added that in. And uh, people like Ray Epps, who you know have been caught on video, telling people to go into the Capitol, uh, lied in their testimony because, the, you know, in, during the January 6th hearings, he told Congress that he had left the grounds um, by the time he had sent messages to his nephew, bragging about orchestrating at least part of the, uh, uh, the so-called insurrection. And yet, the footage shows, Tucker manages to show this, uh, that he was there on the grounds for at least 30 more minutes. So he lied. And this, uh, he, he's not facing any charges at all. Whereas people who walked into the Capitol in the instance of, uh, uh Jacob Chansey, the, uh, so-called, uh, what, what's he called? The, uh, barbarian or whatever, right? The guy, the wolf's head. Uh, he was, you can see him walk, being walked through the Capitol peacefully by police officers. So that's very interesting. And he's facing a lot of charges. He could face years and years and years in prison. He has been languishing in jail, in prison in DC. For the same amount of time that we've, you know, that this whole thing has been going on, so there's a lot of questions here, and uh, I think the public demands a lot of answers because if they're going to stage a trial, uh, one that is being done for the uh, purpose of dramatizing this whole thing, I mean, what's the uh, what's the end goal? It's obviously, you know, I think a lot of people are going to answer this themselves, but uh, it's obviously to take away Americans' rights, you know, and to uh, delegitimize uh, former President Donald Trump. But Mateus, I think the the second one is is probably a more valid one. That taking rights, you know, using it against Trump could be a, um, a an explanation that would make sense to me. But Mateus, what what do you think about um, you know, what else is there in the in the videos? Um, well, I think at the top, I want to start by saying I I would hope everyone here agrees that what occurred on January sixth was was not something that we that we think of as okay whether or not it was a violent insurrection i it's there's no evidence to suggest that but it was in fact uh it did become a a a demonstration that was unlawful what tucker carlson revealed in these uh newly released and unedited clips um basically exposed the fact i think the the largest uh takeaway from the hour-long special and there's going to be a second installment of these tapes tomorrow night on Tucker's show um, basically highlights the January 6th committee's manufacturing of the story that they wanted the American public to know. Something specifically that stood out to me was a video clip of Senator Josh Hawley that they used. um, And the Senator is running out of the Senate chambers during uh, while people have already breached through the Capitol. And we, he explained that there were a few agitators at the front that breached and then the hundreds of other people that were in there were moseying about pretty peacefully, which which he documented as well. But this clip of Josh Hawley 
uh, was singled out by the January 6th committee as proof that he was kind of running away from his own people. Um, and it became a mockery in the room. It was, it was, there was audible laughter um, in the hearing room uh, by journalists and other people. And it became this large talking point. So what the video showed, the unedited portion, was that Senator Hawley was one of the last senators and, uh, and members of the, the, you know, senators had their aides and other staff uh, to leave. And uh, they were all running and being instructed to run by police. Um, so I think that it shows you the, the kind of uh, it, people call the January 6th committee a show trial. And I think that that um, provides evidence to that more than more than not. Additionally, um, there's a, a dishonest framing, saw. right? It's a dishonest framing of what actually happened on the, that day. Correct. When you don't show the people an entire clip of something and you use a specific segment uh, to try and gain a certain um, a certain opinion from the people, that's it's ingenuine. Additionally, um, an officer did die around the time of January 6th, and, it, and originally he was reported to have been killed by rioters uh, via a head wound. His name was Officer Brian Sicknick, and regardless of how he was killed, we should all uh, mourn a law enforcement officer's death. But um, Tucker refutes statements of when he was uh, allegedly involved in that incident that, that led to his fatality um, by providing video evidence that he was alive and, and wearing extreme protective gear um, at a certain point in the day's events that don't line up with the testimony that the um, committee gave. So I think that it, overall, um, tend to take things. Yeah, Matthias, your mic, your mic. Okay, you're back. Yeah, go ahead. Some people tend to take things a little too far at some points, whether that be on the extreme right or on the extreme left. I think that what what you saw today was um, clear evidence that the American public needs to see more unedited footage from what occurred inside the Capitol on January 6th. Um, I've got, um, Sleiman is going through it now, so he'll be, Tucker says the video Tucker. that he's released is, demolishes the claim that it was an insurrection. And, um, you know, certainly the video, as I said, you know, as I highlighted, there were violent incidents associated with the January 6th protest. It doesn't mean the protest were all was completely violent and was insurrectionist, as has been widely disseminated, which has been pushed by the Justice Department. And people are being told to, you know, disavow their disputing, you know, their ideas about the election in criminal trials in order to get weaker, lower sentences from federal judges. I mean, this is a terrible assault, not only on our our First Amendment rights, but on our rights to petition our government and such through this false narrative that have been put out by the Pelosi Congress and the Biden Justice Department. I mean, they're trying to criminalize opposition uh, to the Biden administration. Uh, these are dangerous times for our republic in that regard. Tom, can I ask you a question? Uh, how many protests occurred on January 6th across America? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. 
So, so there was widespread protests across America on January 6th, California, actually in Los Angeles, because I have a family member who was protesting actually during January 6th against election fraud in California, um, and specifically in Southern California. Uh, there was no detentions there. Uh, there was no detentions really anywhere else across America but Washington, D.C., in the January 6th in front of the Capitol. No, I, you know, so I, had I, no, I, just, I think that's an important, because if you're saying... No, I think it's a good I, point. Hold it's, on, Tom, let me finish. If yeah. you're suggesting that all protests that occurred on January 6th, if you're, because what you're suggesting is political opposition to the Biden administration is being criminalized by the Biden administration, I think it's important to highlight that there was actually mass protests across America on January 6th, but where we saw the actual detention and where there was detention. And most of these detentions happened after January 6th. Most of these detentions occurred subsequently when they had arrest warrants and people were set on trial. Where are the people who stormed the Capitol? There were people who were in Washington, uh, D.C. Well, who what do you mean stormed? Who, who stormed? What are you talking about stormed? Well, I mean, I think we can all look at the videos. I think we can, too. And we can also look at who's been charged and the nature of the charges almost all of which are misdemeanors, and they don't talk about storming. They talk about unlawful parading. I mean, it's absurd to suggest that the targeting of uh, the Biden DOJ is just the violent protesters. I don't think there'd be much objection if that were the case. What's going on here is targeting uh, for prosecution of a fe- at the federal level the type of protests that have gone on for, since time immemorial here in Washington, D.C., which is unlawful parading, in federal buildings. I attended the Kavanaugh hearings. I was there at both times where I was witness to violence and intimidation and disruption to the effort to confirm United States justice by this, by the United States Senate. And those folks were escorted, arrested after, after resisting arrest outside the building, given $50 tickets, and some of them got back in and got arrested again. And there was no similar law enforcement action against the groups responsible for that effort to disrupt and, and intimidate. How, how much, how much damages did those protesters cause that you're saying, suggesting how much damages to the, to the capital? Oh, is that the basis for through? it now? Is that, is that your new argument? There uh, was I'm damage? just wondering because I, I'm, I remember January you know, this 6th. Is, that's not a serious, that's not a serious question. So, I don't so, answer so that. breaking, because I think this is the, uh, this is the issue, right? Because I go back to the original question. How many protesters were detained across America related to the January 6th protests outside of the Capitol. There was none. There was there, Nobody was detained. Nobody was arrested outside of the Capitol. The people who have been charged were those that not only... Because one thing I agree with you, Tom. I, one thing is if you manage to do a sit-in inside of Congress during a proceeding, that's fine. Another thing that is completely different is people breaking windows inside Congress, going multiple areas inside Congress, causing damages, having people sit in Nancy Pelosi's office, multiple Congress. You know, you're just highlighting, you're just highlighting my point. But that's what makes this one different. That's the the highlighting what you're suggesting. I didn't suggest anyone who engaged in vandalism or anything or violence get let off. I was suggesting that there were people engaged in nonviolent activity that may have potentially been criminal it's, that are being targeted that otherwise would not have been targeted because of the politics of it, not because of it was an insurrection, but because of the politics. Uh-huh. They supported the wrong politicians and they had the, 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 the hammer of the Justice Department 
come down on them. In addition to that, we have other First Amendment protected activity, such as uh, uh, electors disputes in the states, state activity, state legislators who are examining this issue, also being prim- criminally investigated by the Biden Justice Department. So don't suggest that this is about vandalization or violence. It has nothing to do with about it. It's about policy disputes and a dispute about an election and trying to criminalize those who disputed the January uh, the 2020 election in good faith. So one thing is challenging uh, here. Hold on. I think I think this is important, Mario. One thing is challenging. Right. And 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 let's not forget. And and, and people have come to me who, who come back and say there was no standing. The Supreme Court said, no, we're not touching this with a six feet pole. We have zero desire to touch this whatsoever. At that point, this was done. This is the only time, except Bush v. Gore, which when Gore lost, let's not forget the Supreme Court ruling. When Gore lost, he conceded. He conceded the election. At that point, when the Supreme Court said, this is done, we are not dealing with this, Biden is the legitimate president, he should have been sworn in. And if Trump wanted to do a protest... But that's not what the Supreme Court said. Protest, which they did across... That, that isn't what the Supreme Court said. I mean, you're just making stuff America. up. I mean, you, you've... No, no, okay. wait, no, hold on, hold on. The Supreme Court didn't Tom. say let that. Me, Tom, let me finish. Tom, right, let me finish. So I'll just jump, finish let off, me, and then we'll get Tom to respond. Let me finish. Go ahead. When, when, when Gore lost the Supreme Court, he can see... If people wanted to protest, as happened across America in January 6th, that is well within their constitutional right. And nobody's disputing that. Nobody's disputing that across America, people protested in January 6th, where people got detained and held accountable, got detained and held accountable, were those that because a protest turned into a mob, because we have video footage of people breaking windows, breaking offices, stealing material from Congress, and stormed the Capitol, then those people are going to be held accountable. And I believe a core tenet of conservative policy and principal ideology is being held accountable for your oh, actions. Really? Oh, really? I am a millennial. Is that what, is that what conservatism is? Held my so we get Tom. Oh, really? Wait, go ahead. Thanks for so the Tom, left. Thanks for Tom, the, Tom, I mean, th- this is just left-wing talking points, and it's, it's sad to see spaces get taken over by those who just promote, you know, really kind of almost trite media narratives on this. Uh, no one has ever been treated in political protests like this as the Justice Department are treating those involved in January 6th. Uh, a lot of those who have been targeted by the Justice Department weren't doing anything warranting the targeting. Uh, and no one's suggesting people not be held accountable we're suggesting that they be treated as others have been treated and that there be explanations as to the different political treatment or prosecutorial overreach geared at the January 6th protesters versus other protesters. So it's so pretty obvious ahead. this is a political, this is a politicized uh, attack on opponents of the Biden administration. And there's a political benefit to doing this. There's nothing comparable in Justice Department history as to what's going on here. We've had similar, similar egregious, violent in terms of numbers and damage and violence by the left. They didn't do anything about that, relatively speaking. And there's nothing to compare to what's happening on January 6th. And it's all about politics. And uh, it's not about accountability. 
or the rule of law. It's about targeting those who are on the wrong side of a, of a violent disturbance and making up new rules for them that they'd never applied previously and probably won't apply in the future. Ian, I would love you to, to give us just an overview of how a lot of people join. Uh, Slyman is working with the team on the thread that is being updated live on my account, and, and Ian has a few tweets about it as well for anyone who wants to see the videos that are pretty surprising. At least uh, we're going to go through them and break them down. Um, but Ian, can you we're just give us an overview again of what we've seen today and how, how that compares to the narrative we've been hearing over the last few right. uh, uh, months and years? Well, for the past couple of years, you've heard that this whole thing was an insurrection, that this was conducted by Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol. This is what we've heard during the January 6th hearings, uh, you know, talk of violent rioters uh, making their way into Congress, into the halls of the Senate, and so on and so forth. But footage today shows that uh, this is not entirely the case, that, you know, what we've been told this whole time may have been a lie, for instance. Uh, with the uh, with Jacob Chansey, the guy in the uh, funny outfit, the one who looks like a barbarian. Uh, footage shows him. That's the that's the guy that what's his nickname? The uh, uh, QAnon shaman. Yeah. Uh, shaman. That's right, yeah, the QAnon shaman. shaman. Yep. So, footage shows him being escorted by police officers throughout the Capitol. They didn't arrest him. He didn't force his way through. In fact, he just breezed right through with cops uh, trailing him. Right. He was he was able to walk past police officers. What is this, right? This is not the narrative that we have been told. Everything we've been told is a lie. And on top of that, you have Je- uh, Ray Epps, who, uh, you know, a lot of people call him a federal informant, and there's a pretty good case for that. Uh, you know, he's been caught on video, um, released by other people, right, showing that he has been, you know, he was urging people to go into the Capitol to, you know, conduct, c- commit violence. Uh, and and it turns out that he lied to Congress. He lied to Congress about all of this because he he claimed that he had left the grounds of the Capitol around uh, the time where he was actually still there, at a time when he was texting his nephew, bragging about how he had orchestrated part of it. So his testimony was clearly a lie, and he was not charged for anything. C- compared to other you know protesters who were there, these people were charged with trespassing minor misdemeanors, various things. And yet, here's the one guy who's telling everybody to go inside and do violence. He gets off scot-free, which certainly lends the uh, possibility to, to, I would say, uh, a very high likelihood that he was, you know, an informant, a federal informant. But this is me speculating, right? At a very minimum, he lied to Congress about this. And as uh, others have pointed out earlier, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson's show, which is like an hour long, you should watch the whole thing, uh, shows various instances where they perform, you know, the January 6th committee perform a, a variety of a very dishonest framing of what actually happened. For instance, with the uh, uh, officer Brian Sicknick, it was widely reported that he had been killed, he had been struck in the head, uh, died of a fatal blow with a fire extinguisher that he had expired in the hospital a few hours later. That does not appear to be the case. He had full headgear on, and he is in these videos walking around the Capitol. Now, his death was widely reported. Everybody said he was murdered. And, you know, this was something that I believe even Pelosi, when she was giving her testimony, you know, like talking about it and, and, and during the hearings and all these other people who had Kinzinger and so on, they're mourning him, you know, saying he was a victim, yada, yada, yada. This is something that AOC has even brought up very recently, which uh, Community Notes actually corrected her on, claiming that he was one of the victims of January 6th. Now, it turns out, you know, the autopsy and all that stuff shows that he had died of uh, perhaps natural causes. He had asthma, right? 
It's nothing to do with uh, with any altercation during January 6th. Obviously, you know, there may have been uh, some interactions between, you know, like stress levels and so on. But he was certainly not struck in the head and, and killed on that day, as was widely reported. So this whole idea, this whole narrative, that this whole thing was an insurrection, clearly untrue. It's as Tom said, right? They wanted to paint a narrative and they used this to strip so many Americans of their rights. And they uh, are using, to this day... Uh, the January 6th so-called insurrection to deprive even more Americans of their rights. You know, you won't have the right to protest. And there is a, a certainly a, a massive double standard in that, uh, you know, BLM protesters or Antifa protesters, they're let off the hook. They're not even charged. And in some cases, like the most recently, the BLM protesters in New York City were each awarded something to the tune of $21,000 each because of their altercations with the NYPD. So, the NYPD suffered greatly. We can, you know, watch the videos back in the uh, so-called summer of love in 2020 when they're, you know, they were assaulted, they were attacked, their cars were set on fire. Uh, but these protesters got, got let off the hook. So there's a, there's a double standard, be, you know, that's being orchestrated right now by the DOJ, the Justice Department, in criminalizing the activities, the uh, First Amendment protected activities of peaceful protesters who just happened to be at a place where some people were not being so nice. Some people were rioting, no doubt. And those people should be charged. So when, you know, when you talk about responsibility, I would say charge those people, but not the others, right? Same thing with the, you know, the, uh, uh, the rioters uh, during the Summer of Love. Charge those who, you know, were caught on camera doing bad things, committing crimes. But everybody else, it's a different story. But again, here, it's there's, there's this double standard. You can burn down buildings, you can tear down statues, and there is uh, no repercussions whatsoever. So that's where we're at so far. But Ian, those 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 uh, buildings they were burned down at night, so that's not as important. That's right. Yeah, that was an excuse they gave. None of you guys are actually serious, right? So, so you're, you're sending like DMs to each other, like Tucker Carlson was, that, that's saying that you don't actually believe what you're saying, or do you actually believe the words coming out of your mouth on this space right now? It's what does that even mean? It's like the Earth is not flat. You know, there's there's no DMs being sent around. We know for a fact we can trust our eyes, despite what the uh, uh, experts might say, you know, and now the experts... What, what did I say that is incorrect about... What what has been said that's incorrect about how January 6th been handled? So you compared non-federal uh, government uh, buildings with any other properties and any other... No, I, I, I'm talking yes, about federal yeah, courthouses you did. that were set Tom, up in blaze. It's Hold the on, White House. Digital, you asked, I don't get to speak? I don't get no, no, you asked a question. No, no, you asked a question. No, no, I was talking about federal courthouses and buildings that were attacked and set ablaze on the West Coast. And, and the suggestion was that was not as important because that took place at night. So is the White, is the White House and, and our, and our Washington DC governmental entities and our congressmen, congresswomen, senators, the same as every other building around? Are you trying to equate the idea what about the White House that when somebody it was besieged? Oh my when God! It was besieged in September of 2020. What about that? You know, was anyone charged there? What happened there? You know, they set a guardhouse on the White House lawn on fire. How many? How, how many people? How many? How, how many people are there? What do you mean? How many people are there? Yeah, they tried to kill there? the president. No, they they tried to kill the president. That isn't a big deal. And of course, they didn't care about that, and they didn't want to. How many people were there? Purport, literally purporting the entire Dominion bullshit lies 
what on are you the entire about? American people. Guys, come on. Come on. I mean, who, did someone who who's talking? I don't even know who's talking here. Uh, his name is Fidgetal. Uh, <laughs> I was um, waiting for Tom. Fidgetal is usually more Lipper. sensible than this. That's why I'm surprised he's saying this. But Tom, Tom to to his point, to to Fidgetal's point, like it's ingenuous to say a lot of things that you guys are saying. Like you're in an uproar about the Twitter files and censoring, and Fauci's at fault. But Trump also uh, censored information, as we could see by the the uh, the call with Bob Woodward then BLM should be put in jail because they broke windows and stole things from Louis Vuitton stores in, in, in LA or wherever it happened. But these guys were peaceful protesters. Like, come on, guys. That's a, that's a ridiculous mischaracterization of my comments. Well, this shows you the dishonesty of the left in handling no, this complicated. No, Tom. no, no, it Tom. Shows your oh, no, it, is, it is a complicated it shows your dishonesty. No, it doesn't because I didn't say anyone who vandalized should get off with a slap on the wrist. I didn't say that. Tom, are you allowed to walk in the White House? The question is, Tom? is the response commensurate the fidgetal, with prior can you let responses? Respond to Joa, and then you can jump in. Is okay, the response sorry, appropriate, consistent with appropriate with prior responses to other political violence or demonstrations? And I'm saying, of course not. Uh, Fidgetal, what's your question? Under any circumstances, are you allowed to go into the White House without being invited? So I do Martin, want to highlight that. The Capitol is another issue. These videos show these people being yes. ushered into the Capitol. I'm just asking I'm not asking you to give me a diatribe. I'm not, I'm not giving you a diatribe. I'm no, just I saying that give the people you a were allowed in. They were being ushered in. So when you call it, you know, we try to make that comparison and say, uh, you know, under what circumstances... You're trying to, to ignore the videos that all of us saw. We saw them chasing. We we heard them chanting to, to, to find yes, Pelosi and to hang her. No, 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 no. That's what, conspir- that's what conspiracy is. You do not get away with your actions just because you were not the one that held the knife. That is what you, you forget. You are a part of a cause. Oh, there we go. There you go. There you go. That's what the Ian, courts are you're doing. you're part of the cause. Yep, you're part of the cause now. You guys are jumping. You're, part of you're the jumping cause. You're guilty. Conclusion. We're going to get arrested because we're part of the cause. <laughs> That's the left's approach. So which court decided that there wasn't? Which court decided that there was conspiracy? I didn't. I missed that part. Which one? Which one had a, a decision? Who's in the conspiracy? We're all. I'm no, I'm no, 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 no. Ian just said that 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 it, it that it was proven false. Please tell me the court if it case was a where it was proven. Ian, Ian, please tell me the case where the courts decided that because it was. They were not even tried for conspiracy. Ian, please tell me the case. Well, it was proven that it was not a conspiracy. How do you prove a negative? I'm just waiting. How do you prove a Simple. negative? Simple. How do you prove a negative? You, first of all, you have to, you have to how, make the argument. That's that how you destroy Fox News. You got to make an argument that this is a conspiracy, and you failed to make that argument. The, the uh, prosecutors didn't even make that argument. Instead, they charged him with misdemeanors, and which they pleaded guilty to. They're going to jail for seven days. Some people that I know. So the idea that the whole thing was a conspiracy, that, you know, thousands of people were part of this vast conspiracy to charge the Capitol building is like, that is unproven. You have to prove it. You can't just make that claim. Come on, man. Often intent, often intent is, is, uh, it's not even being made subjugated by the, by the idea of action. Even, action. Even making that argument. action. So come on. Okay. 
Did they not by the by the hundreds storm the Capitol? No. Invited or otherwise? Nope. No. No. Could they have gone anywhere else? Could they have gone to Mar-a-Lago? That would have been a much better uh, non-insurrection. Oh, there we go. There we go. I mean, this is a silly argument. Yeah. This is just you're not silly. Serious. Fidgetal, you're, you're smarter than that. Ian, no, you know I am. And, and, and really, the no, you're not. Is, you're so not why, being why serious in this yourself? discussion. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll be serious. Don't demean yourself. You're, mo- you're mocking other arguments in a way that are we're bringing forward serious arguments that you're just mocking. There is no addressing it with in a serious way. Okay, okay. There's no way you're serious. That you can separate. Okay, well, there you go. All right. Well, there you go. Then don't, then get off the space. If you don't think that we're serious, why are you in the space with us? I was actually just finishing my sentence, which was, there's no way that I, I, that I can believe that you're serious that you can parse. I don't, I'm not going to finish. I sadly believe you're being serious, digital. I sadly believe you're being serious. Okay. So, Fidget, what's what's the point you're making? I'll let you finish it off. My point is, whenever there is, uh, institutional or larger problems we sit there and this is my problem this is my only problem with the arguments is uh can i agree by definition that there are a lot of people that that weren't a part of an insurrection yes does that mean that there was 18 to 20 or 30 or maybe 100 people that were the insurrectionists no there was a lot more than that and they were riled up by the same people like to to deny it is 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 mind-boggling what people what people the people I've watched hundreds of videos of doing the same things that if they had done that anywhere else in the world would be would be booked for assault and booked yeah, well, for, they were, for but, but the, those who were engaged in violence were booked, but they were. I'm saying they're being treated differently than folks involved in other similar protests. That's the difference. And there were others being prosecuted who would never have been prosecuted or hadn't been prosecuted in other similar protests. They were at the White House fighting <laughs> police outside of the fucking. Now, I'm, White I was House. talking about like, the what, Kavanaugh what are you hearing. Talking about? I'm talking about the Capitol. Because the people who are no, we're talking about the J- White J- House J- were not charged. We're talking about leftists here, right? right By the way, if, if, wasn't, if, if, if it wasn't if, if, if it wasn't an insurrection, then then uh, the the Congress wouldn't have rushed out, right? It was friendly. They would have just hung out and probably like had some beers. And had a good time. Well, right? so, yeah, I mean, what that doesn't fly. That doesn't flow from our argument. I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't a security issue. T- Tom, they're being treated different because one is a federal violation and another That's one is not a true. State the, the, the Senate, the Senate, it, the it is true. The case, then it why isn't is true. The, the, the White House like grounds outside. They were federal grounds exactly. outside. The Senate, the Senate Kavanaugh hearings. They were federal buildings. They aren't different. And in the District of Columbia, everything's potentially federal. A jaywalking offense is potentially federal. Who are you kidding? So, so I, I just want to ask the, uh, yeah, so if I might, also Mario, before I you, just let me tell yeah. the audience quickly, the, just for the uh, audience. So the videos and a summary of each video, uh, Slamman is, uh, sorry, he's awfully quiet. He's working with the team. Um, so it's the latest tweet on my account um, and it's pinned above. I think Breaking for News has videos that's also pinned above along with Ian's videos. So you can check him out uh, on the Nest or whatever you call it. Uh, pinned above and they're being added live there's more being added so if you want to watch uh, the videos and what we're talking about um and, it's uh, and let me be above cl- but yeah go ahead all sorts and tom uh, and let me be clear here and, and i want to i want to be clear the justice department is irredeemably corrupted and compromised not one of the prosecutions can be uh, the american people can have trust in 
in terms of justice being fairly administered. And the next president, including, you know, frankly, the, the current one, assuming that he had the bravery to do so, should seriously consider pardoning or commuting the sentences of pretty much everyone who was put through this process. Everyone. Because the Justice Department couldn't be trusted to even prosecute the ones who, who should have been prosecuted because of their dishonesty and I think their willingness to withhold information from them and the court. And and no person supervising them should give credence to what they've done and what they're doing now. And the next president, I hope, cleans house and starts meeting out fair, uh, you know, kind of restoring at least the idea that the Justice Department uh, should be held accountable for the abuses we're seeing now with not only January 6th, but the other issues around 2020 that they're trying to jail people over and harassing others over. So quick, quick question, Ian, so, before you jump in also, Ian, sorry, sorry, also quick no, question, just to understand. So I was going through the video, which is the second one on my, um, on the tweet, and we got Derek here. Derek, uh, pleasure to have you, um, and thank you for joining. Um, so Ian, just going through that second video, mm-hmm. um, and what the team wrote here is the following. Tucker Carlson shows that QAnon sh- Shaman was not violent but was instead escorted from the building. This is quite different to the previous narrative that he was the face of a violent extremist attack on the Capitol. So the question to you yep. is, uh, is that the highlight of the video? Because he he's he's he can still be a violent extremist. He's not a violent extremist. Whatever you want to call it. Someone footage is... of him being violent at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's no footage of him being okay, violent. So that we have he was no... not a violent offender. He just went in dressed funny. They singled him out and let him walk around the place. And they followed him. Okay, he so I thought that was police okay, officers. So this idea that he, you know, he stormed the Capitol and they made him the face of the insurrection. Well, none of that makes any sense. It's a lie. He made him. He made himself the face of the insurrection. He's always been yeah, yeah, a saying... He was always protesting at these various QAnon events. They call him the QAnon shaman for a reason, right? He was a character. He's pretty well known. So why was he? Uh, what was he? Was he arrested and sentenced to jail for what reason? Uh, what was the? What are the charges? I'm not, exactly? I'm not really sure. We have to look that up. But uh, it's he pled Derek, guilty, to, make, the, he pled Derek, guilty to the he pled guilty to the fifteen twelve obstruction of official proceeding, which is a complete sham of a thing to even have have included on the January sixth defense. So he pled. So just there, just on that he, one. He, so he, he was first, sentenced correct. to forty one months. Correct. Forty one okay. months. Essentially four years. Yeah. Uh, absurdity uh, 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 on top of absurdity. Yep. Uh, uh, Derek, just quick question. So he, why did he plead guilty? Because it's well, because for, for, for partly for the same reason that I did, man. You're not going to get a free, a fair trial in D.C. He was facing, you know, decades in prison because of the media uh, found him guilty. That's exactly what happened. So, so he my, was. So he was. Sorry, but that's just sorry. I'm. I'm I don't mean to interrupt too much, but I just want to understand Mario, them. You plead guilty the, so that you don't get so much time. You know. Yeah, you settle. I know you. You, you, you find yeah, a settlement. Like, I understand. Okay, I'll plead guilty to the yeah, yeah. thing that you're, pu- so, you're pushing at me. I'll take you know two years or four years or whatever in prison instead of the uh, maximum but, sentence, which might be twenty, thirty years. Okay, so the charges, the charges, because you said he was found guilty by the media, Derek. No, but he pled the, the guilty. Charges he pled guilty. By the, the, he was that, already like the media, right? Yeah, but what guilty. were the but the charges? Now I understand, understand. I just, I just what, what what was meant by that? But what 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 do you mean? He was facing decades in in prison. So, so yeah, based so, on the original so, charges. Um, 
I was I was facing one of the same charges, actually the charge that he pled, pled to. It's the fifteen twelve obstruction of official proceeding. That one charge comes with a twenty year prison sentence. Uh, it was created Ooh. during the in the the Enron insider bank trading of the early two thousands. It was created for tampering with a witness. No one on January sixth tampered with a witness, and so therefore it doesn't even doesn't even fit the crime. But that's all they could do to the nonviolent people to throw a big charge on us was that uh, was that charge. They also recommended that for President Trump as well. Uh, myself, Jacob Chansley, and uh, Richard Big O Barnett were the three original faces of January 6th because uh, Big O had his feet up on the desk, that famous picture. Jacob, because he was dressed that way, and myself, because I was an elected legislator from the state of West Virginia. And, uh, and, and so before they went after the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, we were the three that they were really going after. And, and we were basically found guilty from the get go by the media. And there was no way he was going to get a fair trial. And so, so, so Derek, just, uh, just to back to the, back to the yep. charges, cause this is, um, new to me, which is great. Cause I, I learn and, and anyone in the audience that doesn't know this can learn as well. So the charges involved obstructing what exactly? Can you say that again? What was the charge called? I'm it's, sorry. It's it down. called, uh, it's called 1512 obstruction of an, of an official proceeding. Um, and, and once okay. again, so when you look at the, the code itself, the, the, the crime, the charge, it's under the title of tampering with a witness. So what was happening, just to cliff notes really quick, is in the early 2000s, uh, when people were coming to testify before Congress about insider bank trading, people were tampering with those witnesses. They were threatening them. They were bribing them. They were you know, tampering with witnesses. And because of that, uh, they created that code of uh, obstruction of official proceeding by way of tampering with a witness. Well, none of us tampered with a witness on January 6th, but they used the code obstruction of official proceeding how how could they, they but how, how could they use yeah what, what was their argument i'm sure they uh, fairly or unfairly they had an argument for it how does that relate to you how how you guys obstruction official proceedings because so, you obstructed the proceedings in the, well, in the, capital? the courts are the courts are um in limbo right now there's there's one or two judges who have said that this charge um does not fit the crime there's a couple of other judges who have upheld it so far uh this is a charge that's going to make its way all the way to the supreme court eventually uh it's going to take years to do so but but you pled uh, did there you pled guilty to the charges as well I, I pled to civil disorder it was a lesser charge but um but yeah they, they tried to get me to plead to that um take the same deal that uh that jacob took uh i didn't want to and do jacob that. is the qunon qunon yeah, shaman yeah, is jacob correct, yeah okay correct. so so you're still fighting that that charge the obstruction of an official proceeding no nope i'm uh, my, i got out of prison october 21st i've been home since then uh the only thing i have left is my three years of supervised release um so i had an 18 month legal battle th- uh, and, and then served prison time and got out in october um I, i'm one of the lucky ones compared to some of these other people um such so, as jacob. so the the shaman so jacob um I'm just going to use the, the term, if you don't mind, the, the uh, QAnon shaman, because everyone un, no, can relate to that. Is that okay? I don't, I don't know if it's offensive. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So so the QAnon shaman is he's serving his, his jail time still, correct? Or that that is months. correct. Yep. And once he's out, that's it. The charges, uh, uh, he reached the settlement, so the charges are dropped. But your, is there, there's others fighting those same charges, and it's going all the way to the Supreme Court. Co- I, correct. Yeah, right? There, there okay. are still people who are fighting those charges. Uh, as of right now still. And, and so once again, it's important for me to understand when there were nonviolent, non-destructive uh, January 6th defendants, all we were, you know, all they could really get us for were, were misdemeanor trespassing charges. But in order to ramp that up, 
they took this specific charge and threw it at us so that they, we, we would now go from facing, you know, a, a probation to 20 plus years in prison because of this one charge. And that's what they're doing to everybody. So I want to ask a question also, um, cause I know you guys were debating. Okay, Joe, I put a, put a thumb down. Yeah, So do you mind if I no, just, no, 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 this is okay, super quick, just context. Okay, go ahead. So the, okay, okay. So the guy who was, uh, you know, putting his feet on the desk on Pelosi's desk, right? Um, the media told him to do that. They told him to pose. That, that is correct. They told well, him to pose and he went to what's the trial. The, he refused the plea deal. He's awaiting sentencing. And he's probably going to be sentenced to probably around you, ten years in prison. Yeah. Holy shit! Okay, 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 okay. So, so just to okay, so I'm going to get back to that point. And please keep it in mind because I want to get back to the whole media thing. I want to know where it came from and 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 why and who exactly. When the media is a pretty broad term. But Joa, you put a thumb down on what Derek was talking about. So, what are we what are we missing in that narrative? What what do you disagree with in the narrative of the of the charges <laughs> of obstruction of an official proceeding with twenty years jail sentence? Yeah, obstruction of justice has a maximum of 20 years. Minimum guidelines is, are three years. And then you, but you also have obstruct, which I agree, you know, sentencing guidelines in the U.S. are absolutely insane. Um, but you have obstruction of congressional federal administration proceedings, which is a maximum of five years, which I actually believe is what should have been used for nonviolent, by nonviolent people. What, what, but it's up what, to what, what, not, not 20 plus. Uh, and, and congressional obstructing congressional proceedings is a maximum of five years. I do think they were heavy handed with the, with, with the way they were doing it. Okay. Um, and, uh, any, uh, any, Mario, can I just say something? I think this is important. Like, like, like now everybody's complaining about the federal justice system being hard handed. Like now, like that's what kind of just blows my mind. Like this has been a recurring issue for ages. And by the way, like, if, and, and let me just say something like I cover Mexican cartels. I can tell you easily how people are rounded up just for being affiliated because they have a family member and how they do SWAT team drug busts on a house and they get people. And it's like, well, because your cousin had drugs in your house, you're also guilty by association because he's a known cartel member and they go sentenced to prison. Right? Like, like this, this is what what but this is the important point like what infuriates me about this conversation is that we had a moment in American democratic process and when the people are forgetting the key moment of it it was in a, it was a ceremonial procedure for the transfer of power to confirm Joe Biden's election like that was the issue at hand when you study the rise of authoritarianism across the world the way you degrade that and the way you damage the foundation of a democratic system is by going at the notion of, of our, uh, our authority and our traditions and those processes that guarantee a transfer of power. That's the symbolism. That's the difference. By the way, there was dozens, if not hundreds, of Black Lives Matter protesters that were detained. But those were held at state court because it did not affect a federal proceeding requiring the transfer of power, which we've had in this country since our foundation. That's the fundamental difference. Now, again, I'm going to go back to my what original the, uh, comment, This is my original hold on, comment. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, so yeah, wait, keep, that in, keep that in mind. And, yeah, go ahead. Also, yeah. finish, so and I see Derek and Harry responding. In, in, in January 6th, there was protests across America against Joe Biden's certification of president. 
Where were the detentions? Where were people arrested and charged? It was the people who trans who went into the Capitol, not across America, nowhere else. It was in the Capitol. The people who breached the Capitol were the ones who were sought after and charged. So, so not what, you know, random person everywhere. And nobody is addressing that. And they're trying to make this as Biden being a dictator. When everybody's ignoring that in January 6th, there was protests everywhere, but only one specific area did the yeah, Justice it's Department Pelosi, went after. You know, it made... well, you're you're so... ignoring the issues that we've raised about how that some are being targeted inappropriately, given the nature of the crimes evidently they committed. And that it's not with worth... all crimes, Tom. That happens what? with... Yeah, so this is Tom. So yeah, Joe, let me let me let me yeah, guys, walking in the capital unimpeded and then walking around for a few minutes or even twenty minutes and leaving does not warrant federal prosecution. It doesn't. I know it, Joe. I know it also. The law is broken. Yes, it's broken in all sorts of ways. We can talk about a war on drugs and how it unfairly targets family members, people who are just in the vicinity of a cartel member. Yeah. It's a problem. Both the right and the left have been talking about it. It doesn't really get a lot of media coverage, but keep in mind, the media doesn't represent anyone but themselves. So this argument that you're having, all sorts, it feels like a straw man argument against the right, you know, against people who are opposed to what's, uh, how the, uh, the J6 uh, detainees have been prosecuted. It, it, it seems like, you know, your anger is misdirected. I think that if anything, right, the left and the right can come to agreement that the federal government is just way too powerful. It's way too corrupt. Right, it's able to get away with these things. And just because it happens to one group of people doesn't mean it's okay when it happens to another. But Mario, Mario yeah, I have Justin, to say, but people yeah, are also... forgetting the notion what triggered this. Again, it was a transfer of power. It's the foundation of any democracy. That, that, that's simply, simply that's untrue. the difference. That, you cannot equate. Untrue. You cannot equate somebody burning down a car in Minneapolis because of whatever reason to no, somebody no who's trying to go in there to, no one was trying to my pants during the transfer of a Democrat to certifying. So, the no, confirmation that's, that's, of President um, Biden as president. It's a fair point. Derek, I'd love, I'd love, yeah, Derek, I'd love you to respond to this. Yeah. Also, I've never seen you so passionate, but before you do, Derek, do you mind? Justin's got a bit of a clip to play for us just to keep it relevant to the revelations from Fox. Yeah, look at Yeah, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, go Yeah, right after Derek. Go ahead, Derek. First of all, not everyone, some people were, were arrested, even though they were outside the building, such as Brandon, who's, who's here on the speaker box with us. But the other thing I wanted to say is we were not there to uh, p- prevent the transfer of power. We were there using our natural God-given rights of free speech, asking our elected representatives to send the certification back to the states for 10 days for them to do a forensic audit on it. And if they wanted to certify it, then they could have. But we were asking them, which they, they were allowed to do, and it's been done in our country's history before. Uh, we were asking them to do that. We were not trying to prevent the uh, the transfer of power within our country. We were asking. But there are a quick question. Do you, do you think this is, before Justin plays the clip, do you think this is an example? And just something to keep in mind. I'll let you answer it after J- Justin's clip. But do you think, just trying to put both arguments together and trying to find a middle ground, do you think this is a, a just you guys were being made an, a, a unfairly made an example of? And that happens all the time, like in... I'll give an example in crypto because obviously I covered SPF. You had, you know, there's a lot of criminals within every industry, but then you choose the biggest ones, the most public ones, and you make an example out of them uh, for the rest of the industry. So not sure if this is a fair argument to make while Justin plays a quick clip for us. 
Yeah, this is the relevant part. This is another example of just how deceptively edited all of this taping was. You remember the lambasting that Senator Hawley from Missouri got as it was shown that he was running down the hall in this highlighted CCTV footage of uh, him, you know, as it thought was escaping the Capitol. And it was put in contrast because hours before he was rallying with the people that were there at the rally. And so they were making this claim. In fact, let me play this clip from Tucker Carlson because the revelation now, that was complete deceptive editing. Here it is just a minute long. In the case of Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, the committee and their allies accused him of both. Josh Hawley is a To prove that Josh Hawley was a coward, the committee released a video of him loping out of the building on the afternoon of January 6th with a police escort. The tape became a staple on social media. Democrats laughed with derision. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. But in fact, the surveillance footage we reviewed shows that famous clip was a sham, edited deceptively by the January 6th committee. The clip was propaganda, not evidence. The actual videotape shows that Hawley was one of many lawmakers being ushered out of the building by Capitol Hill police officers. And in fact, Hawley was at the back of the pack. So the video, I'll post it here at the Nest in just a minute, but it shows dozens of lawmakers running down the hall, and then there's a gap, and then Holly's doing it too, and you see police there ushering them out. Complete deception, fabrication even, in that deceptively edited video. This is going to be just the tip of the iceberg here. So just again, never seen Justin that passionate. So the narrative, because I was just updating the thread with the with the team, um, I'm not sure if they've added that to the thread. But the narrative is what exactly? So we know what the video shows. Trying Can to you make him what the narrative They're trying to make him into a coward. They're trying to laugh at him, trying to paint him as a coward who's afraid of his own constituents. The idea here is that Josh Hawley supported the quote unquote insurrection, right? And that he was the first to run away when trouble was at his doorstep. The reality could not be further from the truth. Full video shows it. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's absolute Trump, deception. Donald Trump issued a statement, uh, great courage shown by the Speaker of the House. Uh, I just lost it, of course. Never mind. I'll find it again in a second. Hold on. Yeah, if you can find that and just jump in and, and tell us what the statement says. Um, all source and Harry, did you want to uh, comment? Yeah, on this so I just have a question. And then so I'll go back so to I, I, I get like the Josh Hawley, I can understand. But like my question to everybody is then why was the congressional police officers ushering all the congressmen away. Like, I got it. Like, they were making fun of Josh Hawley and singling him out. But, like, I think don't focus on the tree and forget the forest. Like, there was a reason why everybody it's was running away. It's a security issue. All sources. It's quite okay, obvious. Boom. That, thank you. It's the a security issue. No one's disputing that. Why, is it why, why do you think anyone's disputing so what's your, that? Okay, so hold on. So, okay, all sources, you said thank you. I'll let you continue your thought. And then we'll go no, to Derek. No, like, why is it a security issue? Like if if this was it, if, so, if this is so what people are what you're saying, saying is what was so also what you're saying is is that what you're saying is that the the this is not just an average property. There's multiple uh, protests around the country. Uh, we're talking here about the capital. That's point number one. And point number two, it represents a threat. I know that's an, that's a debatable argument, but I just want to make make your point a threat to U.S. democracy. Um, and therefore, it should be taken a lot more seriously. If you go punch a random person on the street versus go punch the president of a country, 
um, you, you'll face different charges. Is that is that a fair way to kind of simplify the? Yeah, it was, it was as large a security the, issue the, the, as the, the yeah, summer before when issue. fifty police officers were hurt and injured at BLM protests in front of the White House. I mean, th- th- these issues happen, right? Whether regardless, you know, you have the right to protest whether or not it's a change of power or not. I mean, that really doesn't change it. Now, when I saw it, I was I was appalled. I didn't like this. Our side doesn't do this stuff, right? And a lot of people succumb to this. That's my my stance on this. I think there's a lot of stuff to be revealed. It's obvious, for example, this was not this tantamount, you know, French Revolution taking over the capital type of thing. Uh, and actually, you know, the Capitol is just now open for visitors. Uh, and, uh, you know, it used to be you could walk in and see your senator and congressman. That's been shut down for two or three years. And, and look, I, I'm upset because of that. You know, when I saw this thing happen in real time, it, it pissed me off because that's, you know, because my side, we have to be clean 100 percent of the time. I don't get the, the, the liberty of having my limousine, you know, of, of burning a limousine and getting away with it there on the inaugural of so, President so Justin, Trump, right? is in your, your position, you think that what was done is wrong. You don't agree with it. You were appalled, but you think the response is also too extreme in the way well, it's Well, I being, think the response uh, – and I don't think we – obviously, obviously we don't have the whole story too because now the, the story that we were fed through these deceptively edited videos was you know a tantamount nightmare insurrection when in reality it, you know, it was something that was untoward. I thought it was wrong. If people, you know, should, should if, if people need to be, uh, you know, uh, recompensed for that, that's great. Whatever, the, whatever sort of, you know, monitoring needs to be done on this thing and, and fixed. But in the end, it was completely overblown. And I don't think it amounts to this massive sort of insurrection to take over the, the government. And, and what, what, Derek, as you give us your thoughts, and Chris, thanks a lot for coming my, up on stage. And Brandon, of course, briefly? you, you have a. Trump yes, released a statement on a Tucker Carlson J6 expose. This is what uh, Tom was trying to read. I found it. He, he says, and I'll just read it here. I, I won't do an impression because I don't do good Trump impressions. Congratulations to Tucker Carlson on one of the biggest scoops as a reporter in the U.S. history. The new surveillance footage of the January 6th events sheds an entirely different light on what actually happened. The unselect committee was a giant scam and has now unequivocally been stamped as criminal fabricators of this most important day. Pelosi and McConnell failed on security. The police story is sad and difficult to watch. Trump and most others are totally innocent. Let them go free now. And there's a second statement here. Who the hell cares what Donald Trump has to say about this? I I care. There's a second statement there. Uh, Great courage shown by Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy in releasing the surveillance footage to Tucker Carlson so that our country and indeed the world can see what really went on January 6th during the January 6th events. A whole new and completely opposite picture has now been inevitably painted. The unselect committee lied and should be prosecuted for their actions, (laughs) Nancy and Mitch. We're a disaster on their on security. Thank you, Kevin and Tucker. Free at last. Yeah, who the, who the cares about So I'd love to get Harry. Uh, sorry, hey, uh, Mario. Mario, real quick. So, Harry, let hold him on in. up. Can you invite him up because he's trying to request, and uh, uh, I think he can speak on the matter. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Just DM me his handle, and uh, Harry. No, uh, no, I, I no, wanna, Jim. Jim, uh, you know, like our Jim Path, like. Oh, Jim Path. Yeah, yeah, sure. I send him. I send him a request now. Sure. Harry, what's okay. your position um, on this uh, edited uh, Josh Holloway? Uh, well, yeah, Holloway yeah, yeah. Holloway, Holloway. Two things. I don't Josh give Holloway. a crap what Donald Trump has to say about January 6th. 
I mean, this guy is the, probably one of the biggest liars we've seen in the United States history. So him talking about, congratulations, Tucker Carlson, grad, you know, okay, Donald, thank you, buddy. He, he didn't do anything for 180 minutes plus on January 6th to try and stop anything. I don't, I don't care what this guy has to say. Well, he, he knew police officers were being, kept, uh, were being beaten. So for him in that statement to be like, oh, it's, it's tragedy when he was there, could have done something prior and during, and he refused to. That, that's a slap in the face of all the police officers that were there that day. And I know Chris is in here. Maybe you can speak more to that. But on the Holly clip. I the part where uh, put out a tweet. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse I don't even know what on, that on, means. On so, Harry, so, Harry, about your, about your I mean, clips Harry, here. that statement has what no are, relation to reality. Me, I'm not even sure what you're talking okay. about. On the Holly. So, Harry. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to ask a question. On your thoughts on the clips, do you, do you think that – do you think that does show um, the, the the a bit of a misrepresentation here from the from the Democrats? Not saying you agree with what happened. Not I'm not trying to get change your, your position. Just saying that was it used to 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 kind of uh, portray a certain narrative in your opinion? Harry? Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of more focused on the January sixth committee, right? Like that's kind of the, the main focus here. That's what Tucker's talking about. That's what uh, Donald Trump was talking about. Um, and I don't think that the the, the, the excuse me, I don't think that the January sixth committee. Uh, deceptively edited that Holly video. They never called him a coward. They never said that he was the first one running. They were simply pointing out the irony that he threw up his fist earlier in the day and was egging these protesters on, and he was oh, part on. of the group that was running away. On, By the way, like it oh, doesn't matter on, whether he's the front of the line Harry, or the back of the line. It's still the Harry, irony. Of that. Harry, 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 you, Harry, yes, Harry, even if that wasn't the basis, let's go with that, but that's the impression you got because you posted that he was a coward, so you obviously took that impression from... Oh, I, I mean, look, I, I'm, you know, I'm just me, though. I'm Nailed not it. January 6th committee, but I do think that Josh Holly, Holly was a coward, right? I mean, him sprinting away from the people that he was throwing his fist up at? Yeah, come on, buddy. Like, and that's not, by the way... Which is it, man? That's not just that clip, might I add. That's just Josh Holly. general. Um, I, I don't think he's just a coward a for January 6th. Say, I think he's a coward for also doing what he did on January 6th and objecting to the results. I don't. By the way, I don't think Josh Hawley is simply – when I say Josh Hawley is a coward, I don't think he's simply a coward for January 6th. I think he's a coward in many other ways on his political beliefs, the way he votes, especially his actions on January 6th. So, of course, they think he's a coward, not only January 6th, but in others. Uh, don't hurt yourself with that problem. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, we'll maybe we'll go to Chris. Um, Chris, uh, Harry referred to you, so we'd love your thoughts on this. Chris? Bombi? You're muted. You got to unmute bottom left corner. Otherwise, we'll go oh, there there. to. Yeah, I'm on. Sorry. Thanks about that. No, I just had a little internet connection there, real quick. But uh, okay. I'll drop my hand real quick too. But yeah, just follow up, Harry. Like, I, I, dude, I understand you. You're trying to throw the Trump under the bus with this, but Trump does not run the U.S. Capitol Police. That is the one police department that is overseen and run by the legislative branch of our government. So you have to take a look right there at the ones who failed, and it was it was a, it was a failure of bureaucracy and it was a failure of leadership that day of which occurred. Uh, so therefore, you know, like I said, everything that happened and stemmed from that, like even the Capitol Police chief, they go through so many bureaucrat layers to get things done and approved. So, the, the, like, for example, the Capitol Police chief can't even go through and say, hey, I'm going to approve to get my guys uh, water on a 95 degree weather day. He has to go through the Capitol Police board. So if any one of those members said you cannot get that, police officers aren't going to get what they want. So it comes down to those questions of who gave the who gave the, the stand down to not allow Capitol Um, you're just glitching uh, day, and you have like, to take you know, with the leadership. You know, the concern I oh, have yeah. is that there there are other video. There's not only videos, but there are emails about that day that we know they have 271 emails that haven't been made public yet. And I hope Speaker McCarthy takes additional steps to disclose that material. And, you know, my concern is that the Capitol is still unsecure. The police force is not as professional as it should be. You know, the police generally, those of us who are used to 
you know, visiting the Capitol, they're largely there to reassure the public and to enable them to make use of the facilities and visit their congressmen and, you know, visit the historic Capitol complex. Uh, they're not there in the way the Secret Service is typically seen to be there protecting um, uh, the White House, for example. And so as a result, I thought the Capitol was always poorly secured because it was not secure enough. And um, and in the case of the January 6th disturbance, virtually all rioting or, or, or violence that occurs with crowds like this is a result of poor policing. It doesn't exempt anyone in the crowd from engaging in improper behavior. But that behavior is often incentivized or in, uh, because of lack of policing and, and improper training. And, um, and in this case, it was a max, it was a combination, in my view, of poor training, uh, poor command structure, and political decision making not to have the security appropriate for the crowd that was expected. Judicial Watch uncovered documents showing they knew tens of thousands would be there. Uh, we know separately that um, opportunities for increased security were rejected because the left uh, and didn't want the, the, them at the Capitol. The military was scarred by being attacked for daring to think about uh, deploying the National Guard previously, and they didn't want to be seen as being having Trump troops there at the Capitol. Uh, so uh, this was all political decision-making by anti-Trump military folks and anti-Trump folks on the Hill. They didn't want the security there, and this is the result in part. Uh, I'd like to offer. I want to ask Chris. Joe, Joe, just Joe, just Joe. I know you've been waiting for a while. I know everyone's trying to speak, but Joe, ask your question quickly. Mario, I have to interrupt you briefly yeah, Chris, because Chris. one of your tweets is wrong. You you, you wrote that uh, the uh, oh, okay. the QAnon shaman was being escorted out of the building. That is incorrect. He was escorted into the Senate chambers. So, yeah, that's exactly my question. I want to ask. Of Chris, since he was a Capitol Police, um, could the video of the QAnon shaman be a stand down order? Because I see them following him and then opening the door ahead of him, probably to check the room, in my opinion. Is it a stand down order or are they escorting him through the Capitol to lead the way to to the uh, to the to the Congress, in your opinion, from looking at the video? Well, watching that video, I have a lot of questions myself because I found that very irregular uh, for him to be particularly escorted uh, as it was in the footage released by Tucker. Um, now, again, one of the things that I have learned from uh, my fellow you know, former co-workers there was that they went to one channel that day where typically we have five or six channels on a normal operating day. So it goes back to what Tom said was that take a look at operations. Uh, it, it was a failure of the operation structure uh, that happened that day as well. Um and I also know, too, that a lot of the officers, uh, you know, even prior to that, from November, were working about six days a week, 12-hour shifts. There was major burnout going on, as it is. There were major shortages as, as well, just because, you know, a lot of officers that are already working nearly 20 years, uh, especially those who joined after the 9-11 uh, situation and in being fully staffed. So you have a lot of officers who are already there who burned out. Um, they did have a lot of newer officers that were brought up to that day, too. So, again, I'm not sure if it may have been lack of training with those who were there. But, again, as, as Tom had said, and I agree with from my estimation, too, is that the organizational structure uh, failed that day. And it comes ultimately comes down to the leadership uh, on Capitol Hill, as well as the many bureaucrat layers that uh, have a say in the operations uh, daily uh, on that day yeah. with the intel that they had. 
And the only homicide victim that day was Ashley Babbitt, who was needlessly, needlessly shot by Lieutenant Bird, who popped out from behind a column and fired into a doorway and into a crowd, including law enforcement. And he was treated with kid gloves because he killed the right type of political activist and uh, received zero accountability from Congress, D.C. police, or the U.S. Justice Department. In fact, Judicial Watch uncovered how they let him stay for free in uh, a military base for six months plus. Uh, unbelievable. Oh, please, Tom. She was climbing through a window toward a chamber with members of Congress in it. What oh, yeah. Want? You, you know what? Stop law. trying you to justify the, the needless killing of an American citizen because you don't like her. First of all, you don't like her. You don't shoot people over. Okay, hang on. Who thinks that's a normal... So Harry, I'll let you, uh, sorry, Justin, I'll let you do the introductions quickly. I know Harry, you've been waiting for a while, so I'll give you the mic back, the mic in a bit. But uh, Justin, okay. I'll let you introduce you. Hey, uh, I'm so glad we have Julie Kelly here. Julie is one of the few reporters, independent, following this from day one. There is no one who knows this issue better. I think actually, Julie it was probably a year or two ago that you and I had our first conversation on my uh, on a podcast I was on, and uh, you know, I asked you those same poignant questions. It's like, well, the 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 issue is, Julie, you know, this was a time of a transfer of power. Uh, and you had some really, I think, very poignant answers to me on to what that was. I was pressing you on that. But, Julie, welcome to the program. Tell us just briefly, uh, you know, kind of your background in this thing so people kind of get the context of where you're coming from. Hi. Can you guys hear me, first of all, I have to ask? We got you. Okay, we got great. you, friend. Um, so this is very gratifying, not just for me as a reporter who has covered this, especially what Tucker raised tonight, um, which is the Jacob Chansley case, um, uh, Ray Apps, et cetera. But on behalf of the January 6th defendants, whose lives have been destroyed by the cover-up and the lies and the deception of this Justice Department, the news media, Democrats, the Biden regime, and a lot of Republicans. Um, when I first started covering this, and American Greatness was, I think, one of two. I'll give a shout out to Darren Beatty as well. When we first started covering this, um, my publisher, Chris Buskirk, his inbox was just flooded with people desperate to reach out to us, tell their story, you know, get some sort of coverage uh, about the FBI and DOJ's rampage against them. And I would tell them, and I know my friend Brandon Strzok is on here as well. And all I would say is, look, uh, all uh, the truth is going to come out after having covered Russiagate, and I told them, I, I don't think it'll be as long as the truth about Russiagate, but the truth is will be revealed. And, um, you know, so tonight is a huge step forward in exposing all the lies about January 6th, the inside job that it was. There's going to be more to come. Um, but my satisfaction tonight is not just for me as a reporter, um, but for the thousands of families whose lives have been destroyed, bankrupted, um, alienated by their communities, their relatives, canceled by society, um, that what people were told from the beginning uh, is just simply not true. So I'm grateful for this forum wow. and, uh, you know, everyone who is going to be uh, you know, uh, posting these videos and pushing for more truth. 
Well, this really is really is so shocking in so many ways. But let me let me let me press you on a couple things, like I did uh, two years ago. Otherwise, when this happened, as I just recalled, uh, I was so upset. It, it made my stomach churn. Uh, I don't like seeing uh, our team even be portrayed in this way. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff that was hidden that even I now wasn't clear on. Uh, but you know, the the point they always make, Julie, and I understand the feeling. And actually, I think it carries a little bit of weight. But I want to hear your response because I know you've you've had this question numerous times. Julie, the answer always is put to you, well, this was a transfer of power. It's different than just a protest like a BLM part or like something that, uh, you know, is a a sit-in. This was a transfer of power. Uh, Why doesn't that matter? Um, Well, when the American people believe that the transfer of power is illegitimate, illegitimate, then you are obligated to – express your voice. And, um, you know, the peaceful transfer of power is not like a law. It's something that we sort of believe in that we've engaged in to the most part. I mean, there are points in our history where that's not the case. I pointed the 2017 riots in Washington, D.C. on Trump's uh, inauguration day. So um, in you know, I think also, Justin, the the background of what was happening in 2020, the COVID lockdowns, I mean, this was one of the most tumultuous years in American history. And so when I saw what was happening on January 6th, I did not have the same reaction as 95% of the people because of what had transpired that entire year. Um, you're not obligated, duty bound to say, okay, well, we feel like the election was rigged. uh, And so we're just going to go along with it. And the overwhelming majority of people who were there just wanted their voices heard. And what was happening that day, let's be clear, as I hate to say that term, because it's Biden-esque, it was not what they tried to shut down was the certification of the Electoral College. It was that Um, there was going to be 12 hours at least of debate over the contested states. You had House Republicans matched up with U.S. senators who were going to fully vet their complaints about um, the results in six contested states, and they were calling for a 10-day audit. Now, it was a Hail Mary. It was way too late. But what the Democrats and many Republicans wanted shut down was airing that debate publicly. And so conveniently, this so-called riot insurrection shut down that process immediately. And when they reconvened, that entire process stopped. You had senators who were going to endorse this audit, uh, the election audit commission, who then said, well, no, we're going to, I'm going to retract my support of this. We can't go on this way. We're going to certify Joe Biden. There were so. So go ahead. I've just got a question here, and I'm gonna also. You still you still there on the mic? I'm here. Um. So the so also okay. He's giving thumbs up and down. But also was making a point. uh, Who's up on stage? Uh, In terms of comparing this, and I think he was responding to Ian, comparing this to any other protest, and, and kind of similar to Justin's point, is not only considering the circumstances, but also considering the, 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 the location, the property. We saw something similar happen in Brazil that we covered it here live uh, as it happened. 
And the response, of course, we don't want to compare the U.S. government to Brazil. Um, but the response there was, you know, from what I've seen, more heavy-handed. Now, I haven't seen the, the, the how many people went to jail, but there were a lot, significantly more arrests. So considering that was... Um, uh, you know, breaking into the capital, it just makes it a lot more serious than a protest on 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 any other property really uh, in the U.S. and and some of the protesters were made of an made an example of. Um, what are your thoughts on this argument, considering the charges that were filed? I'm sorry, which which argument is is that? Considering that this is the capital, this is breaking into the capital, it should be taken a, a lot more seriously. And uh, some of the protesters were fairly or unfairly, uh, it's kind of what was debated earlier, were made an example of. So instead of looking at the charges as uh, comparing it to any other protest, um, considering those circumstances, it's fair to be taken more seriously. Um, well, very few people actually broke into the Capitol. In, case, in fact, the Justice Department just posted a, an update, and the overwhelming majority of charges are low-level misdemeanors, including trespassing. So when you say broke into the Capitol, there were only a few who were charged with breaking a window or forcing their way in. What the video shows not just the video that Tucker played, but body-worn camera and other surveillance video that has been released, is that people were walking through open doors as police officers were standing right there. This was not a break-in where they were trying to overthrow the Capitol or the government, where they had arms, they had firearms, etc. Um, and, you know, it... it There are lots of examples. I point to 2018, as a lot of people do, the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings where you had protesters occupying public buildings for days, confronting, physically confronting U.S. senators, which none of that happened on January 6th. So the disparity in the treatment of January 6th protesters versus what we saw in 2017 and 2018 and previously uh, simply does not rise to the level of this is some sort of insurrection or domestic terror attack that this regime claims that it is. So, Julie, was anyone Julie, charged you, with insurrection yeah. there? Hold on a second. No one was charged with insurrection, correct? No. Or, yeah. Julie, aren't you playing with semantics here? Because you're saying there wasn't many people who broke into the Capitol. And technically, you're right. There's not a lot of people who broke windows, but there's a lot of people who followed through, which because still considers them the breaching the Capitol. Okay. Well, do you want to describe all the charges that have been levied, the thousand uh, defendants? What's the overwhelming majority of charges? You tell me. I I know some of them. Well, I don't well, know all no, of them. There are misdemeanors. You tell me. Trespassing. You tell me what. Just what trespassing. are they? Just to answer. Yeah, well, if George well, is asking, you know, for real, like if he's legitimately asking, it's misdemeanors. It's trespassing. It's not a big deal. It's, it's not trespassing when it's the Congress. They're trying to stop uh, uh, an a, something that's happening at Congress. And, that's not I'm the same sorry. as trespassing. I'm sorry. The crime there then is you're trying to disrupt a government proceeding and the crime is what i mentioned it earlier i can look it back up and, and well, let you know yeah let me know when you get some information 
He's claiming. He's claiming Julie, he is there any comparable charges in prior? You know, I, I as I was describing to the audience earlier, because I did witness the violence, and it wasn't just yelling in conference in, in the in the committee rooms. There were people assaulted on this in the Senate, and as you pointed out, and senators were directly um, directly confronted illegally as a result of these unlawful protests. Were they, was there obstruction of proceedings there? I recall just $50 tickets being given to people for disrupting, and that was the end of it, right? That is correct. So the hundreds of protesters who were arrested and quasi-charged in, say, the Kavanaugh protests um, were, first of all, they were not charged with federal crimes. Usually, to your point, Tom, as you know, it's a $50 fine. You're protesting. You're in a building where you're not supposed to be. You're doing things you're not supposed to be. Um, so they were all basically let go. What happened in this case is the DOJ. What was AOC? Was AOC charged with federal crimes for trying to obstruct the Supreme Court a few weeks, months ago? Um, I'm going to say no, and nor was she charged when she stormed Nancy Pelosi's office with the Sunrise Movement, took over her office, brought protesters inside Nancy Pelosi's office, and stood on a desk, which was photographed, and Nancy Pelosi endorsed that. Are you trying to compare this to January 6th right now? Yes, 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 Harry, we are. Come on. Exactly. real right now, guys. (laughs) Exactly, Harry. Like, objectively look at People protesting a Supreme Court nomination, and then yes. the sure yeah, they were violent. Harry, you weren't there. How long, how long were you, Harry, when the when the violence took place? Uh, sorry, Harry, I'll let you finish your point and ask the question for Julie. Go Basically, ahead. what I'm saying is, can you tell me objectively, and I think that anybody who's looking at this logically and objectively will see that protesting Brett Kavanaugh's nomination and raiding the Capitol building, breaking windows to get in, uh, destroying property. You know, calling for the death of Mike Pence and and and, and others, among others. Who, call, who called for the death of Mike Pence? Yeah, who specifically called for the death of Mike Pence? They're doing a sit-in. They're doing a sit-in, folks. No, who specifically no, called for the You don't know what you're talking about, Pence. Harry. Billions of dollars of damage, folks. You're just making stuff look, up look, now. Look, and what the, the problem with the right is on January sixth is they they will do everything they can up until 2024 to try to scrub Donald Trump's record clean and the Republicans' record clean on January 6th. They're doing it right now. They're trying to compare a sit-in to people breaking into the Capitol. There was no sit-in. There wasn't a sit-in. Guys, guys, I let Julie, Julie will, everyone, just for everyone, everyone, Julie will, I'm sure Julie, Julie will. Mark, can I ask a question to Julie? Can I just ask her a question? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, so Harry, you, okay, go ahead. So, Julie, I asked this to Tom and I would like to ask you to you. Outside of D.C., were there mass? Were there other protests against January 6th? Outside of D.C., were there pro-Trump supporters protesting the certification of Joe Biden as president of the United States? Why don't you just be honest and ask her directly what your issue is, as opposed to playing yeah, the game? Like the Socratic uh, method. I mean, this is, no, no. This is I mean, that's no, because her framing of the conversation and everybody's framing. She, you're saying the no, Biden you're just regime. Playing. No. Uh, guys, I think unless I understand where you're coming from, Tom and Ian, but yeah, no, that was me. Also, I'll yeah. let you because I know Justin asked a few questions. I'll let you ask the question. I know it's a leading question, and then so, get to the so it is a leading questions. question because it's important because nobody's talking about this. In January 6th, there was protests across America against the certification of Joe Biden across America. Not a single one of them got charged. The only people who got charged were those who broke into the Capitol. So this notion, this idea 
that somehow this is a political witch hunt. If it was a political regime trying to maintain power over everybody, then the logical thing is everybody who protests in January 6th across America would be charged. There was only well, a group absurd. of people who were that's charged. What he just said, what he just said is, is, is patently false. A lot of people were charged who didn't break into the Capitol. And I can actually redirect this back to the whole point outside, of the conversation. Outside which of is, no, tell which me is, outside of D.C. How many people, Brandon, were charged outside of D.C., outside of the protests in the Capitol? How many people were charged in California, Texas, I'd, Illinois, I would Nevada, rather talk Washington, about the people Michigan, who were, I would Ohio, rather, I would rather, I would rather talk about the people who were charged outside of the building, like myself, people who didn't even enter the Capitol on January 6th. And I'd also like to talk about what the footage on Tucker tonight showed so clearly, which was the fact that there was overwhelmingly the people who went inside the building were completely peaceful, were completely calm, were not doing anything violent, were not doing anything destructive. And what's really bothering me about this conversation and nobody seems to be pointing out is that what was exposed tonight was that, yes, like nobody's arguing with you that nobody thinks that you're crazy that you saw videos of people breaking windows. We've all seen videos of people breaking windows. We've seen videos of people struggling with police officers and scaling walls. But the problem here is that every person that the government went after and every person that the DOJ decided to charge and destroy their lives has been labeled a terrorist and an insurrectionist. And people have automatically assumed that if you were charged with the DOJ, it was because you were somehow involved in a violent riot or an insurrection. And now this clearly proves that that wasn't the case whatsoever. And what bothers me so much is that the government has sat on the same government that's been telling us for two years that, that what happened on January 6th was akin to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and some of the, the most egregious acts of terrorism in history. They knew all the, t- all the while that this footage existed and all these things existed that showed that the majority of people who they charged and dragged through this calmly and peacefully either walked through open doors or in my case stood outside with an iPhone in my hands and shot a video, but they didn't make any attempt whatsoever to go out publicly and say, look, okay, some people broke windows and some people did some terrible things. And these are the people we really need to go after. And you know what? Some other people broke the law too. They, they, they walked through open doors and they were, they were trespassing, but those people don't deserve to be called terrorists. Those people don't deserve to be called insurrectionists. I was placed on a terrorism list. So was Derek down here. And, and Brandon, Brandon, can I ask you, like the, the law that was broken for people who breached the Capitol, to me, is obstructing congressional and federal administrative proceedings. What were you charged with? I was charged with two felonies and a misdemeanor. So uh, to the best of my knowledge, I am the only person who was charged on January 6th with a felony of occupying restricted grounds. But you're on federal the, property. That's why it's a felony. But what, no, what was really, is that why he was charged? You asked me a question. Let me answer it. Uh, go ahead, uh, Brenda. Let me answer the question. Okay, you asked me a question. So my, what I'm saying to you is that the majority of people who went inside the Capitol, and frankly, I don't give a damn if they broke in through a window or crawled through a broken window or walked in through an open door. Almost every single one of them or all of them have been charged with misdemeanor charges of occupying a restricted building. I was charged with a felony of occupying restricted grounds outside of the building. So that was one of my felonies. I was also charged with a felony of impeding an officer in the line of duty, which I thought was really confusing because I said to my lawyer, there were no police officers on the east side grounds where I was. There were no officers. And my lawyer says, well, actually, in your video that you were shooting, there's a moment 
where 35 feet away from you, somebody, uh, one, one police officer materializes in the open doors of the Capitol, which I was shooting, standing outside shooting the open doors. And when he gets there, when he gets to the open doors, somebody grabs his plastic shield out of his hand and mind you, returned it to him six seconds later, literally six seconds later, returned his plastic shield. But several people in the crowd became you know, agitated, making noise. And because I was a part of the crowd, they said, well, you were a part of this crowd that was disorderly, that was disruptive. And so we're charging you with a felony of impeding an officer because somebody else took a shield 35 feet away from you and you were in the crowd supposedly encouraging this officer. And then they charged me with a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct with an intent to disrupt a hearing before Congress, although I, of my own volition, turned around and didn't go inside the building. Hey, by the but way, Brandon, you, you were on the you, you were on the charged Supreme with Court. impeding law enforcement officer. You weren't. Were you charged with anything to do with the actual congression? Uh, what was happening in Congress? No, I was threatened with a third felony of obstruction of Congress, but I ended up taking a plea deal before we got to that point. So I got and a I took a plea deal because I was potentially facing three felonies and a misdemeanor for standing outside of the building for eight minutes. So, so Brandon, I got a question. So you, were, you were you were on the Supreme Court side, correct? That's correct. Okay, so on that side, there was video that's been out for some time. I mean, man, I've gone. I, I know every nook and cranny of that freaking Capitol building. I spent eight years there. I'm watching the videos tonight. There was no freaking insurrection. There were some, absolutely, some people who um, you know, committed vandalism, and they should have been charged for it. But I got to tell you, Brandon, you were a political target because of what you've done to, you know, in, in your political efforts leading up to that point. The reason I say that is there's video right below the stairs where you, you typically see a picture of Congressman walking up a big flight of stairs to go into the Capitol, right below that is an area that was designed actually for horse and buggies to drop people off underneath those steps in the Capitol. Right in that area, there was a video that showed people who were supposedly protesters talking to a handful of USCP officers, asking them, why are you guys not stopping this? Why are you guys doing nothing? In other words, it was, it was all peaceful people on that side. You were a total political target because everything that I've learned since then, there was nothing going on on that side. The pictures that people see of USCP, by the way, instigating some violence themselves. And, and I, I, I love USCP officers, so don't get me wrong, Chris. I've got many of them that are friends, and I think one of the worst tragedies of this whole thing is USCP is down in people's opinion because it's been an excellent organization with all the challenges that it has. I have many friends there and I love them to this day. And we talk when I go back, but um, on the West side uh, where officers were shooting tear gas into crowds, you know, with no instigation at all. And then that stirred things up. Listen, what, what we saw tonight on Tucker Carlson, proves without a shadow of a doubt that there was absolutely no insurrection taking place. And Joe, just to slightly go, go back against you, there, listen, there, you don't have federal restricted grounds. Like, you know, if there's a certain circumstance and if someone's been ordered to do something or whatever, it's, they, it's discretionary. It's not a federal Jim, he, crime. He, for, impeded a, he impeded a federal officer. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> 
Are you, saying, are, you are you saying Brandon did? Hold on. Are you saying Brandon did? 35 feet away from an officer. How is that impeding anyone? Yeah, that, that is absolutely. Brandon just, Listen, Brandon hey, just Joa, said that. Joa, Joa. Are you not listening to no what he said? Joa. I said I was charged with that. Yeah. You said you held the shield. You, you no. stopped him because of the shield. No, no that's no, no, not no, no, what no, I Joa. said. What the hell, Joa? Check it here. Hey, Joa, yeah, Joa, on that side of the Capitol, there was absolutely nothing. Guys, uh, sorry, if you could just uh, less, – less personal attacks and uh, – yeah, continue, Jim. Yeah, on that side of the Capitol, there was absolutely knowing, nothing going on on the outside. Most of what happened was on the west side. There were some on the north and south sides as well, too. That's where some of the windows were broken in. But, um, that, but what happened on the west side, and when you started seeing people encroach the Capitol on that side, we already had video evidence of that. Uh, that that the shooting of tear gas into the crowd because USCP seemed to feel threatened and they were overwhelmed. I mean, there was a lot of people over there, but to shoot tear gas into that crowd instigated something. And you saw people moving at the Capitol after that took place. Listen, there there's a lot of blame to go around in certain things, but there was zero insurrection taking place. And the charges but, that but, Donald Trump... But Jim, but Jim, I'm sorry, listen, but the, the point here is that the damage is done. And I think that this is great that this footage is coming out and maybe, you know, 2% of the people listening on this, this call tonight or across the country might begin the process of, of changing their minds. I can't get the last two years of my life back. I, I don't think Derek can, you can get the last two years of his life back. And also, you guys, I, do you understand that they've taken all of us that were accused and charged and put us on a public registry like a sex offender registry? Google my name right now. The first search result that you're going to find is a dossier compiled against me by the government and every other J6er. And it just it doesn't just include what we were convicted of. It doesn't say Brandon Strzok was convicted of misdemeanor disorderly conduct, which was the plea deal that I took. It lists every single thing that they charged me with and then dropped those charges. So it says Brandon Strzok charged with felony impeding an officer. Brandon Strzok charged with felony uh, occupying restricted grounds. It's horrible. And then we've seen demonstrated right here on this call. You've got uh, people with a a low aptitude and capacity to be able to retain information uh, who hear these things and then all of a sudden make a complete judgment about somebody's character. And let me tell you, when you have multiple felonies being leveled at you at the most high-profile crime case in American history that's being talked about, nobody's coming to your defense. The right-wing media goes silent. Republicans go silent. Of course, everybody's taking plea deals. So I think it's wonderful that this footage is coming out. But guess what? I already pled guilty to a misdemeanor, and I already have had all of these charges leveled against me. So there will be no exoneration for me. There'll be and, no and exoneration by the way, Brandon, you're Same, going uh, hold on, hold on. Just, uh, just. Uh, I want to go to all source and um, again, guys. No personal attacks. Uh, all source and uh, Harry. I saw you on mute as well. Um, and Chris, I've got a question for you. Well, Harry, so, uh, before I ask my question to Christian. So, so um, no. What, I, I mean, so, so I all source. The question to you. Is, go ahead. No, I mean, they ask like, like I, I kind of joked earlier. Like I, I agree. Like, welcome to the federal government. Of course, they're gonna like. There's a reason why ninety over ninety percent of federal charges get a, either a guilty or a plea deal. Yeah, yes, a hundred. Yes, agree. That's how the federal government works. Rudy Giuliani actually took that to the extremes when he was a district attorney for the Southern District of New York. That's how the federal government works, right? What? So is that right? Or is that wrong? What, what happens, Brandon? What, and I, and I agree with you. I think it's bullshit. What happened to you? I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. 
But that's yeah, how. He, but hold on, Joe. But but what people need to understand is the government after this act, after this occurred, is going to take a very hard stand. That's how the government has always worked and will always work. Not, but, source, but, does that but when hard you look stance, at the materials, look at Antifa. Look at Trump under Antifa. Look at Trump under yeah, but, Antifa. Uh, the, but when you <laughs> look at the materials of the Justice Department. This is how people do it. It's when it affects me, it's bullshit. When it affects wait, wait, all me, source, no. all source. Hang on, one second, guys. One when second. One second. Look at the materials of the Justice right, Department. Justin, go. Ahead. So hold on. Okay, look, guys. Here's, here's the deal. Look, we're talking about you know one thing is Antifa and Trump coming down hard on those guys. Another thing is people lying. Hey, here's another clip, guys, that just came out tonight. And do this not one, tell. You know, oh, come on, Justin. What? Do not. No. Do what? not. No. Do not oh, tell so me. Censor, censor the clip, Justin. No, uh, hold on. Do so not, not censor the clip. Guys, guys, <laughs> just, just, just. Do, just, do not up, tell up. me. He's going to play the clip, don't do not tell me Go ahead, also. Do, do not tell me, Justin, that nobody, not a single administration, uses the power of the Justice Department to push policy decisions and political decisions to send a message. Every Not political administration yeah. lies. And no. you're talking Democrat, to somebody, right. by the way. Democrats do it talk, all the time. Republicans. Re- you're, you're talking to somebody. You're talking to somebody who has tracked extensively, extensively how people are targeted, especially let's go into this conversation of illegal immigration cartel. I track this extensively. It is used by every single administration. So if you want to bitch about it, do not bitch about it only when it impacts you. Bitch about it in general. Did you Did you follow the Whitmer Justin. fadnapping hoax? Uh, anybody here? Did you understand what happened there, which was happening at the same time that we know federal informants were run into groups like the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers? This coincided with the Whitmer fadnapping hoax. The same thing. Did you Did you follow that? Yeah, and, and um, here's the other thing, guys. Look, please. Like <laughs> no, also, no, I, also, I, did I you want to respond? To, yes. Also, did you want to respond to this before Justin plays the clip? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, again, like you're like Julie. I get. Yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Get? Federal informants. Federal informants. Like, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Just to, to kind of like just go a little bit deeper. We had federal. There's public reporting of federal informants encouraging. Known cartel members, cartel bosses to do action so they can get them and arrest them and then their families. Like, again, welcome to the federal government. This is how okay, things so operate at the federal government. It's wrong. Not, it always happens. Of course, it's going to happen against the Proud Boys. Of course, it's going to happen in Antifa. It Why? happens with West, with left wing eco groups that everybody here claims out oh, eco terrorists. It happens with BLMs. It happens with everybody. Okay, okay. So if you want to change that. Change Relax. it in general. Yeah, but look, don't bring also, it the difference is, Justin, this difference is, this wasn't was just some... the Justice Department. This was Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats making political hay. I can't remember the equivalent of using a faked death of a police officer creating a memorial that my old boss, Mitt Romney, bowed to in the middle of the Capitol. It makes me nauseated because this guy had a life. Let me play this clip one minute long. This is the other part of the video that just makes me sick. These lies right here. And several police officers in the meantime. But Brian Sicknick should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. 
To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie that Democrats have told us about January 6th. And it was indeed a lie. The January 6th committee knew perfectly well that Brian Sicknick was walking normally through the Capitol. So, so there you have it. That was just a short excerpt there. But just imagine that. I mean, they used him as a political prop. And is context, Mario, you need some context there? Yeah, I was hey, going to ask you. Wait, wait. So just just hold on, Jim. Just to understand that oh, no, video. No, there's if you something don't mind. real important there. In that video, Jim, go ahead. Yeah. He, they, made, they made the point. Tucker Carlson made the point on that video that – the the Democrat committee had had bookmarked the video at that point. In other words, he makes the point. They absolutely looked at that video that he showed, which clearly showed Brian Sicknick in quite good health after the time when he was supposedly harmed. Yeah, and that's not and the DOJ. That, that, that okay, so just the point. Pelosi, the that, that drives home the okay, point that they don't care whose lives they ruin as long as they can get to President Trump. That's all they care about. They don't care if people um, if so, sit in prison for this. They don't care if people commit suicide from this. They don't care if people's lives are ruined for forever as long as they can get to President Trump. So the last you breached the Capitol. You breached the Capitol. Okay, Joa and Derek. Derek, Derek, Joa, guys. Derek and Joa. Uh, I, just sorry, Derek and Joe, I, I let you because uh, I just want to go back to the video just to understand it a bit more if you don't mind, um, and and I will continue the discussion. But Justin, so Mario, so the video timestamp, the the video, and also so I let you go as well. But just quickly, the video timestamp is so he was meant to be what by that time? So what were the Brian's, initial allegations? Uh, Julie, maybe you can explain the Sicknick story just briefly there. Uh, I'm happy to. to. Yes, I'm happy to. So the New York Times on January 8th, 2021, published a lie, an uh, anonymously sourced account that Brian Sicknick died as a result of an attack by Trump supporters using a fire extinguisher. They had to retract that story after Brian Sicknick's death, untimely death, was exploited by House Democrats. And they retracted that story. Then they pivoted to, well, he died as a result of an allergic reaction to bear spray, which was not bear spray. Then it was pepper spray. Um, then in April of 2021, the D.C. coroner published a delayed report that said he died of natural causes, which was a stroke. Body cam footage that has just recently been released showed how DC Metro police officers were dousing the crowd outside with pepper spray, including a canister that was misfired that was the, the, uh, uh, contents blew towards where Brian Sicknick was and it disabled dozens of police officers. Was Brian Sicknick one of them? Possibly. Um, but the whole idea that Brian Sicknick was killed as a result of January 6th is a lie. It is an animated lie. Anyone who defends it 
has a real problem because this poor so, man Julie, died so to go back stroke. to just to go back to the story, just before we get to the conclusion, uh, Joa, if you can, in the meantime, um, look look at the, and I know you're pretty good at researching things quickly. Just look at that New York Times article. What I'm curious about, Julie, is when that story came out, and then they pivoted to different bear spray and pepper spray, and then we had the the coroner come out with the uh, with the uh, Mario. I have the story of how he died. Um, from the medical corner. Okay, go ahead. Also, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, please, please. The medical corner said, and I'll quote it, and he was says, the formal finding was that the death was caused by a, quote, acute brainstem and cerebral infracts due to acute basilar artery thermosis and that the matter of death was natural. In other words, the, you, th- and that's where they kind of say with the stroke, but basically that's kind of, that's the reasoning for his death. That was from Correct. the corner. So, natural causes because of a brain. So when he says, I would have to highlight. Okay, go ahead, yeah. I would have to highlight. Yeah. What, Julie? I have a question for you. Was the officer hit in the head with the fire extinguisher? Is that the officer who died? No, he was not hit with a fire. There was no officer hit with a fire extinguisher. No, they retracted the story. We we had the video of a police officer getting hit in the head with the fire extinguisher. There's videos of that. No, you which was not. which was who? What officer? I, I, I will share it. No, I'm just no. Oh. So that officer died because of a stroke, but there was to, to, to suggest that officers were not attacked. I mean, I, I don't think no that's one. Okay, well, no one's uh, saying. Saying. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you change. Okay, the so yeah, Julie, Julie, I, I, I get you. I'm going to kind of make your point. Sorry, I muted everyone. But the point you're making, Julie, is that yes, another officer might have been hit by, by the head with the fire extinguisher, but he is not sickening. And confusing merging the two stories is is not a fact. Is that the point you wanted to make, Julie? Uh, no, no, yes, I, don't, I are... don't think that's right, Mario. I think from what it is, unless there's somebody else, the claim was the Sicknick was actually hit with a fire extinguisher and then that was debunked later. Yeah, yeah so we got that one. And then also... also, the story, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the video today... So, yeah, yeah, so so yeah, we, I got that one. So today's video, what does it show that we don't know? Because we know the New York Times well, attracted it, it the video. Presumed, he did, Mario, he Mario was presumed that he was dead after he got... After he got hit by whatever he got hit by, right? Oh, and he what time was presumed to be taken away? Guys, guys, guys. Okay, the he was. Video today, the video today shows that Sicknick still had his helmet on. He was in. After the time that he was supposedly attacked, he was walking around in uh, above the crypt area in that uh, area right in the middle, right under, well, in the middle of the Capitol that is uh, where most of the visitors go to start their capital or many, one of the places they go to start their capital tours. He was walking around uh, showing people where to leave the capital. He was putting a sign behind a couple columns that, that was there and then, and directing people. They, I, I, to, to my knowledge, unless so, so something Jim, happened just, to him uh, after that, he was just, not harmed at all. Okay, so that's what I want to understand. I'm trying to understand whether. It, 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 okay, so I'll tell you what conclusion I'm trying to come to. Just to kind of finish it off. Something the video, quickly, Mario. If it's about the exact video and the timestamps, yeah, I want to get this video yes. over done. I mean, with, what's please. important about it is they had immediate access to this video, and there was a period of time that they allowed this lie to fester. And when they had access to the video, remember, the official autopsy wasn't released until April. So there was months where they had access to the truth about what happened, but they let it be out there and circulate this big lie about the circumstances and of Mario. his death. And, and Judicial Watch found that once they did release the autopsy, the media started pressuring the medical examiner's office, office right. to, to justify his decision that he had died from natural causes the day and to after. to put a more fine point on it, the entire display – of his uh, ashes being placed in the Capitol Rotunda 
was an absolute farce, and it is a disgrace to Sicknick. Okay, so we're moving. Okay, so, so, really okay, well. so, that, so we've moved past the video. We've moved past that, that. This was. I don't. Okay, we've moved past the video. The timestamp of the video, Justin, you would, I think you were answering that question. What's the time? No, the the, the, the timestamp of the video is hours after the supposed incident happened. And what happened, Mario, okay. over the next week is that a memorial and his ashes lay in repose in the Capitol, and uh, the elected officials went into the Capitol, pay their respects. Mitt Romney and others kneeled before this memorial to pay homage to this officer who it was thought across the news and still to this day died from the direct actions of the mob. This was I basically so his death was used uh, and there's and I understand. That one uh, doesn't surprise me too much. We see that in I'm not saying it's right, it's fucking horrible, but it happens a lot. But well, the, the fact that the video politics. was Wait, what? Uh, Wait a minute. It does not happen. He takes a cloak to the head. That happens in third world politics. Wait a second. Who took a blow to the head? He took a blow to the head. I have the video right here. I can put it in the nest. Brian, wait, Brian Sicknick took no blow to the head. Yes, he did. I have it on video right here. Okay, I can if, share you can, with you. if you can, yeah, so we can check the video and, and conclude. So if you can pin it above Joa and also not pin true. it or tweet it on your account, uh, let me go to your account, Joa. So, Julie, okay, we can debunk it here live. Um, well, so if, I'm going to go to Please make a quick comment, like super fast. Uh, yeah, sure, I mean, man. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, Derek? I yeah go ahead. Say, for, for everybody in the audience who's wanting to know, uh, part, partly about Brandon's story of filming and what it was like on the east side of the building. I have a video pinned to the top of my Twitter feed right now of me entering the east doors, thanking a police officer for his service, receiving a fist bump from him, and walking out. And so anybody in the audience who wants to watch that and think that I deserve 24 years in prison for doing that, I'm sorry, but you're crazy. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up for for the, uh, another 10, 20 minutes, however long, is I know Harry doesn't really care what President Trump thinks about January 6th, but as someone who was there and went to prison for this, I don't care what a, a beta male thinks about this either. So there, there's that. Okay. Yeah, and, you, and you entered, yeah, uh, yeah, but you, you entered federal property. You're trying to say that, oh, I'm innocent. Guys, you think you feel bad for me. I entered federal property. I broke the law knowingly. Feel bad for me. Please. Oh, come on. There is no law. Right, so, 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 guys, guys, guys. So, Derek, that's why the personal attacks is trigger uh, debates like this. Um, so, Joy, did you pin the video above? Because I can't see it, or you didn't. I don't see it on your account either. Uh, Joa, are you there? You have Joa. muted. I'm trying to pull I just the hope, video. I just hope I'm the audience is listening video. to the way the left is approaching. Exist. Exactly it's, right. It's and and Mario, time. Mario, it's you keep bringing up time. personal attacks. You keep saying that. Hold on, hold on, guys, guys. Oh my! Uh, sorry, Brandon, you're making a point. I'd like. I'd love you to make that point if you don't. I want to see that video, please. Yeah, I'm hey, sorry, ahead, Tom. I, I thought you were finished. But I'll, really quickly, all I was saying is, Mario, you keep talking about personal attacks. It's a personal attack to call me a criminal. It's a personal attack to call Derek a criminal. So uh, pardon us if we feel extremely offended when people are sitting here Fair trying point. to pretend like, oh, you, you walked through open doors on federal property. Oh, my God. Like, give me a fucking break. I mean, you're acting like we're domestic terrorists uh, for standing on, on, on federal grounds. That's a personal attack. Yeah, there, 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 there is no Unless, law against going on federal property. Period. I think we all. I think we. I think we all agree that thing, well, no, the Joe one thing we agree on. Just, that point. I know, I know, I know. I know. I think Harry, Harry made that point, but I understand. Look, I think we all agree things that happen. There's some things that happen there is that, that were wrong. All of us agree on this, but there's also it was you know it was leveraged to the to the Democrats' advantage to kind of 
um, it's reach a certain agenda. I think some of us agree with this. Now we, we kind of lean on different sides of how extreme, you know, all sorts, you're saying that this is relatively common and, and, you know, no one should be surprised. And then obviously Julie is saying that, no, this is not common. And what, what will happen on January 6th is, is, um, you know, Mario, no explanation make, for it. I but I want to go, I want to go to, before you do, Jim, Jim, I want to finish. I understand. Joe, I want to see that video because I think it's important. I want to just debunk that video or if it's true, I want to understand. I got to make this point. All sorts. Can you make it? Please, Jim, let me I'll let you make the point. I will make, let you make the point among all the other points you're going to be making. Uh, can I finish with that video, Joe? Did you, uh, did you finally, because if you're not going to pin it now, I'm going to move on. Yeah, yeah it's not coming up on the, on the thing. It's, I have it. Just DM it to me. Just DM it. Just Julie. Just Julie. Julie, understand. All right, so we'll go to Jim. Um, well, I don't know where Jim is. Uh, Tom, jump in. You know, the um, uh, the concern I have is that, um, you know, all sorts makes a fair point about the federal government not being a fair, you know, doesn't play fair ball in prosecutions. But there's nothing comparable in terms of the mass political prosecutions in terms of the sheer volume and resources being applied in this case. And unfortunately, the po- political left has taken it at, as a as a maxim that everyone involved in January 6th, anyone who questions the elections, is an insurrectionist terrorist or supporter of insurrection and terrorism. And certainly Joe Biden has implemented as such in his various speeches as, as, as well. So never before have we had the instruments of the federal government being used in such a direct way to target the political opponents of a sitting president. It just hasn't happened before in modern history. And I don't think there's anything comparable, certainly prior to modern history, other than the Alien Sedition Acts, perhaps. And so this is a dangerous time for our republic. And we're hearing, and we're here, uh, let me finish. And we're hearing even on these spaces, this sort of casual joking or this casual use, desire to jail one's political opponents over modest infractions. It's really disturbing. This is why... This country is being ripped apart because there's one side who thinks they should be able to jail their political opponents if they disagree with them on an election dispute. That's an well, absolute joke, Tom. So, you, so, Joe, let me if I may. Look, let me let me. I didn't do it, but let me just put it this point. I didn't do it. I'm mute. But Tom, I like again, that's why I go back to my question of like, so I understand the concern you have about political opponents. And that's why I try to hone in specifically, specifically in the Capitol. But to your point about has this happened in the past? Now you're trying to make the comparison of politics. My counter argument to that, it's called the drug war. Like, guys, this happens all the time. And we all remember, like, I remember, like, to this day, you're, the politicization, the you're talking about, you're effect, talking about no, and Antifa, Antifa. I would Antifa suggest also time, as quickly, if you could look at the Justice Department filings in these cases, you will see all sorts of anti-Trump political rhetoric and anti-election, you know, the election, you know, the election denier smear that just doesn't exist in these other types of prosecutions. Julie's examined all of this pretty closely. It's extraordinary. You're seeing DNC talking points in these Justice Department materials, attacking the attacking the defendants for having First Amendment protected political views on election disputes and suggesting the courts take that into account 
in sentencing. Because it's it goes incredible. to motive. I've Tom. never seen anything like it. it and I've been motive. doing this longer motive. than some of the spaces of participants have been alive. And of course the Justice Department is going to do that. Of course the Justice Department No, it's not of course. It just hasn't happened before. But it hasn't happened before. Tom, what's the motive of the Justice Department producers? So they don't hire Hollywood Hoss, Hoss. producers in other cases to, One to drum up all this stuff and, and try to come after people. They hired ho- Hollywood producers to, to broadcast this. They don't do that in these other cases you're talking about. I'm, Tom, like, I'm that, that it's only used by the... Tom's question. Yeah. Does, do, has this happened in the past in terms of previous cases using po- political affiliations in terms of judgments? No. Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, can I just quickly say something? Let me let me let me answer this point that I think is very important. Why is the Justice Department in their filings? You okay? We could agree or disagree with it. I'm not I'm not trying to get at that. But why is the Justice Department using this as a motive to start charging people? Right? Because it goes into the motive. They're using that as a motive. I'm not arguing for or against it. Just the logic. Obviously. The Justice Department and the prosecution needs a motive to to charge, right? Because if not, what's, then the, then the the sense of criminality is not as important. So the motive is the den- the, the 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 denial of the election caused people to st- storm the Capitol, whatever. That isn't what they say. Come on, I mean, that's a good that's a good college try, but that's not what's happening. Tom, what you're saying is not what's happening. Let me speak real quick because because here's the problem. Here's the problem about. Excuse me. Um, Yeah. So, Joe, I'll let you respond and then go to Julie. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. What's happening is the left, the right, is accusing the left of of politicizing the 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 Justice Department. But the same thing happened to Trump. So you can't be in an uproar when it happens on one side but not the other. Trump on his own Twitter said. Lock up Hillary Clinton. He said, lock up Huma Abedin as well for something his own daughter also did while she was while he was in office. Nice try. Nice try. It's Next. not a nice try. One he second, said, one what do you do mean it, nice it, try? It, it's right it, there. Joe, one second. Is that the same, though? That's someone making a statement on Twitter or publicly. But is that the same as within the judiciary, within the legal systems, a political affiliation having an impact? Do you think it's the same? How is it not the same? They're saying that they're influencing, they're influencing uh, the Justice Department. He said, "Let's go FBI and Justice Department. Let's get Hillary for yeah, rigging the primaries." The Justice Department targeted Trump, Trump instead. Abedin. That didn't work out that well. Uh, yeah, nobody. Will I mean, there were no charges, and and there's a big difference between the Justice Department putting this material into filings and courts demanding and yeah, lawyers what? suggesting that participants in the January 6th demonstrations renounce Trump. In order to get a sentence reduced, I have never <laughs> seen uh, this is this is not third world. It's worse than third world because they they don't pretend to follow the rules here because on one side they actually broke the law. They actually broke the law, and we're making a mockery of our own system in a way that I hope we can recover. Tom, but they do this all the time. Like you're making an example just no, solely on the Trump. Like, let me no, put there's it this nothing way. like this in terms you of politi- right the politicization now, Tom, of the Justice Department. Tom, Tom, let me, Tom, it's protected speech. It is, I, again, I did not mute. It is protected speech to say, for example, ISIS is the greatest thing in the world. ISIS, the caliphate is the greatest. 
uh, Abu Baghdadi is well, a caliph above Muslims. Well, there you go. Speech. No, hold there on. You go. So that is protected speech. So what did the FBI do? What has the FBI done? The FBI finds these people and then they egg them on and then they egg them on. And then they say, hey, I understand you like this. Hey, hey, by the way, do you want to buy a weapon from us to com- commit a terrorist attack? Oh, you do want to buy us a weapon? So th- let's get you with one of our other agents who's quote unquote a weapon dealer. And then we're going to give you weapons. Again, you're making an example of January 6th because I'm going to motive. I'm not justifying it, but I'm going to motive. The motivation of somebody can be protected speech, but they use it to determine motive to then pin you on the crime. And if the crime in this case of January 6th is trespassing or whatever, there has to be a motive that, for but it. That is, but, you know, that's that. a presumption you're making as to the purpose of it. That isn't the context. Julie? <laughs> Um, so first of all, I'm a little worried about Joa that he still 26 months later can't get over what happened 20, you know, like for four hours. I'm a little concerned that you're the one investigating it still. What are you talking about? I can't get over it. Joa, I have a question for you. Um, how many court hearings and proceedings and motions related to January 6th have you actually listened to and covered? Sorry, my my headphones unplugged real quick. Can you repeat that? I sure will. How many court proceedings, motions, hearings, filings, etc., hearing what the government is doing, hearing what the judges are allowing as evidence, including memes that are mean about Nancy Pelosi, that a defendant such as Robert Reeder, who pleaded guilty guilty to parading and they went through his social media account and used memes about Nancy Pelosi he posted months before January 6th how much of that have you actually covered Julie how many other cases have you covered because Joa, that is quite normal that is quite normal I why don't you answer Julie reference answer. what all source said it's called motive right when they're submitting things in the court like this like memes and okay, shit like that could, what no, else I'm you so harry i'll let you ask the question to julie and julie i'll let you answer it just uh, everyone please go ahead harry i'll let you finish your question i just want to say quickly i just would i would maybe all source wants to speak to this but reference what all source said earlier motive motive what they're doing by submitting these things Harry, you sound so tired is it's called motive uh called motive. no man i'm i'm trying to get i'm trying to get i'm working with the background getting getting the video for uh joa so uh, the video the video that he was referring joa, to in the well, article the I, sent, I sent you the i sent you the okay. video yeah, yeah i've got it i've got it joa i'm gonna i'm gonna get it downloaded and put the link so everyone could check it and then i haven't looked at it i haven't read anything i haven't read anything about it but let everyone look at it debunk it on the space uh if it's not accurate um okay but, so uh, there's yeah, so, no go ahead julie no i'll let you respond video. There's no video of Brian Sicknick being attacked with a fire extinguisher. I'm asking Joa, who is I didn't say fire extinguisher. By he was not hit in the head with anything. You know there I is plenty of footage of Capitol footage. Police murdering people. There's plenty of footage. Of Wait Capitol a second! Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm asking Joa, who is so traumatized about the events of January 6th, how much time he's invested in actually attending trials covering uh, the hearings, looking at court motions and seeing what the government is doing. I'm asking him because he is so traumatized how much reporting. I'm not the one traumatized. You're the one still on it. Not me. Like I, yes, I looked at I some of the I looked it. at some of the cases. I didn't look at all of them. Of course, why would I? Which case? What I've seen Please is completely normal. Case. Like you're calling Joa, out, you're calling out memes. You're an Hold on, on. you're Please calling out, you're you're calling out memes 
which shows motive. This is completely normal. The motive you guys of are trying, what? Of, tra- you, you of guys creating are, you guys the are, capital? You guys Noah, are trying to set up a thing as if this oh, is not normal. The setting thing is also normal. The majority of charges, the overwhelming majority of charges, which have resulted in plea deals, is a low-level misdemeanor called parading in the Capitol. Are you really that upset about people parading in the Capitol? Name one defendant that you have covered extensively, that you know the case, that you followed, that you can tell me exactly what the charges are, what the government is claiming, why you are so upset about this? Name one. But who said I'm upset? What I'm saying is the narrative. Julie, you're trying to frame this argument in a, in a way that that shows how ingenuous you are. You, there are cases I, that I, happen. I the government on both sides, on both sides, have tried to politicize justice, which I've government shown. Government has one right? side, by the and, way. One side the government has. Go ahead. What do you? How does the government what, have one side? What case upsets you? Joel, what case, what defendant upsets you so much that you're here talking about motive? That you are There's not one. There's not only one. There's people that in, that breached a, a federal building trying to stop who? the trying to stop the process of power. What do you mean who? There was 900 and some people arrested. I'm sure all of them did not deserve to be arrested. Just like you know, cartel trials. Families don't deserve to get arrested. Cannot answer a direct question. You are, you have no idea. You are ignorant. You have no idea. You have no specifics. You can't even tell me one case that upsets you so much that you are here on this space disparaging innocent people who are charged with low level misdemeanors whose lives have been destroyed. Julie, this is what you're, this is what you're trying to do. This is this is what you're trying to do, okay? All source just mentioned mentioned cases about the cartel, right? Where family members get arrested. Same One thing with the insurrection. There's other people who walk into the into the Capitol building that they shouldn't be walking into that probably shouldn't be charged, but they were. That shit happens. Period. Okay, tell me what one case that upsets you so much. That, that happens. Yeah, well, charge what a great point. You know, murders happen, rapes happen, television happens. You know, and, bad no, no, things happen. I'm, so let's just get over, guys. Let's move on. You know, bad things happen, y'all. What, Joe, I, question, I want Joey to tell me one case that uh, let, I think specifically. I think... One case that Brandon, I let you jump in. Okay, I don't know who muted everyone. It wasn't muted for the first time. Uh, sorry, Julie. I know Julie and Joe are going back and forth on this. Brandon, I, I thought you'd jump in. I'd love you to, 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 to do so. Yeah, and Julie, I'm not going to change the subject. You can pick right back up. I, I guess my question is, like, how do you have it both ways, Joe? You're sitting here. Like, you, we've heard you. We've all heard you say at least 15 times, they breached the Capitol. They breached the Capitol. They breached the Capitol. And then in the same breath, you turn around and say, the government does this all the time. Uh, family members, of, you know, maybe some of the wrong people get arrested. Some of the wrong, well, if you know that some of the wrong people get arrested, why are you sitting here right now clutching your pearls about the fact that, oh, somebody got arrested for breaching the Capitol? Uh, you're sitting here telling us right now that, you know, the government does this all the time. They arrest innocent people all the time. You're not cutting, giving anyone the benefit of the doubt with January 6th. You're so not saying, Brando, well, maybe you, that if, person didn't break the law. If you didn't impede a federal officer, you don't deserve, you don't deserve what you got. Point blank. I don't think you do. I'm not talking about everyone. I'm, I never said everyone. I'm saying there are people that that shouldn't have been in the build, building. For example, on Derek's on Derek's case, for example, 
he had on full riot gear. You're going to tell me he didn't know I he did was not. doing something I had wrong? I on a helmet and a jacket. I had no riot gear. Okay, Are it looked like riot right gear now? from the table. No, that is ridiculous for you to say something that is so dumb. And for the record... You have on a riot thing, helmet. So you, no, no, I did not. It was a 1970 motorcycle helmet that I grabbed out of my garage at the last minute because Antifa was attacking people all over the country exactly. during the summer of love leading up to that. And for the record, we declared that area... Chaz before we stormed the capital so therefore it was our own country and it was perfectly fine to do so my god what a dumb argument oh my god it's just brain numbing we don't care what brain numbing folks it's just brain numbing it's brain numbing you know what's really brain numbing how democrats burn america to the hey, ground Mario, i feel like we're all talking in circles yeah yeah yeah. so just quickly i've sent i've sent guys i've sent through the video to everyone just because i can't download it but i've sent you through the link if you can have a look at it you i've just kind of sent you on whatsapp as well the one that yeah, joe's yeah, referring yeah. to just gonna we kind of close this topic um so if you could have a look at it regarding brian Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, so while you look at that video, uh, maybe we can go to Slayman just to give an update on what we found out today. I brought Jenny up as well, but what were the? Um, I know Ian as well. You can probably give us an overview. But since you're watching the video, Slayman, do you want to give the room a space, a quick update, and what Fox News's video show? What we know from these videos. Um, and then if anyone else wants to add final thoughts, probably could uh, wrap it up. It's been like five Yeah, I don't think I'm the best person because for quite a bit of it, I uh, I wasn't listening, so I don't want to like go over something you guys have already covered. But, um, I mean, briefly speaking, I guess the issue is this, isn't it? Just from an overview perspective, and I do apologize if you covered it already, but it seems like it's just another scenario where CCTV footage has been taken to basically frame an event in a certain manner and and it's been politicized. And then, unfortunately, it's taken three years before people have seen the full context of that CCTV and I think that's ridiculous. It doesn't matter what case you're in, what scenario you're in, which political party you're in. You never want that scenario to happen. So I'm not from the United States. I've seen there's been a lot of emotion, so I probably can't understand what you guys are going through. But from a so from a critical point of view, someone who's not got any kind of investment in this, that's what I have a problem with. Like, why wasn't this footage released? There's people allegedly, and again, I'm hearing this from the, from you guys because I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing this. There's people allegedly in prison who have not been through due process. That's problematic in itself, but then never mind the fact that the CCTV footage has not been used. And so from that perspective, I'm not fully understanding it. Now, I understand you can basically make the argument, guess what? And that's what I'm hearing here. It happens other places, but it doesn't matter if it happens. If wrong happens elsewhere, it never justifies as wrong in, one pl- in, in another place. So, for example, we know throughout the world incarcerations happen without due process and it's completely unacceptable it doesn't matter which country is in it doesn't matter what 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 situation it is everyone deserves a trial and a fair due process and when that doesn't happen both in terms of due process and evidence that seems problematic so specifically about that point i'm not understanding the argument from the other side i'm the only thing i'm i'm hearing unless i miss something is well, guess what? It happens to it happens anyway in other situations, so it's fine. So I, I've actually done Slayman as well. I'm not sure if you've seen the video because you're in a WhatsApp group, but I've actually finally managed to to tweet, not tweet it. Uh, I'm just going to retweet it. Um, so if anyone wants to watch it, I've DM'd it to this yeah, well, as well. I'm not sure if you had the chance to see it, but just for the yeah. just for the audience, there's also, it's also important to read just here. for the audience. It's so while, you, while before you comment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which yeah, yeah, you'll give us a summary quickly, yeah. Ian, and I've sent it to you all source and everyone else. Uh, it's pinned above, and I've retweeted it on my account temporarily. I'll delete it once we're done with the space because it's uh, you know it's nothing to do with anything. But 
yeah, have a look at it. Watch the video and look at the article. Ian, what, what does the uh, video show? What does the article say? Well, not, you, you shouldn't just watch the video. You should actually read the whole article. So it shows uh, there's multiple videos in there. One of them shows a person trying to attack police officers with a fire extinguisher. It's unclear if it actually hits anybody, but, you know, he is trying to use a fire extinguisher. I think that's where the narrative first started, that uh, uh, Brian Sicknick was killed, a fire extinguisher being hit on his head or something. There's nothing that actually shows that. So do you think? Do you think this video? Does, this video doesn't show us Brian Sicknick no, and Joe. No, the police. The no, it does. It does show the. Yeah. It does no, show no, no, the. No, no, it no, does. Listen, it's kind of. It, it creates a narrative, but the police and uh, the coroners and, and and everybody involved in it, they 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 rule that out. And the two individuals, uh, they're I would say they're violent individuals because one of them was armed with bear spray. You know, he was spraying it in the direction of the police. There was another narrative on that day. And this is one that I actually boosted, you know, because I actually have, uh, I know some people in the, uh, DC police, uh, metro, uh, police department, right? So, uh, this is what they were told and I repeated it, unfortunately, you know, it turned out to be false. Um, they said that, you know, bear spray or pepper spray pr- played a role in his, uh, you know, his, uh, seizure, right? Because he had a stroke, essentially, uh, and which he died from. Uh, this is but what just was to, playing. Just quickly, India, come back, Joa. Just on the video, Joa, you said this is Ryan Sicknick. What made what made you come to that conclusion from the video that we've just seen? From the other, all the other videos that are in that article as well. They, oh, okay. So they follow his. Take a while. They okay. follow him all the way. Now, I'm not saying sure, that they why killed. Why did you just I'm say you misremembered it? I mean, the the video doesn't show. Yeah, doesn't show it. Sicknick being a, a hit on the head with anything. Correct. He's hit on the head with a with a. No. With a yes, so anyone, okay. So everyone, everyone could just yeah. Come everyone on. could come to the. Alright, so anyone could just come to their own conclusions uh, watching the video, reading the article. Well, the point uh, is, yeah, the Brandon, police, Jenny, and the police and the prosecutors came to the conclusion, even though they did play these videos in court, they did not prosecute either of those two individuals Fair I points. just mentioned uh, with uh, his death because it was it was ruled out. It was it was. Um, that, 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 that's one hundred percent correct, Mario. They, nobody was charged for murdering uh, the police officer. Nobody was charged for for. For the death of Sigdate, that is a very important thing to highlight. Nobody was charged for it. They, the oh, only thing you. they That's were charged is attacking the police officer, but not considering for his and, and considering and also considering they're trying to find every uh, every excuse to kind of make it into a big deal uh, for political reasons. For the, the fact that no, no one was charged um, is important to note. Um, Jenny, I'll let you jump in. Just brought you up uh, considering your experience. Would love your thoughts on the discussion. Of course, Brandon and Philip, you can give us your final thoughts as well. Thank you, Mario. I appreciate it. I'm Jenny Kett. I'm a January 6th defendant. And I went inside the Capitol for 19 minutes. I went through the West Terrace door, which was opened by the Capitol Police, and they were waving people in. And that's all on video. And I appreciate what you said, Suleiman, about um, the injustice. Because, yes, the January 6th defendants are not getting due process. There are currently over 83 that are being held pre-trial, some of them for over two years. And a lot of these guys have been charged with less things than I was charged with. I was charged with four misdemeanors and the 1512 uh, felony for obstruction. And I wound up taking a plea deal for trespassing, and I was uh, sentenced in March of last year, so a whole year ago. So I'm already off probation everything. But I can tell you from personal experience that the only video that I ever had access to in Discovery was the one of me walking through the West Terrace door. I never had any video of the other 19 minutes of me being inside. So these guys that are currently fighting for their lives 
and facing 20 to 40 years in prison do not have access to their own discovery because the prosecution refuses to give it to them. So to the point of this whole conversation, I'm super grateful that Tucker Carlson put out this information. Everything that he said tonight was not new information to myself, Brandon, Derek, Julie, Philip, any of the J6 people. We already knew all of this. We've already seen all of those videos. But for the general public that gets their information off of headlines and news clips, I think it's huge. And it's a huge win for all of the over a 1,000 January 6th defendants and their family members that have been prosecuted and persecuted by the federal government to the fullest extent of the law, and not just criminally, but also prosecuted by the media and prosecuted by local media and to the things that Brandon talks about that I have also experienced, like being deplatformed and having banking issues and being listed basically as the highest level of terrorists that's still allowed to fly. And the court of public opinion. things have happened to every one of the January 6th defendants and to our family members, to people that weren't even there. So, yes, it's an injustice issue, regardless of what you believe in politically. There are people that are literally being denied religious services. The January 6th political prisoners have only been able to have one religious service in over two years. One. And there's a reason why over 35 of the January 6th political prisoners signed a letter asking to be transferred to Guantanamo Bay, where they could actually receive medical treatment. Several of them have cancer and have been denied treatment. Several of them have celiac disease or kidney failure. Whatever it is, cannot get access to medical treatment, do not have access to a legal library in order to construct their own defense. A lot of them are denied the right to have access to an attorney. There are political prisoners, and this is pre-trial, so these people have not had their day in court. They have not been convicted of anything that have not been allowed to see their family members for over two years, even through video conferencing, right? And a lot of that has been uh, under the COVID excuse, right, which is starting to lift, But still, all of the basic rights that we have as Americans or that we thought that we had as Americans, everything that's listed in the Constitution, stuff that countless men and women, service men and women, have died for, for our country and for other countries to have, has been denied of January 6th defendants. So you cannot tell me that this is not political because I have experienced it personally. Several of the rest of us have experienced it. God bless Julie Kelly and the work that she has done. If you think that you are an actual journalist or somebody that should have an opinion on this topic and you have not gotten into the minutia of the court documents and the hearings and the charges and all of all of that stuff, then in my opinion, you really need to shut up because some of us have actually done our homework and have looked into it. So I'm really grateful that Tucker has started to put this information out. I look forward to seeing what else he puts out. I still think it is a massive miscarriage of justice that the general public and all the J6 defendants and their lawyers do not have access to all of this discovery in order to help them plead their case. 
And I hope that those of you that are listening will turn your anger and your outrage into something positive and to help these different um, January 6th political prisoners, especially, whether it's writing them letters or putting money on their commissary books or giving to their gifts and goes, you know, whatever it is, get involved because it's a massive injustice. And, and, and honestly, I can say this for myself and I think for other J6ers that are in here, we would be just as outraged and fight just as hard if this were happening to the other side, because it is wrong. It is not what America is about. It is not what we believe in as a country. And so I don't care if you are on the complete opposite politically of what I am. If this kind of injustice is happening to you and you no longer have rights in our country as a supposed free American, then I would fight tooth and nail for you. And I think that's something that's very unique about January 6th defendants compared to possibly other groups or other human injustices is that we will fight for anybody who is being denied their basic due process and their basic rights. So thank God that the information is getting out there. Thank God that hopefully this will start to change hearts and minds. Hopefully we'll be able to get cases transferred out of D.C., to where you can actually be judged by a jury of your peers. Hopefully that some of the judges will see this too, because they're judging a lot of us based off of their hate, hatred for President Trump, which has absolutely nothing to do with what it is we did or did not commit, right? I walked inside the Capitol. I took a plea deal saying, okay, I walked inside the Capitol. I was convicted of that and I was sentenced of that and my time is done. But the consequences from January 6th are not done at all for the vast majority of us. So thank you for having this space and for letting me share. And I hope that all of you that are feeling this sense of outrage and anger will start to do something productive with it to continue this information that is going out there to support the different January 6th groups. Just tune in to every single morning there is a January 6th wife whose husband has been incarcerated for over two years. Her name is Cajun Queen, and she hosts a space for January Sixers and January Six defendants and their families every single morning. And if you listen to our side of the story, it doesn't matter if you agree with us politically. If you listen to our side of the story and start to see something besides the same five or ten media clips that have been played on repeat for the last two years then you might start to get an objective look of what actually happened. Thank you. Tone? Um, Tone, you there? I've given you the mic to add on to, to Jenny's thoughts. Oh, hey, man. Uh, thanks, Mario. Yeah, I've been trying to join your spaces for January 6th uh, because I was there as well. I was on the west side where all that violence was going on. I uh, had no, at the time I had no idea people on the east side were just walking into the Capitol. And, uh, if I was on the east side, I probably would have gone inside. Um, so I did not end up inside the Capitol. So I was not in the situation like, uh, Jenny or you, Brandon. And, uh, I guess I got lucky. I actually don't even want to talk about everything because I was one of the few that did not get arrested. Uh, and, uh, 
but I was there and I, Jenny's absolutely right. I was going to say several of the things she already said. So I want to make this real quick uh, and I'll hand the mic over to Philip. I know he's had his hand up uh, for as long as me. Some of my friends uh, got in trouble and arrested as well. And it, it's just crazy the way it was covered because I was there the whole time. I was actually in DC earlier than that. Uh, all my videos, by the way, from that day were removed by YouTube. Uh, I did stream a lot from that day. I actually spent like hold on. Like, what, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, what was the? Does anyone know what what was the when you removed when the videos were removed? What was the reason YouTube gave, uh, if any? Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, what it was? Oh, it was uh, uh it was live streamed and it was removed under the presence of spreading misinformation. Uh, my do, you, do you remember stream. how? Do you remember? Do you remember when we covered this in the early days of the Twitter files, Ian? It was on Twitter, of course, not YouTube, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. Similar, I similar it. Theme. Yeah, that's fun. That's... Yeah, and, right, and so I'll I was... let you finish it up real, real quick. I'm gonna finish up real quick, and I was uh, uh, I've also seen a lot of stuff going on in DC because I was in DC back in November as well, a few months before, and I was covering uh, the Proud Boys march. Uh, so I was there for that as well. I'm not a member of the Proud Boys, uh, but I was there because uh, I, I knew a few people that were. And I was I did a lot of live streams during that march. I literally watched uh, someone get stabbed by Antifa uh, at that time. And uh, a, lot, a lot of those videos were removed by YouTube as well. So it's been it's been crazy trying to just cover even live streams uh, and showing the truth about what was going on. Philip? Uh, final thoughts. And just while before, while uh, Philip, while Philip, I just thought I'd tell the audience. Uh, obviously, we, we, you know, this was an unexpected uh, development by Fox, so we didn't plan for this space, but it went great, and I appreciate everyone joining. Uh, so we'll be prepping for tomorrow's space, where we'll focus on the next segment by Tucker Carlson. Um, so I've just pinned above, and I've tweeted out my account. If you want to join us tomorrow for to continue the discussion and see what new videos are. Uh, uh, are released by Tucker and Fox. But Philip, go ahead, and then we'll go to Brandon for, for his final thoughts. You know, I hear these Democrats for years talking about insurrection, insurrection, and I never got the chance to speak. You know, the Capitol Police almost killed me. I was holding Roseanne Boylan's hand as she died. I almost died myself. I hear these Democrats talk, talking all this shit. I'm like, but here's the thing you all have to understand. Democrats are the ones that did the insurrection. They're the insurrectionists. I know that because I was banned from Facebook. I was banned from Instagram. I was banned from Twitter. I was banned from GoFundMe. I was banned from Airbnb. I was banned from TikTok. And none of these platforms even gave a reason to why they banned me. On top of that, the Democrats burned America to the ground. They didn't just step inside of federal buildings. They burned these federal buildings down. They attacked federal agents, okay? And they did it for almost an entire fucking year. You know, so for them to talk about, oh, well, you know, they're standing, Trump supporters stay inside a federal building. They broke the law. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Y'all burn America to the ground until, so Trump, that, until he got so, Joe Biden. They didn't stop burning America to the ground until Joe Biden got in office. So, that is a violent insurrection. They did not stop their violence until Joe Biden got in office. It had nothing to do with George Floyd. George Floyd died of fentanyl. You could put your knee on the back so of my going shoulder back, blade. Going, Philip, uh, just to go back, because I don't want to kick off a new debate, just to go back on, on what happened on January 6th. Uh, one, one curious point I want you to touch on before we go to Brandon. Uh, when you said you got suspended of all the platforms. Hold on. You got banned from Airbnb as well as social media platforms? Yes. Just just like hours after Antifa knocked out my front teeth at my free speech rally. and my Hours after the... 
Okay, how long after? So was that related to Jan six, right after Jan six, or was it a, a while after that? It was before. Basically, big tech was going crazy with their censorship and bans because they're stealing the election from Trump. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google, YouTube—they're all working together, uh, conspiring to help Sleepy Joe get in there. I mean, the the uh, senile retard—he has to, you know, use big tech to get in. That's really the only way he can. That the BLM lies and all the COVID bullshit. You know, everything was fine. Trump was going to win. Then all hell breaks loose with COVID, with all the BLM nonsense. That's not a coincidence. That was planned, all right? The COVID-19, you see how there's tens of millions of Hong Kong protesters protesting for their freedom against the communists. Then all of a sudden, uh, okay. COVID comes so, out of nowhere, and these Chinese we'll go, people go into hiding. We're going a bit off topic, but I, I appreciate you coming in. I just want to keep it just to balance the January 6th, just to not kick off a new debate, but I appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon, Mario, 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 real quick. Whoever said earlier that that protest happened because Trump uh, – uh, Trump people, you know, uh, were didn't, uh, oh, I like couldn't stand, uh, uh, you know, the decision on, on the voting. No, I like, we know it was, it wasn't a fair election, right? Like, like okay, they so weren't there the, because they were in denial. I know. I don't, I, I, again, but this, I, I don't want to kick off a debate on whether the election was fair or not because I know that will take obviously a long time. Um, but Brandon, give you just final thoughts, um, just on, on, um, on the discussion and, um, now, I appreciate you coming in and sharing your experience as well. Obviously, I've had you on stage a few times, never this frustrated. So, Mike is yours. Brandon, you there? All right, so I'm not sure if Brandon can't unmute, but I'm just going to um, right, wrap it up. Um, oh, there you Julie go. has her hand up. I'll, I'll uh, go after Julie. I, I lost my signal, but I'm back. But she can go ahead. All right, cool, cool. Uh, Julie, go final thoughts. We'll go to Brandon, and then we'll have the uh, moderators, uh, the co-hosts. Uh, wrap yes, it up. so go ahead, Julie. thank you. Thank you so much for hosting this. I think it was very informative. I'm still waiting for Joa. And, um, you know, this, my grandparents were deployed to Joa's, um, to Europe in 1940s to fight tyranny. And it, I think it is offensive for someone to come here and endorse tyranny of our American government, what they are doing now, a thousand defendants with a thousand more coming as we have been promised and shame on anyone who uh, promotes or supports what this regime is doing to Americans who dared to protest an illegitimate rigged election in 2020. Um. All right, so Joa, uh, I'll let you respond and, and give us your final thoughts before Brandon. Yeah, if anything, I'm fighting against tyranny, not uh, trying to create tyranny. I mean, the, the the rhetoric is absolutely ridiculous. Like, people stormed the Capitol building. They were dressed to do so. Um, and if you, you can call it not storming, you can say... You were waved in by police. You went into a building you weren't allowed into. Joe, the police murdered hearing, people. Joe, no, guys, guys, okay. No, so guys, guys, guys. Julie, Julie. Uh, uh, what I'm, I'm trying to do is I'm wrapping it up. So I've given, I've given everyone to the time to said. speak. Yeah, Joe, I'll give you your final thoughts. I know a lot of you would disagree, but this is the, you know, that, that's what happens in every space we host. Everyone disagrees. Uh, yeah. So, Joe, our final thoughts. Then we'll There's, have Brandon final thoughts, and then we'll have the co-hosts uh, wrap it up. There's obvious problems with sentencing guidelines throughout America which is very evident here as well. I'm not saying people deserve what they got, um, but you did do something wrong. There are consequences when that happens. And that's all I'm saying. You know, At the end of the day, 
There's things to look at, but you need to be fair and look at both sides. Justice is politicized on both sides. It's not just one-sided. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Brandon, final thoughts? Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I think it's absurd that, uh, you know, look, I don't know you as a person, but I, I, if you're anything like 99.99% of people on the political left in this country who have gone above and beyond day in and day out to make life absolute miserable hell for every person who has been dragged into this January 6th debacle nightmare, completely, completely manufactured nightmare. And now you're coming here and being like, oh, well, you know, this happens on both sides. It's, you know, it it happens the same. It's happened to you guys now. It's happened to other people on our side before. No, to the point that Philip made earlier, I don't need to reiterate the whole thing about what Black Lives Matter and Antifa did for an entire year. We all know we all saw it. But I'll tell you some of the key differences. I never saw FBI billboards uh, identify, asking people to turn in Antifa, asking people to turn in BLM. I, I never saw entire Twitter accounts with hundreds of thousands of followers dedicated to hunting down Americans. We didn't do that to uh, to people on the left. In fact, I don't even know the name of the person who murdered police officer David Dorn, a BLM protester who murdered David Dorn, because when BLM started doing that and some people got arrested, although 90% of people had their charges dropped, more than 90%, we on the right just decided, let's let the criminal justice system handle it. We'll go back to work. We'll go back on with our lives. We never took a moment away to a phone call. We never took a moment to say that it's our responsibility to add to the misery of what's happening to other criminal defendants. It's not the same. It's never been the same. Nobody from BLM got permanently banned from PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, Patreon, Constant Contact, MailChimp, donor portals, email services, put on a terrorism list. All of these things have happened to me over my Class B misdemeanor charge. Google my name. Look at the dossier that you'll find that the government's compiled putting me on a registry like a sex offender registry. We didn't do that to BLM or Antifa. You know, Google my name and look what the media has done to my name and my reputation over a class B misdemeanor charge. I am so sorry that you are so offended that people breached the Capitol two and a half years ago, but it's time to get over it. It's time to move on. And it's also time to let the criminal justice system handle it in a reasonable and fair way without adding all of these uh, collateral punishments to people, uh, banning people, canceling people, censoring people, and feeling that it's your duty and your obligation to contribute to the destruction of people's lives. It's not the same. It's never been the same. It's completely different what happened. Nothing like this has happened in American history. And Mario, this information I need you to know. Uh, uh, Mario. I do, I do. I, no, no, Philip, I, I do want to wrap up because I know we'll just keep on going. Uh, I've given you the mic for final words. I do want the uh, uh, All Source, Slayman as the co-host, give us their final words, and then Tom, and then we can wrap it up. All Source? Hey, Mario. Yeah, so, you know, sorry I had to join in late. Um, look, I, I'm, I'm in the military, served, and continue to, to, to serve at this time. We all saw what happened in January 6th. We all saw what happened. Now, does the Justice Department is trying to send a message? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're trying to send a message that this action is intolerable. Both this administration, this Congress, they're sending a message that this is unacceptable, that we cannot allow something like this to happen ever again in U.S. politics. And it cannot happen ever again in U.S. politics. We could throw BLM. We could throw Antifa. We could throw all that. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole at this time. That may be for a different space. 
But the Justice Department absolutely agrees is sending a message, and they do that all the time. Today, Mario, one of the reasons why I got so consumed today and I had to wait later is four Americans were kidnapped in Matamoros, Tamaulipas. And although the press is not talking about it, I can guarantee you three of them I had the video are killed. The U.S. government is going to respond very severely. They're going to send a message. That's how the government works, both Republican and Democrat. And I can understand the frustration that a lot of the people that are on the receiving end feel of this, but that's how it operates. We cannot have a repeat of January 6th. You can protest all you want about the elections. You can protest all you want about President Biden. But in the end of the day, you might disagree. He was elected, he was sworn in, and he's the commander-in-chief. He is my commander-in-chief, just as, com- just as President Trump was my commander-in-chief. And I served under his command, and I served under Biden. This is just how the Justice Department operates, and we've seen it time and time again. Tom, final words? We talked about two major corruption stories or controversies, uh, however you want to call it, corruption or controversy. Uh, COVID, January 6th. In both cases, the American people have been denied, contrary to law, access to information about what happened. COVID on one side, January 6th on the other. And you can see the response we have to just this little bit of information that's been released. There are thousands of others hours of video. There are hundreds of emails, and that's just in the House, I mean, in the Congress. We're not even talking about what the Justice Department and the other agencies have with their political, politicized prosecutions that haven't been released. So there's a lot more to be uncovered. And to this day, they're still withholding COVID, vaccine, Wuhan, you name it, type of materials. So, you know, there's urgency here in resolving these issues. And one way to resolve them is to, you know, get this information out as timely as as we can. And the fact that it's been withheld for years is is an indictment of our our government, but also it suggests that those withholding them have something to hide. Man. Yeah, I mean, from looking at it, it's, uh, it's not that complex, and I don't even think many people disagree, uh, largely. If somebody in, on January the 6th did some kind of crime, they should be punished. But what the punishment shouldn't be is excessive to the point where something very minor has been punished to such an extreme level. Whenever you have that scenario, that justice system can never work. And that is hugely problematic. That's my first point. And just my final point, like I get everything, and this is media, isn't it? And everybody knows from listening to spaces, I have a huge problem with the way mainstream media operates. And essentially, when you're looking at the videos, and I've seen the videos, I went through them to put them together. The exaggeration that seems to have occurred based on what I can see on the videos is immense because yes, people bang some doors down. Yes, some things happen, but the level of sens- uh, sensationalism that's occurred on the January 6th issue has been horrendous. Like, and I just disagree with all sorts. Like, you know, I get it, you know, being an American, they have this kind of thing, like, oh, it can never happen again, happen again. But to be honest, looking at it, it didn't even seem like that much of a big deal. Yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Yeah, measures should be taken in place. But even if it happened again, so what? It's not that much of a big, big deal in my view. 
Cool. All right, well, I appreciate you coming in. I, I won't give a summary on this one, um, and I understand there's a lot of emotion on stage, so I appreciate you all sharing your experience, and um, we'll see you again hopefully tomorrow uh, as we prep for a, for a panel to continue the discussion. Um, for all sources, and Slayman, whether you agree with them or do not, uh, they've been with us since the beginning of the space, along with a few panelists as well as Ian. So thanks a lot, both of you, and Joa as well, which I know he's getting a lot of slack uh, for the first time. Um, but yeah, appreciate you all for being on stage since the start of the space. And Tom, I think you've been since the start of the space like six hours ago. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye, everyone.